Reed, it's time to talk about the phenomenon. You may have heard of it. Uh, dating all the way back to, what, 1996 in North America? Pokemon. Pocket Monsters. Let's give you a little history lesson, shall we? Oh, we're doing a history lesson. We always do. The franchise began as Pokemon Red and Green, later released outside of Japan as Pokemon Red and Blue. A pair of video games for the original Game Boy held handheld system that were developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo in February 1996. It soon became a media mix franchise adapted into various different media. Pokemon has since become the highest grossing media franchise of all time. With 90 billion in total franchise revenue, the original video game series is the second best-selling video game franchise behind Nintendo's Mario franchise with more than 368 million copies sold and 1 billion mobile downloads. And it spawned a hit anime television series and has become one of the most successful video game adaptation uh, with 20 seasons and 1,000 episodes in 169 countries. In addition, the Pokemon franchise includes the world's top-selling toy brand, the top-selling trading card game, with over 30.4 billion cards sold. I, I didn't know that it and exceeded Mar Magic the Gathering. And I've never met anyone in my life. Who, I've met lots of Magic players, lots yeah. of Yu-Gi-Oh players. Shit. I have a guy in my office that plays a Final Fantasy trading card game. What a loser. I don't know a single <laughs> fucking person that has ever actually played played yes. the Pokemon trading card I game. collected the cards. I never competitively played yeah, them. Yeah, I, I know tons of people that collected yeah, I know how to play it. I just... Yeah, I know tons of people yeah. that collected and never played it. Because of the problem of no one played it. Uh, an anime film series, a live action film, books, manga, comics, music, merchandise, and a theme park franchise is also represented in other Nintendo media such as Super Smash Brothers. Uh, so let's talk about. It's, it's no. Uh, it's it's very easy to say to just say this. Pokemon is the most popular media franchise in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the numbers support that. Yes. So I got into Pokemon. Uh, oh shit, man! So I didn't play the games first. I even want to say I got into the cards first. I started collecting the cards and then watching the anime and then. Became aware that a game existed because they're like the the rollout of this game in 1996. I was seven. I don't know how fuck you were four. I was uh, uh, in 1996. Yeah. I was two years old. You're two. So you're not paying attention to these commercials. No. then. you're shitting your pants at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there was a huge uh, rollout of like they're here, motherfuckers. The Pokemon. They're, they're getting on here. the bus. There was a commercial with like all the cartoon Pokemon get on the bus, and the bus driver's like, "Fuck me, uh, this is fucked up." Uh, and like, there's like two games out now for Game Boy. Didn't have a Game Boy. Didn't have any Nintendo consoles at that point. I was a Sega kid. Uh, so one time at lunch, uh, I see this motherfucker playing a Game Boy Pocket, and my God, he's playing Pokemon. And I'm just like, "Listen, man, not to be a creep or anything, but let me look over your shoulder." It's also worth noting that Pokemon is also one of the first traditional RPGs. I ever played or got uh, into. Same with me. Uh, which is a pretty substantial... Like, Because at that point, the people who were getting into Pokemon who had played RPGs all through the Super Nintendo and PS1 and stuff like that. Final Fantasy, you may have heard of it. Never played Final Fantasy. Pokemon first. Uh, so lo and behold, for my uh, whatever eighth birthday in 1997, I was gifted a Game Boy Pocket. A green Game Boy Pocket. And Pokemon Red version, and the rest, as they say... Is history. Uh, if I may get into my beginnings, your origin story. Yeah, yeah. my origin story. You're bitten by radioactive Pikachu. Yeah, my uh, my mom and my dad were leaving the opera. My mom was wearing pearls. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, yeah. she got shot. Joe Cool was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't remember the exact year. I want to say it was two thousand. <laughs> sure. But uh, basically, that's the year that Pokemon Crystal came out, and. Like, I don't really remember anything before this time, so I can't say, like... Before Pokemon, there was nothing. No, but, <laughs> like, I can't, I can't say, be, I can't say, like, oh, I remember Pokemon Gold and Silver being a thing before this or anything like that. I just remember yeah. being, like, I want a fucking Game Boy Color and I want Pokemon Crystal because I watched the anime before yeah. that. 
so on Christmas morning, my me and my brother woke up and we both got Pokemon Crystal, and he got a purple Game Boy Color, and oh, I got a lime green Game Boy Color, and that's that's a it, good Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So because of that, I am kind of ashamed, but also not really to say that I've never played the original Red or Blue or Yellow. Um, I have played Fire Red and Leaf Green, yeah. um, but I've never played the original ones. Just that's, started with Crystal. It's yeah. kind of so. Uh, we're going to try to do this from memory as best as possible. I'm going to re- reference, uh, not in this episode, but further on as we go from generation to generation. And we are going to talk about the main Pokemon games. A spin-off episode will happen. We're going to talk about Snap. We're going to talk about Coliseum. XD Gale of Darkness. Gale of Darkness. Pokemon Pocket Pikachu. All of that shit will be in a uh, an extra. Pokemon Quest. Pokemon Co- yeah, fuck yeah. That game was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to take over Japan with Jigglypuff. Yes. <laughs> it's <just> like, yes, <laughs> you will. Put the whole army to sleep. That game was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Talk about all that stuff. Uh, like I said, I got in with the the cards, learning the Pokemon's name. I had an encyclopedic knowledge of the first like two or even three generations of yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, I would say the first two generations, uh, I have pretty yeah. very good... Gr- I would say Pokemon as a whole, just due to my competitive nature with the game. Just something you retain. It's, yeah. it's something that I not only retain, but I go out of my way to learn a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the game is, has evolved. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a huge competitive scene for Pokemon that is recently coming to some, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield didn't do a lot for those people, uh, with removing well, for moves me, from the yeah. game and like, yeah. Where you have the perfect representation of Pokemon players in this room, Lee. Um, yeah. we both enjoy just, we both enjoy, I would say, just a regular good old fashioned playthrough of Pokemon every once in a while. Sure. Just pick a Pokemon game, pick six Mons, yeah. play through the story. Have some fun. Uh, I would think it's, Nuzlocke it, yeah, you know, whatever. but I, but if we go to the hardcore aspect of Pokemon, there's two sides to it and we're both sides. I like to think, yeah, you like to collect and max up the Pokedex and really get everything in the game. Yes. Whereas me, I like the very hardcore competitive aspect and breeding and egg moves and all that stuff. Yes. And that's what essentially Pokemon becomes is today in generation one, of course, what did not have those options it was a lot definitely not it was Uh, a lot simpler than that so let's talk about that uh the first generation of pokemon set in kanto uh it was red and green in japan then they did a special um like the american version which was blue over there so blue exists in japan and then furthermore there was pokemon yellow uh that borrowed from the anime like it made the rockets you fight uh jesse and james not i don't think if it was a name or not but they had a meowth with them they had their the correct pokemon gave they you changed the, they updated the, the sprites yeah uh so the sprites in the original red and, and green were updated for red and blue in north america to make them look more like they were supposed to because at a certain point when they were making those games and making those sprites there wasn't there was probably illustrations and concept art but there wasn't an anime right uh so they slowly over the years have have kind of there's a consistent look yeah. except for pikachu who has looked fucking different Every five years or so, Pikachu changes. First, he was like a little chubby guy. Then they made him long. Then they, I got, they're all changes the yellow. Then yeah, changes yellow. They changed his yellow. God damn it! Uh, so you start the game as a you learn the entire universe of Pokemon is a, like a ten year old boy leaves home. Yeah, every <laughs> every ten year old boy or girl, no matter where the fuck you're yeah. from, they kick you out. That's when you can get your license. So yeah. not everybody does this. Some kids just work like a paper route, I assume. <laughs> uh, but Pokemon are integrated in every level. Uh, there are, are initially 151 of them. One of them being Mew that was only given away in North America via a Toys R Us promo. We will not go into every legendary Pokemon and how they are obtained no. past Gen 3 because things got fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and even in Gen 3, to get Latios and Latias, you had to get a e-reader card and then scan it. And then pop your game in, and then you would get like a phone call in the game, and it would be like, "Hey, go go on this ferry," and then you'd go catch the Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, 
so but that stuff has remained throughout the pokemon series the fact that there's legendary pokemon uh that are special there's a story in each game uh of course we're talking about the main series which usually consists of you start your pokemon adventure you uh defeat a certain number of gyms halfway through about is usually an evil organization the elite four uh which have taken on many different forms and usually you're contested uh, partway through the game, specifically about halfway or three-fourths. A criminal away, organization. But a criminal organization <laughs> yeah. that in some way exploits Pokemon for personal gain. Yes. I would say the... the Look, the stories for Pokemon isn't why you're playing the games. They're always basically the same. I would say the yes. only ones that really shake this up are Black and White and um, short Sword and Shield. Good and bad. And Depends on your definition with- of the story. Like, from an adventure point of view, you're going to different towns. You're experiencing different areas, biomes. You're getting special moves for your the, Pokemon. That as like different traverse. as you can get while yes. still retaining that similar structure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Red and Blue, in that sense, is a great place to start not only yes. because it's the first game but because it provides the base for every game to come. yes there are it's also simplified in that uh later things in the later gens like holding items and uh extensive move lists breeding etc moves being separated yes. by physical and special. In, in many ways gen 2 is the biggest leap of things that I introduced uh so for example in, in red and blue you have four stats for each of your pokemon these pokemon if they're not given to you, no, are caught more in the wire. You have you have HP, attack, defense, special, sure, yeah. and speed. If you want to put HP as a stat, then I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pokemon have uh, uh, effectivenesses and weaknesses based on their types, which comes in from the card game. Uh, it's also somewhat based on the genus of the Pokemon. So a Caterpie is a bug. A Pidgey is a bird. Flying is good against bug. Uh, that doesn't really. Later in the game, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is a flying... Steel is better than poison? This is a flying dragon, so if this clam shoots a laser at it and dies, uh, we we won't talk about that. Right, and then Uh, you start going like, uh, yeah, like rocks is better than ice Uh, because rocks is more sturdy. Fairy, dark, and steel did not initially exist. Uh, And as such, very few things could oppose psychic types in the original game. As Bug and Ghost were its weaknesses. However, there were only three Ghost Pokemon, Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar. And Bugs fucking suck. And Bugs... And there's no good Bug move. So there yeah. wasn't no any Megahorn. The best, like, Bug move you could get would do, like... It was Pin Missile or something. Yeah. Do, like, 15 damage five times if you're lucky. Uh, and then the Ghost Pokemon, which also didn't have any, like, straight-up Shadow Ball moves at the time, were also luck. Slash Poison type. So they were weak against Psychic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Alakazam and Mewtwo ran fucking wild in those games, being Psychic type. Uh, otherwise, you have Fire, Grass... Whatever. Yep. Uh, Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. I think uh, the debate rages on. Who's the best? It's Charmander. Yeah, I think no the viewers <laughs> viewers can fill all the spe- specific details behind those. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody's played a Pokemon game if they listen to this podcast. You would think. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just start talking about the game itself then. Uh, hey, listen, when they were looking at those starter Pokemon, they're like, we're putting one of these in Sword and Shield. Who's it going to be? Charmander was the choice. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like... It's all, like, I could tell you how to get through that entire game verbatim, uh, like a walking walkthrough of this game uh, for Red and Blue. The special stat was, of course, combined, so your special attack and defense were determined by one one stat. stat. Which is fucked. Um, There was also no difference between special type and physical type moves. That came in way later. Yeah, this was implemented until Generation 4 when Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum were out. But what we're talking about here is, in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, each move in that game, and every game subsequent afterly, has... A physical or special determination for that move. So if I'm punching something like fire punch, that's a physical move. I'm physically punching something. But if I'm using using an ice beam, which is like a laser beam, I'm not touching nobody, that's a special move. Obviously, physical moves are determined by your attack stat. Special moves are determined by your special attack stat. The problem 
with games before Generation 4, 3, 2, and 1. Yes. Is that there was... Your moves being physical or special were determined by that move's type. Yes. So fire is always special. So I could use fire blast or fire punch, and they're both going to be special. Yes. So fire punch, even though I'm fucking punching them, is special Not too. Not to mention any moves that upped your special stat would technically do both defense and attack. Yeah. Uh, so um, slow bro this, was... So like this hurt a lot of Pokemon. Like biggest example off the top of my head that I can think of is Flareon. Uh Eevee, obviously, a staple of the Pokemon community. I wouldn't yeah. even dare to say probably the second biggest mascot. Um, I'm behind Greninja, you mean? <laughs> Greninja continuously wins the, yeah. the fan vote. Um, Pikachu's yeah, like number like 26 yeah, now. Eevee's Flareon uh, evolution has a super low special stat, but a really high attack stat. But yeah. it's a fucking fire type. I mean, all the moves that it would learn that are fire type is going to be useless because it has such a low attack stat. But yeah. it also plays in with uh, stab bonuses. Stab being the same type of attack bonus. So if I'm a fire Pokemon and I use a fire move, that move is going to be inherently right. more powerful because it's a type I own. Also, if you're a dual type that is weak against the same thing, so say water and flying for Gyarados and you hit him with electric, he's taking like... Four times damage. Four times damage, and maybe. The other, I remember now the other big problem with red and blue, which was... Um, Some moves don't do anything. We can talk about that. Yeah, uh, focus so, energy, which yeah. is supposed to raise your crit thing, actually <laughs> so, yeah. does nothing. <laughs> and then there's the elusive dragon type, which was introduced in Generation 1, so it's always yeah. been there, but it was way harder to deal with prior to Gen 4. Yeah, it was uh, underrepresented presented as well well like there's only three so gen one no gyarados was going to be a water uh dragon type well, how would that turn out <laughs> yeah but then they were like wait a minute so he would have because dragons at this point have no weakness to fairies right yeah there's also no dragon moves other than dragon yeah, rage they're only yeah. they're only weak to ice so if gyarados was a water dragon, dragon type yeah. uh he would be weak to nothing and he'd be the, easily the most powerful a Pokemon in the game because he'd be weak to nothing yeah. and he would just fucking hyper beam everything. As it stands, I think Zapdos has the least amount of weaknesses in the first gen. I don't only think... rock hurts him, right? Because he's electric flying. Ground can't hit him. No. Ice. Ice hits flying, but yet doesn't electric cut ice? No. No. Okay. No, well, then maybe ice and rock. We're getting yeah. Zapdos. No, I think there's a lot of Pokemon that yeah. only have two weaknesses. But everybody was fucking spamming Blizzard back then. So, you yeah. Know, like... Blizzard and hyper beam and all that <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, because Blizzard is so fucking good um, back then, especially. So what was I just... You're going off on, like, type advantages and stuff. Uh, so as you go through the game, of course, your Pokemon level up. You can hold six at a time. You catch them in balls. You get different items. You can heal them. You can go to the Pokemon Center and heal them. You can blah, 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 blah. The idea is we're going to go to each of these towns. We're going to find a way to get there. We're going to defeat the gym leader therein. Yep. Uh, we're kind of wrapping up here uh, of our intro. Next week, we will talk about the journey through Kanto. Real quick, run down the, the gym leaders, the Elite Four, what you can do after the game, and then get to Gen 2, which is still my favorite. It's my, it's uh, what I obviously have the most love for being yes. the starting point. Yeah, but it is also, like, that. by then, I was such a Pokemaniac uh, that, like, I had bought a Tips and Tricks magazine. I read an entire Japanese walkthrough and of the game. Man, if we're talking uh, pure content point of view, like, Gen 2 is right up there with, like, Gen, like, Diamond Pro. Oh, Platinum. shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, they've never reached the highs of, of, of Gen Heart, 2. Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver uh, are really fucking good, to be fair. Yeah. Also worth noting in the original games is that uh, Evolution... Uh, so, for people who are listening to this that maybe were, like, dinosaurs to them... Uh, in Gen 1, if you didn't level... If you didn't evolve into a new Pokemon by leveling up... Uh, there were some Pokemon that evolved via stones, but even back in Gen 1, there were Pokemon that only evolved by being traded, yeah. and they still exist. So Machoke, Graveler, Hunter, and uh, Kadabra, you would yeah. actually have to link up with someone else. And there was no fucking internet, buddy. You had to go find another goddamn human being. With a cable. Yes, and 
therefore, the the Pokemon that are exclusive to each version, which you didn't mention, that's something that they're still doing, but has never meant less. Uh, was also the same thing. So uh, if me and my buddy had red version, we had to find someone with blue version and have like an Ekans ready for that Sandshrew. Uh, so really, if you if you were hardcore as a kid into just playing one version, there were some Pokemon you never got to play as and getting to trade those in. Matt, I have, because I've only played Crystal, I've never used a fucking Manfee before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You feel you feel like something's like, a missing when we get from your life? Next, when we get to the next episode, I'm going to yeah. get some very specific gripes with Pokemon Crystal, okay? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what I can't complain about Pokemon Crystal is that the new sprites moved. Yes. That fucking blew my goddamn mind. Uh, so yes, that is our quick introduction to, uh, that's, that's probably nobody calling you. It's Professor Oak. Hey, Reed. Thank you for talking about my video game. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, looking forward to how long this Pokemon conversation goes, because it can go. It can go. Uh, I'm going to try to keep you on track next week. Uh, we're going to try to just run through that plot and story of Red. Then we can talk about any other technical side of Pokemon and how that changes into right. Gen 2. And Pokemon is so, like, there's so much individual things to discuss yes. before you can even discuss the fucking series, which is weird. It's, uh, it's insane. There are now 900 Pokemon or something like that. Like, if I showed you placard cards of all generations together, do you think you could name 30% of Pokemon? Yes. That exist? Oh, me? Yeah. Absolutely, I could. Yeah. I, so do I. <laughs> I have a really good memory when it comes to useless bullshit. There's a few legendaries, though, that I bet would be like, who the fuck? No, no. Heatran? I, fuck off with this. No, I remember Heatran. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty good at for Pokemon. Did Last I even talk about the other games I was playing? Did I, am I even playing anything? I, you're not. You played Avengers and you quit it. Right. When no, you, yeah. What else am I playing? I downloaded Spider-Man yesterday. I, I swung oh no. around for like two yeah. minutes and I was like, fuck, that was fun and I turned it off. Yeah, and then you should turn on Ghost of Tsushima and finish it. No. You have no honor. And then you text me all the time to try to convince me to play Destiny 2. Uh, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying this is what's happening. We, we, we're playing Destiny 2. This is currently... What's happening as we wait for other games to come out, obviously, because there's going to be stuff that dread, pulls our attention. Right. I was, to be fair, I was going to play Destiny 2, and then you said the word Cyberpunk's coming out a week after the next DLC. And yeah. I was like, I, there's no point in me Cyberpunk could be bad, though. You know Destiny's good. Anyway, <laughs> let me try this again. Pokemon! Oh, uh, yeah! Let's talk about what was we that? talked about last week. That was a. It was like Body Break, uh, which yeah. is a bit of a local reference. Uh, so uh, Does he say Pokemon, oh yeah, in the theme song? He does in this podcast. No, he doesn't. He should, though. I'm going to try it a third time. Pokemon! That's it. That's all there is. Last week, we talked about the overview of Pokemon, the phenomenon that was, and a bit about Gen 1 and how it uh, differed from later versions. Today, we're going to run through... Uh, the Gen 1 games, kind of give you a basic structure of the game. We will not do this for every generation, because fuck it. Uh, but I'm going to give you pretty much a quick uh, Cliff Notes run-through of the first game, and then we, because we'll be con contrasting that with the games to follow. Something we didn't talk about last week in the first uh, Gen of games is the Technical Machine and Hidden Machines. Uh, technical Machines, there were 50 of them in the original game, and they bestowed 
Moves, some of which could only be learned via technical machines to your Pokemon. Not all Pokemon can learn every technical machine unless you're Mew. Uh, and these could vary things up in battle for sure because you could give a Pokemon a uh, surprise move. You suddenly give, uh, you know, a fighting type an ice punch and he's effective against flyers where flyers were effective against him, etc. Hidden machines are a bit of a nuisance. Uh, they can be used in battle and out of battle. These were how the game basically gates you before to, from getting to the whole map at once. They consisted of, in the original game, cut, fly, surf, strength, and flash. Flash uh, lowers accuracy. It was only really used in the rock tunnel as the uh, the area was so dark you could not see without it. Cut is one of the, uh, the bigger ones in the game. Obviously, it lets you cut down small trees. Uh, allows you to get to certain places and progress in the game. Surf... You have to find deep in the safari zone. allows you to traverse water to get to Cinnabar Island, amongst other places. And uh, fly is just convenience. lets you immediately fly back to any Pokemon Center of a town you've been to. And strength lets you move giant boulders, which is only used in Victory Road to get to the Elite Four. Uh, and in Seafoam Islands. How fucking dare I? Okay. The thing about the HMs were, you couldn't delete them if you added them to a, uh, a Mon. Uh, so that let, usually led you... Was there a move Gen 1? No. <laughs> <laughs> you see the issue. Uh, you couldn't delete it even if you learnt a new move or tried to replace it with a technical machine. So if you learnt an HM, that Pokemon just had that move. Uh, and aside from Fly and Surf, they weren't very good moves. Strength was okay too, I guess. Uh, but like Flash, Cut, these are weak-ass moves you don't want. So yeah, and due to that, uh, yeah. thus was created what everybody likes to call yeah. an H HM Slave. The HM Slave or Mule uh, yeah. for the people who are a little more progressive, Reed. <laughs> uh, so I remember like... If we can run down the list of all time, like the Hall of Fame of HM mules. And we all know yeah. that it's Bidoof. Uh, Bidoof's up there. Quagsire was a favorite of mine because he could learn all the water moves plus no, strength. No, but Bidoof can learn yeah. surf, strength, cut, and whirlpool. He can do it all. He yeah. can do it all. Yeah. Uh, so this unfortunately meant that one slot in your party was reserved <laughs> for someone that was just used for these moves to get around the world. Or if you're like me, you just kind of fucking suck it up and you distribute all the HMs to various Pokemon and you kind of just... Kind yeah, of just deal with it. I think that was kind of the the point uh, initially, but um, I don't it, like it. I like far more now. That, oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. and uh, I think we'll get into that later. Yes, but yes, it's far better now. Absolutely, There's a lot of things that are better now. Yeah. So the uh, the game starts in the the quiet hamlet, Pallet Town. You name your character. Professor Oak introduces you to the world of Pokemon. Tells you you've got a rival who's uh, grown up next door to you. You name him whatever you want. Ass. You know, whatever you want to do. Bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, bitch. Oh, that's right. I remember his name now. Bitch. <laughs> like eight eyes or whatever. Um, you, uh, It's dangerous to go into tall grass, which is also coincidentally the only way out of town, so I don't know how anyone ever leaves. But uh, Professor Oak stops you. He gives you your starter Pokemon, as we mentioned, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, or Charmander. Your rival chooses, uh, as a true heel, he chooses the opposite, uh, the weakness of... of bleh, the super effective uh, Pokemon against your Pokemon, you battle it out. If you're smart, you'll go to your PC in your room and you'll get that potion so you can always edge them out. Uh, everything is handled with a computer in terms, edge of, edge out. Uh, in terms of uh, swapping your Pokemon items, uh, getting your Pokedex reviewed, etc. is all done via PCs either in your own room or in the Pokemon centers throughout town. Uh, throughout the world, rather. You find your way north to Viridian City. You're given a parcel to give back to Oak. When you return it to him, he gives you and your rival Pokedexes. Uh, he, his, his dream is to compile an encyclopedia of all the Pokemon ever. Every professor in the main series has a different specialty. Uh, if you're asking me from the top of my head to remember what each of them are, I can't fucking remember Oh, it. I remember the first two. Uh, oh, yeah. Oak is the Pokedex. Well, he, he wants to document every Pokemon, Elm, just an encyclopedia. Yeah, Elms is eggs. 
and almost like the freaky guy who's just like, I want to see him fuck. Yeah, he's like, let's, <laughs> well, he's like, let's talk about breeding. He's like, you don't even have to f- make two Pokemon that are the same species. Fuck. Yeah, just make yeah. them fuck. If they're both round, they can fuck. <laughs> if they both are humanoid, they can fuck. You see that whale and that yeah. little cat? They can fuck. They can fuck. <laughs> uh, what was third gen? Anyways, there's one, uh, I think. <laughs> third gen was, like, There's, nothing. like, one of them was into evolution and, like, new forms of evolution. No, one that's when you got into, like, mega evolution. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like, no, I think the gimmicks for the professors actually stopped after two. No, no, they all have one. It's just not, it's not overstated, I don't think. Uh, and in the anime, they also bring it up. So, fuck you. <laughs> also, you might notice that all the professors are usually named after trees, or at least they were to a certain point. And all towns in Kanto are named after colors. Wow. Except for the first one, which is a palette. Like a palette of colors, Reed. Wow. Wow. Anyways, you get that Pokedex. Uh, the Pokedex is cool, and it, it, it transcends every Pokemon game in the main series as you encounter it. It does different things, obviously. Uh, in the first game, if you see a Pokemon, you just get its image, and then it's all blocked off. Once you catch that Pokemon or have it traded to you, uh, it flushes out a little description. The Pokedex descriptions vary by version later on. Uh, and over the years, there is like a compiled... Pokédex. Like, if you look at every Pokédex entry, there's contradictory information. There's stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, Raichu being able to kill an Indian elephant. Gengar being able to kill an Indian elephant. I don't know what it was with Gen 1 and killing an Indian elephant. Um, or, like, the freaky ones they do or, like, get, or they yeah. basically say Ghastly is basically a dead baby, you fuck. Yeah, Durfloon <laughs> is, like, a ghost uh, balloon that, like, children hold its hand and then it leads them into the woods to kill them and shit. Yeah. It's just like, what, what the, the fuck? <laughs> This is bad news. Uh, so that's the Pokedex in a nutshell. Uh, you head through Viridian City. An old man teaches you how to po- catch Pokemon, but chances are you already know how to do it. Uh, it's very important to weaken Pokemon or uh, inflict a status effect uh, to more efficiently catch them. If you're a veteran, though, you just start whipping balls at Pokemon at full health and just... Yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah, who's got time for this? Uh, if you go left of Viridian City, you actually get a bonus fight with your rival here, which is very much worth doing. There's also some Pokemon there, like Nidoran, to catch that are available early in that area. But, Male or female? Uh, depends on your version. So there are Pokemon that are exclusive to each version, but then there are Pokemon that appear more frequently as well. So in red, uh, in Viridian City, for example, uh, Viridian Forest, you get more Weedles. In blue, you get more Caterpies. To the point in red, you can sometimes go through that Viridian Forest and never see a Caterpie. Um, and that same thing goes for Nidorans. In blue, Nidoran female was more common. Nidoran male was more common in red, etc. Anyways, you find the uh, the Pokemon League, the Indigo Plateau, is is through these gates. But a cop is there, and she says, "Until you get all the badges, you need to fucking get get out of here." So you find yourself going north through the Viridian Forest. You find yourself in Pewter City. You fight Brock with his rock hard determination. Um, um, so typically, at this point, uh, if you picked. Charmander, yeah. which most people did because Charmander's the cool one. Um, you're totally fucked here. Uh, he's the right choice. Because uh, yeah. your two attacks basically at this point are Ember or Scratch, yeah. uh, both of which will be super unaffective against these guys. I, I have I have something to say. So typically, after <laughs> yeah, after you're done. Yeah. So, uh, typically you get oh, around man. this yeah. by capturing a grass Pokemon in Verdian Forest or some shit. Yes. Or my preferred method, which is to go towards Indigo Plateau and in that route you can find a Mankey. Cause I not always in yellow you can no in yeah sorry, sorry. Yeah, I yeah. haven't played Gen one so like yeah I well, I have I have but I haven't yeah. I played you can Fire get low red. kick on a Mankey in yellow and then that just makes yeah it I, I yeah, yeah. played Fire Red and Leaf Green yeah. um yeah and that's that's typically the in the original one you were absolutely correct unless you chose Bulbasaur or Squirtle you had a distinct type disadvantage uh, you could try to poison them 
uh, using Poison Sting from either a Nidoran or a Weedle. However, I recently played through the game again, and I'm intentionally not grinding whatsoever. I'm avoiding leveling up my Pokemon as much as possible to make it a challenge on myself. So I head in to fight Brock with, like, level 6 and 7 Mons, but I have a full party. And a full party? A full party of, like, losers. It's, like, Pidgey's there, you Rattata. Do that? You do that? Yeah, of course. Oh, that's so gross. I, I cycle them out as I go. No, I have a completely different method. If you're joining my team, Lee, yeah. you have to be the pa best. Pass a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't just be a fucking random Pidgey that I find. Like, yeah, like, like no one ever was. If I capture a Pidgey, that Pidgey's becoming a Pidgeot, no matter what. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm 10 years old, and I only have a Charmander. I'm taking any Pidgey I can get. Any Pidgey <laughs> in a storm, as they say. I fought Brock with an underleveled team and relied on Growl to completely... He, he couldn't do shit to me. He couldn't do more than two damage. So I sacked, like, a Nidoran or something, or whatever had Growl, probably Rattata, and just growled the shit out of Geodude and Onix. And that whole type disadvantage thing is meaningless when you can then send out Charmander and they can't hurt you and you just ember them to death and burn them and Brock is, is fucked. Uh, so there's a, there's a museum in Pewter City uh, which has very confusing, perplexing references to the real world uh, that they have never retconned. You talk to an old man in that museum, and he's like, ah, 1969, the moon landing. I bought a color, te color television to just to watch it. And you're like, but that's Earth. That's not this. <laughs> There's no Pokemon there. And then you're thinking of, is this the future of Earth? But that old man was old enough in the 60s to remember buying a TV and watching it. So this old man is either hundreds of years old, your mind starts racing, and you just leave. Uh, there's an old amber you can get in the back there once you have cut from one of the uh, scientists, though, and that's how you get Aerodactyl in red and blue. Uh, all right, so from there you're going to head uh, east to Mount Moon. There's a man in the Pokemon Center there that will take you for a ride and sell you a Magikarp for $500, which seems shitty, but if you level that Magikarp to level 20, you're the one who's laughing. Uh, you go through Mount Moon. Who's this is your god now? Your god now? <laughs> As you drag and rage all over the place. Uh, just fucking people up with that fucking Gyarados. Uh, oh! You all right? Yeah. How's your McDonald's? You got the phlegm, the McDonald's phlegm. Uh, I love it. Uh, so you get through uh, that route. You get through Mount Moon. This is when you're introduced to Team Rocket for the first time. They are trying to steal fossils from the the moon. You're also learned. Uh, you're also learned up about some of the backstory of Pokemon here that they crashed to Earth on a meteor, perhaps. Pokemon Red and Blue are are interesting to play at least to talk to everybody because the dialogue is like contradictory to everything you know about Pokemon from then on out. Right. Because after, uh, after red and blue, they never talk about the origins of Pokemon. No, it's not well, until Arceus gets yeah, involved. And they basically just say Arceus created Pokemon. Yeah, he's That's God. It. He created Pokemon. That's it. Yeah. They're, so yeah. they specifically say Clefairies came from the moon, but then they also extend it. Some people are like, no, all Pokemon, they're aliens. They came here from another planet and they flourished on earth. Right. Uh, well, the impression I got is that, uh, because Pokemon are one species. They look different, but they're considered... Uh, Pokemon are well, I Pokemon. Well, no, but I've always considered like animals. Like, deer are animals, but so are right. crocodiles. But then a deer can't have sex with a dog and make a baby. <laughs> I guess so. In Pokemon, they Imagine can. Imagine if somebody came, came by his office to our conversation. <laughs> like, right. But a deer, right, but can, have a, but a deer we, can have a sex with a dog. Reed, we all know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... My under, my impression whenever I played as a kid was that basically Pokemon were the animals of this world because you don't see like fucking deer. in the anime you do you see birds and fish yeah that's weird as shit yeah, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> yeah. yeah well we're not getting into that what do they eat this fucking <laughs> fucked up universe um no in the games at least the impression I always got was that Pokemon were the birds but uh 
but the animals no yeah sorry the animals the pokemon <laughs> were the birds uh pokemon were the animals but it wasn't just limited to that pokemon could also become uh sludge excuse uh, me muck yeah he's like garbage he's yeah. a garbage man yeah yeah so the pokemon okay now it just doesn't make no now the aliens now no, no, the no. alien theory makes way more sense no the aliens theory makes way more sense if you think of it like transformers where they're just like a spark and then they inhabit whatever was there in living yeah. in organic tissue. Yeah. So there was a pile of muck, for lack of a better thing, and the alien took that over and he became a purple shit and then <laughs> had babies. Uh, another one, like, jumped into a dog. Another one jumped into a fish. Uh, another one jumped into a lady. Right, and then a some... Mime. some <laughs> and, then, and then two jumped into kung fu experts. Yeah, that's right. Hitmonlee and Chan. Bruce Lee and... Uh, uh, Jackie Chan. And Jackie uh, and Hitmon Chan. No, yeah, the impression uh, I always got was that uh, Clefairies came from the moon. Mew, clearly... Came from the moon. Well, Mew is is supposedly the like the the progenitor. He's like supposedly the right, first. Right, but then Arceus. He, sh- he sh- Well, that was this was fucking years before. Mew Mew shares genetic material with every Pokemon. Yeah. So it's theorized that he was the first Pokemon. Right. That was great. He's the Adam. Then, then that <laughs> then, then that then that blows on the same theory in the same game of Clefairy. Why are we just getting so into? Uh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, that totally shits on yeah. the same theory in the same game of Mew coming from the moon. If they're all descended from let's, Mew, let's say that's let's say that the alien thing rings to true, but the moon thing was just Clefairy. So like, there's fairies on the moon, and and Pokemon took them over and then crashed on. <laughs> Dude, I don't. The mountain is called Mount Moon because that's where the meteor uh, crashed. Right, but people don't know that Clefairy <laughs> came from that meteor, right? All they know nope. is that they dance it, well, it's, around. It's, they're just talking about it like, oh, I heard that Clefairy Yeah, but they're just the dancing around the meteor, yeah. right? That doesn't necessarily mean they came from the meteor. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, but this is why we talk about I, Gen- This is why I wanted to talk about Gen 1. Because Gen 1 is weird. it contradicts things that come later. So. Right, because once you get into like the 3DS yes. Pokemons, it's just like, haha, Pokemon, haha, like, well, now have fun. Wrap your mind around this shit. Is that in Mount Moon itself, you run into Team Rocket for the first time, and the reason they're there is they're looking for Pokemon fossils, prehistoric Pokemon that existed thousands of years ago. Now, read, follow me here. In just what we've learned in the last 10 minutes, there's an old man at the museum who says in 1969 he bought a color television to watch the moon landing. Right, but in there the context, pre- of, but in the context yes. of the 1990s, it's only been 30 years since that point. So he could yes. easily be an old man. But we're saying that dinosaurs, in the time of the dinosaurs, Pokemon existed. There are prehistoric Pokemon in uh, Ammonite and Kabuto yeah. and Aerodactyl. Sure. So Pokemon have existed long before, thousands of years before this old man existed, yeah. who supposedly watched the moon landing. So Pokemon have, have been ubiquitous. They've always existed. Okay. So this is an alternate Earth. We could say at best. Okay. Are we just trying to like comprehend? The what I'm trying to say is, what do they eat? They eat burgers and stuff. What are those burgers made out of? Tauros? Oh. They didn't. There's. <laughs> listen. There was only 150 Pokemon. So if we're dealing with at the time in Kanto. They thought there was only 150. Meanwhile, there's all these regions not too far away from them, accessible by train, accessible by boat, that had hundreds of Pokemon they didn't even know about. Well. Where were they getting their milk They're from? They're accessible <laughs> by boat, uh, but only after. But I'd much rather drink Miltank milk than Tauros milk. Right, but <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, you don't go through red and blue and hear kept hearing about uh, Janto, right? Or Johto, Johto, sorry. Yeah, you don't get hearing about Johto. Hoenn, yeah, Ho-on. and when you're when you're playing Gold, Silver, Crystal, you don't keep hearing about Hoenn, right? No, because they didn't exist yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we are in a 
fucked up universe, okay? Yeah. We're in a bubble. Yeah, yeah, where Transformers, a.k.a. Pokemon, use their AllSpark to inhabit... <laughs> the dark side of the moon, <laughs> the fairies yeah. appeared. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, Mew, Mew lived on the moon. Yeah, M- maybe. But, but, but was just, like, a little fucking thing. Came down yeah. to Earth in prehistoric times, jizzed all over the place. If and I'm those... not mistaken, don't they refer to Mew being found in the Amazon rainforest? Yes. Yeah. I remember from the movie that Mew was found in an Aztec pyramid. Yeah, which is like so ancient humans. And that's way after dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> so Mew, Mew could have very well existed that whole time, but Mew's a mammal. He's a cat. Yeah, but he's progenitor of all Pokemon. Well, he shares, so, he shares genetic material with them all. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, okay. Okay. Because that could mean that all dinosaur Pokemon prehistoric had a gangbang and all, created Mew. All I'm saying is Mew's been fucking for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know that meme from Always Sunny where Charlie Day's looking at the board and he's crazy yeah, yeah, and he has yeah. all the things? All the, the lines That's going to be yeah. us after trying to connect all these dots. <laughs> Figure out Pokemon exists. Between the moon, aliens, and dinosaurs. <laughs> it's all here. It's all here. <laughs> it's we all just here. have to figure it out. Somewhere here. Uh, all right. So <laughs> I'm glad we included that. <laughs> yeah, you get through Mount Moon and you uh, cross an. Un- <laughs> you can't go back. You you go over a ledge and you find yourself in Cerulean City. Cerulean City has two things you need to take care of. There is the gym with oh, Misty. Oh yeah, you got to yeah. take care of her. Baby. Original waifu. Yeah. Uh, you have Nugget Bridge, uh, which is a challenge. If you beat all the trainers, you get a nugget worth five thousand Pokey Bucks. Uh, at the end of this, however, the guy who gives you the nugget tries to get you to join Rocket uh, Team Rocket. You are not given a choice in the matter. You just refuse him. Um, the, uh, fuck. So, at this point, and I'm not going to go into this more detail. We talked about it last time that Mew. The only way to legitimately obtain Mew in North America was through a Toys R Us promotion. However, there is a debugged way to earn Mew in the game that's baked into the game. You just need to know what to do, and they made it cryptic enough that you would never accidentally do this. Uh, it involves Nugget Bridge. So, if you decide at this point in the game, for some reason you're playing along with our review, uh, that you want Mew, look that up now. Uh, because if you finish Nugget Bridge. It effectively knocks that out. If you don't, and you get an Abra, and you have a teleport thing, you go to Lavender Town, you walk left out of the city, you fight Mew. Mew's just in the game. Uh, this was something that was discovered like only in recent years. Wait, 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 wait. So there's three ways to get Mew? Well, there's the illegitimate way to get Mew, which is just a game shark. You can no, turn but... every Pokemon you encounter into Mew. No, but I thought you said, so you can get through the Toys R Us promotion back yes. in the day. Yeah. You can do it by using Abra to teleport to Lavender Town. That's the that's that's the legitimate like p- baked into the game way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, well, but we, but we didn't know about that shit until like I a thought, few years. ago. I thought this was known for longer than a few years. Uh, well, not not longer than ten years ago. I'll tell you that much because people just recently figured it out. And guess what? It works, and it still works in the eShop version as well. Uh, I tried it out. Pretty neat. Uh, Mew. Uh, I mean, let's talk about him. Mew. He was the only Pokemon in Red and Blue that was completely inaccessible by most players. Uh, and right, the, Mew reached a status of uh, yes, and he's and the thing is he's he's not better than Mewtwo. He does have the thing where he can learn every technical machine, which is no his sick. stats. But if we're yeah. talking from a pure stats perspective, Mew is all evens at a buck ten, which is same for a lot of Gen Four uh, yeah. legendaries, which is really good by all means. But if you want a specialty Pokemon, especially Mew, has such a high speed and special stat. He was more like a, an e penis thing. It was just like, look what I got—a small pink cat. Yeah, like, that was kind of, <laughs> that's kind of it. Uh, Mewtwo's way cooler. Come on, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? Do you know what's cool about Pokemon? They never pulled the trigger on Mew three. You think over over thirty years almost at some point because he like right you know, just do a Mew three. That's but... because after Red and Blue, they never acknowledge 
Oh like, man, Mewtwo's we, existence dude, really. We can't even get into all the rumors because this is pre-internet. So this like, is when Pikachu and Togepi and like all these Pokemon. Yoshi, you don't unlock like Yoshi and Pokemon Red. You fucking can't. But guess what? If you look on the internet, there's 48 man, different ways to do it. Did I tell you for the longest time? I totally thought Tauros was a Gen 2 Pokemon. So when I oh, yeah. when I saw someone playing uh, Red back in the day and a and Tauros showed up, up, I was like, "What the." What's he doing there? <laughs> uh, well, Tauros ended up being the male version of Miltank. That's one of the few Pokemon that have a completely different Pokemon, depending on on uh, the gender. Uh, but Tauros existed in the in the um, Safari Zone, uh, which is the only place you can catch him. And uh, and then Miltank was introduced in Gen Two. Yes. Yeah. Outside Goldenrod City. So. No, uh, more specifically above uh, Olivine City. You know what? To the to the west of uh, Erectic City. Erectic. Uratik? Uratik. Uh, in Gen 2, they're all named after types of wood. Oh, erect wood? Oh, no, sorry, flowers, I think. Or plants. Goldenrod's a flower. Olivine's a... They're plants. They're... Violet City. They're Cherry Grove... <laughs> Cher- oh, yeah, okay, There's it's... New Bark Town, Cherry Grove City, right. Violet Town. It's, uh, it's plants. It's As- flowers. Azalea Town. Yeah, okay, flowers. Goldenrod. We got it. We got it. Erect wood. Erect wood. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Erect Wood. Home of the ghost gym. Uh... Home of Ho. Oh. <laughs> so, if you continue past Nugget Bridge, you eventually find yourself at Bill's house. Uh, Bill has turned himself into a Pokemon. It's some body Fuck, art fly shit. What? How much are we going to uncover during this walkthrough? I meant to go through this very quickly, but as we go, I realize there's a lot of things along the way. Because, like, in the anime, it was a suit. Right, uh, but in this, he's splicing he has, his DNA. He has straight up Jeff Goldblumed himself. He is with splicing a... his DNA with a Clefairy because he wants yes. to know what it's like. To be to fuck. He's like he's like I've been inside. He's like I've been inside a Pokemon, but I've never been inside a Pokemon. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you help his ass out, and on his PC, you can learn about Eevee and all the different forms of Eevee. He's like, don't open my tabs, please. <laughs> yeah. I never even considered that. He's just oh, the only thing he has on his computer is like sexy pictures of Eevees. Uh, so you help Bill out, and you learn that Bill is actually the guy who designed the storage uh, method, which is I uh, need uh, to capture these Pokemon <laughs> so they yeah. can't leave. Store them in my computer, where no one can find them. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of cool, uh, I guess. He also gives you a ticket to the SS Anne, uh, in Vermilion City. So now you know where you need to go next. After beating Misty, who is a water type, she's got a star you and a star me. Again, if you chose Charmander, this could be seen as difficult. But by this point, you've had access to some grass types. You've had access to, uh, fucking Gyarados, which just makes the rest of the game a cakewalk if you choose to go that way. Uh, so you find yourself going south to Vermilion City. Vermilion City is home of Lieutenant Surge. However, his gym is blocked by a cuttable tree. No one can get in or out. Seems inconvenient. <laughs> I guess I better go to that boat. Yeah. Man, we really shouldn't have planted that tree in the front of the parking lot. Now no one can get fucking in. The Terrence Surge is like, Ah! Right you hit him with the Thunderbolt. <laughs> hit him with the Thunderbolt, right you. <laughs> That's also, uh, what's his name from, uh, Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh. Really? I don't think it's legit, like literally him, but it fucking sounds like him. Ah, uh, hey, America. Joey Wheeler. Uh, <laughs> how dare you disrespect Michael Bay disrespecting Michael Bay is disrespecting America it's true yeah how do we end up with only four minutes left we're only at Cerulean City Vermilion City listen uh, we didn't anticipate uh, we found too much gold uh, here the origin of, we didn't I didn't remember that this game had the origin of Pokemon in it somewhat and <laughs> and they contradicted their own lore within the same game 
or maybe it's meant to be a mystery. We're not, not we're not supposed to know, man. Yeah, I didn't know they're trying to do some uh, Dark Souls interpretive fucking yeah. bullshit. Um, you gotta read all the descriptions. You gotta read the book. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what the answers are. Uh, and then I also didn't anticipate that like we have all this weird shit happening. Uh, oh, and I when, yeah. when you first said you're gonna do there's a, more stuff coming. Like we're about to give the captain a back rub. There's a lot of there's a lot of yeah, things to come. Yeah, like when you were gonna get into this, I thought you're just gonna be like, yeah, first we go to Viridian, then we go to Pewter. Well, I fucking gonna... thought I was, but then I realized no, there's actually more to unpack here. Yeah. Uh, so you get to Vermilion City. Diglett's Cave is there. This is a shortcut back to Pewter City if you so choose. It also gets you into the back area of the route uh, just north of Viridian City. Here you can, uh, for one, you get the Flash HM, I think, here, which is important to do, obviously, because you're going to need it. Uh, you can also trade a guy in Abra for a Mr. Mime here, which I believe is the only way to obtain a Mr. Mime in Gen 1. Uh, and his name is Marcel, and that's the only Mr. Mime, so deal with it. You uh, all, like, you only ever have Marcel. You can't catch him in the wild unless you cheat. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, at, at this point, you would go on the SSN, which is moored in the harbor of uh, Vermilion City. There you fight your way through the ship. You learn some cool stuff. You learn that the it's an ocean liner that just, like, fucking goes in a circle and comes back or some shit. Uh, you fight your rival. You find the captain is seasick. You uh, give him a hand job and make him feel better. He gives you HM1, which is cut. I assume you rub his back, but, you know, yeah. let's we know what, what he really is. Yeah, like, Lee, if you're ever throwing up, all I gotta do is rub your back twice, and you're like, oh, that's great, yeah. no more throw-up. You gotta make that sound, though. <laughs> so you get cut, and now you're a madman, because now not only can you get to the route that takes you to Cerulean City through Rock Tunnel... As soon as he gives it to you, crawling in my skin by Lincoln Park comes <laughs> Yeah, up. you just cut your way through the side of the ship <laughs> and sink it. Uh, you don't look at the explosion as yeah. it sinks. Weakling should die. Uh, we'll wrap this up with, with one of the most notorious uh, Pokemon things, uh, implications, is you step off the ship after getting cut. Once you have cut in your possession you leave the ship, the ship leaves. Yeah. You are forced out of this area and you can never go back there. Someone realized... That if someone instead trades you a Pokemon with Cut and you never have to go on the SSN, you can progress in the game and leave the boat in the harbor the entire game. What is the point of this? Well, there's water around the ship. So someone naturally went through the game and got Surf in the Safari Zone, came all the way back to Vermilion City where because they never got the HM1 Cut, the ship is still there and they were able to surf around the ship. Well, what did they find, Reed? Just off screen where you can't see is a, a, a truck. Ah, uh, the infamous truck. It is the only truck in the game. It's the only truck that looks like it's this. It's the you, only vehicle in any Pokemon you, game. You cannot find another truck in the entire game. That in the looks entire like series, Lee. You don't find cars in it's any It's small. Other game. It's not to scale. And people theorize that if you used either strength or cut, depending on which version you read, on the tire of this truck, you would fight Mew. This is completely fucking false. Nothing but, happens when you But because that truck is there and it's the only one of its kind, the, it has to the be imagination special. Yeah, it has to be special. Uh, and man, there are so many things like that for Pokemon. Like how, how you unlock Togepi and Yoshi and stuff. Like there's people make like Wayback Machine websites where just like Flash animated websites where it's just like all the secrets of Pokemon, how to do this. And what's fucked up about Pokemon, we'll end on this for this week is that while there's a fair bit of trolling and mystery around the Pokemon games, there are legitimate glitches in the game that you can exploit, such as Missing No, which is 100% real and 100% works. So when you try that and it works, and you're catching Pokemon that are level 299 that are fucking glitching your game out, that makes it seem possible that anything else in the game could potentially be real. 
So, fucking, I remember so many hours as a kid just, like, having a printout from school on a piece of paper trying to follow the oh, instructions. Oh, dude, I remember distinctly as a kid playing Crystal, and I have everything done, and I'm just like, dude, how do you get Ho-Oh? Yeah. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> and, like, everybody's like, oh, well, like, you gotta have the three dogs, and then you gotta go get Lugia, and then ring the thing, and, like, that was actually how it was. How was it in Crystal? I remember only in, in Golden Silver. You gotta get the three dogs, and you go talk to the three dudes that where you fought Sweet. Oh, really? And they're just like, here's the key to go to the higher levels, go fight Ho-Ho. Now. Okay. Yeah. In uh, in the original one, either you, you get either Ho-Ho or Lugia, depending on your version, and then the dogs are just in the wild. You never fight them, like, in a face-to-face battle. And then uh, later in the game, you get another feather that lets you go fight the opposite bird. Except he's like level seventy, so he's he's. No, yeah, you need to yeah. you need to have a Lugia and the three dogs before you can fight Ho and Crystal. Wow, make you work for that Ho. works pokemon <laughs> read i have some notes from last last week's episode we talked about some weird shit oh boy <laughs> we spoke about episode uh one series overview we talked about tms and hms and how hm mules are a nuisance uh to have in your party uh we did some <laughs> cliff notes run through uh professors and their speciality we <laughs> talked about how they each had a speciality and i i got it. i broke it down for you it was heavy how did he carry it uh so <laughs> professor oak is pokemon and human relationships Professor Elm is Pokemon breeding. Yep. Professor Birch, Professor Bitch, Pokemon habitats. Rowan uh, from Sinnoh was uh, evolution and form changes. Then Juniper was the origin of Pokemon. Then Mega Evolution for Sycamore. Then Pokemon moves for the Moon and Sun guy. It's all coming together now. And then in Sword and Shield, we have Magnolia, who's into Dynamaxing. She likes him big. And then we have uh, Sonya, who's uh, into history. So sure. much so that she's like, look at these drawings. Look at those tapestries. What do you think happened here? Oh, the legendary Pokemon are here. As how I, I imagine it breaks down. I think I'm at the point in Sword where I actually go oh, fight. Oh, you still haven't beat it. No, because that game's fucking awful. Uh, spoiler alert for like eight episodes. Yeah. Now. Uh, we talked about freaky Pokedex entries. We talked about Pokemon frequency and exclusivity between versions, confusing dialogue and story implications in Gen One that make it seem like Kanto is on Earth. Pokemon Origins, aliens from space. Mew Origin, we got the we got it here. He's straight up found in Guyana in South America. They like there's a Pokedex entry that says it, and then many of his Pokedex entries uh, that they stopped using after generation like five or so uh, says that because it can use all kinds of moves, many scientists believe Mew to be an ancestor of Pokemon. Right, but then but it's not then, definitively. Saying and then we that. talk that's all shit when when it's like canon that Arceus is the fucking god of Pokemon right. or whatever. So right? it was believed that Mew was something special. Turns out. Just a cat with some cool blood in the forest. No, well, it's possible that Arceus made Mew and then Mew just reproduced asexually a ton or something. <laughs> it made the prehistoric Pokemon. Any of this is possible. <laughs> um, and then it goes at lengths that he is invisible. People can't see him unless they really want to meet him or something like that. It's in the Pokedex. It's like he only shows to those of pure heart that Where really want to meet him. Where's this fucking, like, it? <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. Uh, 
Anyways, Pokemon and animals are not the same. Pokedex entries referencing both animals and Pokemon and people eating Pokemon, like Farfetch'd, he tastes delicious with the onion he carries around. Rarely does a form of poultry carry around the seasonings uh, that you're supposed to eat with him. Uh, they'd be like a chicken carrying like a bag of frozen fries on his back and you're just like oh how convenient uh, thinking of Pokemon as Transformers uh, as some become fish and others become literal piles of garbage yes, in the case of Mutt that's, yeah that, that's my headcanon now uh, Mount Moon and the implications of prehistoric Pokemon discovered the body horror situation at Bill's lab and took a look at his sexy Eevee pics uh, so we talked about Bandit, Bandit Keith and Lieutenant Surge <laughs> I looked up the voice actor Ted Lewis is the voice actor of Bandit Keith, and as far as I know, was not Lieutenant Surge. It was however, a Dungeon Bolt Ride too. However, he was the voice of Tracy Sketchit, who's that loser uh, illustrator from like the Orange Islands part of the anime. He's also Snorlax and Giovanni. Also, I learned that dozens of actors are employed by the Pokemon anime, and they each do like six Pokemon. So, like, you're Bulbasaur, Poliwhirl, and something else. You're Charmander, and they like they split. I want to know the logistics behind them deciding, like, you know what? In the game, they have like these cries, but in yeah. the anime, we're going to decide that these fuckers <laughs> yeah. can speak their own name. Well, like Bulbasaur would be like. <laughs> Bulbasaur. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's exactly what I heard. Isn't that way more fucked up? Uh, yeah. I was like, actually probably pretty accurate on that Bulbasaur song. What it. if it's humans <laughs> trapped in the bodies of these animals, thus, like creating, <laughs> thus creating Pokemon, but they've reached such a stage of 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 symbiosis. Yeah. Like Venom. <laughs> Listen, I've seen plenty of illustrations on the internet of people symbiosising with Pokemon. Oh, uh, so, yeah, let's just say that we've gone there before Bill. Uh, anyway... We got to Vermilion City in the SSN and we talked about that goddamn truck. You get cut from the captain by rubbing his back. Yeah, as you <laughs> do. Uh, you fight your rival there. You head uh, through the rock tunnel. You need Flash, which as we mentioned, you can get outside Pewter by going through the Diglets Cave. Also catch some Diglets. They're cool guys. And if you have a water Pokemon or a leaf Pokemon to level up, that's a good place to grind. Yeah, because... Although well, grinding in Pokemon is not required. You got a water Pokemon against the Raichu. Yeah. Thunderbolt. <laughs> um, can we talk about can we talk about his gym real quick? The Vermilion City gym, where he's got a locked electrical gate, and the only way to open it is to reach your hand into several garbage cans. <laughs> oh, you never played Gen One? No, it's the, I, it's I'm, the same in, in Fire Red. I played Red, Fire yeah. Red. No, I'm very much aware of this. Thing. So you reach into the garbage can, you find a button, and then you have to push one on the adjacent garbage cans. It's fucking they're it's like, garbage, man. They're like, all right, Lieutenant Surge, we're making your gym. How do you want to do this? What's your policy? Garbage can. He's like, I'm going to go in this room and put up an electric fence. All right. And Slip me my lunch through the, <laughs> the other side. And then you're going to put garbage cans all over the floor. <laughs> put a button in one of like, them. Like, if the place loses electricity, he just presumably dies in a closet in the back room. Uh, anyway, you beat his ass. Uh, he's just got to write you a Voltorb and some other garbage uh, electric types. Easy peasy. So, you find your way to Celadon City. Celadon City's uh, the biggest city in the game next to Saffron. Uh, Saffron City is located in the center of the region, and a lot of these, uh, you go through different underground things and whatnot to get around it. Celadon City is also where you encounter Team Rocket again. They are running a game corner in the city that has like a hideout underneath it. Uh, I don't know what they're exactly doing that's against the law here, other than managing a gambling casino. I think the implications that they're using Pokemon to cheat... Somehow. Yeah, but... Okay. What, what, like, <laughs> what I, like, Pokemon allows you to cheat? Porygon. Okay. Maybe. Like, they're hacking? <laughs> Cyberspace? Hacking the mean. Uh, you can go to the Celadon Mansion uh, through the back. Please enter through the back door. You'll find an Eevee at the top floor. 
Celadon uh, Market is also a multi-floor department store where you can find all kinds of exclusive PMs, things. Yeah, stones. stones. You can immediately evolve your Pokemon, evolve it into a, a Vaporeon. Uh, don't don't fuck around with Jolteon and Flareon. Flareon's completely useless in Gen Jolteon 1. Jolteon doesn't fucking learn Jol- shit. Jolteon's cool. He's fast, but Vaporeon's where it's at. But it's like thunder for Jolteon. Thunderbolt. <laughs> Thunderbolt. Uh... Other than that, you can use Cut to get to the gym here in Celadon City, which is filled with women. There is a peeping Tom outside the window uh, of the game. Being like, like, this, <laughs> this is the best gym around. It's There's for the no women. Female. <laughs> Erection. Thunderbolt. <laughs> you go in there, you kick her ass. Uh, you can also get Fly uh, nearby. It's just out west of town. You talk to a girl in a house. That's a secret place to get to. Fly is great. You can fly back to previous. Right. Lee, let me ask you this. If you ever yeah. beat a Pokemon game without using Fly once... Probably. Yeah. I have, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I played... I never look back. I've played multiple <laughs> playthroughs in Crystal where yeah. I said to myself, I'm not using a motherfucking flying wow. type. Wow. So I'm just going to go through like this. One time late on Crystal, I only played with a Nato King, wow. a Polyrath, and a Victory Bell. Wow. Yeah. That was fun. It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should mention that when you come out of the Rock Tunnel, you don't find yourself in Celadon City. You find yourself in Lavender Town, which seems like a featureless, scary burg... Uh, and you just kind of fucking mosey on right. through that place. People are always like, oh, the theme song is so scary. Like, I, I understand the first 10 seconds, but then it comes in with the really nice. It's not that. It's not that. It wasn't the original game. Yeah, but it's it's a really quiet, peaceful theme. Uh, so the thing about Lavender Town is there's a creepypasta that's very famous written about it. And also, there's the Pokemon Tower. Reed, let's talk about the Pokemon Tower. This right. is the final resting place for trainers Pokemon. Pokemon can die. For real. Right. It's so weird now yeah. that they don't, like, they're so safe in these most recent Pokemon. It's like a multi-story tower filled with gravestones. Right. They won't even acknowledge <laughs> Pokemon deaths. It's, like, weird nowadays. Yeah. Um, the creepypasta, I believe you're talking about Raticate. I, I don't. There's a Lavender Town one. Oh, okay. Where you so, hear the music no, the one I'm talking about. Um, so up until this point, when you've been battling a rival, whether it's been at the Nugget Bridge or it's been on the SS Anne, and before that, he's had a Radita that's evolved into a Radicate. Oh, you're saying that he was there paying his respects. So yeah, yeah, yeah when I you get to Lavender Town and you go to the Pokemon Tower, you meet Blue there again, and you have another battle. Yeah, or this, Ass or whatever you've named. Yeah, it. except this time, <laughs> yeah, except this time he does not send out Radicate at all, and he's looking at a tombstone so a lot of people in their head can have said that as that sounds in line with gen one though that sounds like something like that they just secretly slip in there. fucking yeah. creepy so yeah uh the implication being that radicate has died and he's paying his respects to his radicate you also fight channelers in here that have ghost pokemon that speak in tongues until you defeat them and then they're like oh i was possessed by a ghost and you're like oh oh okay that can happen uh should children be wandering around the upper floors of this place <laughs> Uh, fuck it. Anyway, uh, you get to the top. You, you, the reason you're here is to save Mr. Fuji or whatever his name is, who's like a the proprietor of Leva- Lava- Lavender Town. Uh, so you beat Team Rocket here. He gives you the Pokey Flute, which allows you to wake up Snorlaxes and head uh, south to Fuchsia City, where Koga is waiting uh, with his loser team of poison types. Uh, yeah, man. Like this stretch of the game is good. Is cool. The game kind of opens up in a way where you're not going the route you thought you were going to. You get a fresh water in Celadon City. You can give it to the guard uh, to get into Saffron City. There's not much you can do immediately in Saffron City. It is your final showdown with the Team Rocket there. Now the game actually allows you to go either to Fuchsia City, the Safari Zone, which is a cool timed event where you get a certain amount of balls. The Safari Zone allows you to throw bait rocks and balls. Also, if you go deep into the Safari Zone is where you find Surf, which you need to complete the game. 
and and do a number of other things in the go game. to Cinnabar Island. <clears throat> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so it, it behooves you to go there first. There's the biking road, which is kind of cool. I don't I don't know. Uh, there's the the weird like docks and stuff you go the other way there's two snorlaxes in the game when you play the flute for them they fight you the flute can also be used to wake up sleeping pokemon in your own party which is kind of cool like a free awakening for the rest of the game yep. uh you can fight sabrina uh after you take care of team rocket in saffron city there are two gyms in saffron city fighting types getting the short shrift here don't even have a badge no they're not an official gym no the market dojo yeah they're located right across like right next to the official yep. gym uh, so you go in there, you kick all those guys' asses, and uh, you get to choose between Hitmonchan or Hitmonlee there. Uh, Imagine taking Chan. Yeah, who, like who who would do that? He's got all the elemental punches, though, which is something but that Hitmonlee does not In Gen have. 1, they're all special with his a fucking abysmal special right. stat. So. No, you shouldn't be using either Pokemon in Gen 1. Yeah. Uh, Hitmonlee's <laughs> got some beneficial stats and, and moves you can use later when they added Blaze Kick and all that cool stuff. Uh, anyway... At this point in the game, yeah, you take care of either Fuchsia or Saffron in the, in the order you uh, see fit. You run into Giovanni uh, in the Saffron City Showdown here. Uh, he's the leader of Team Rocket. Not much to say about that guy. He's kind of shrouded in mystery even throughout the game. You just know he's a criminal overlord. In the anime, they flesh out his character a little bit more, uh, where he is involved in the cloning of Mew. Uh, in this game, I don't I don't think in Gen 1 they actually quite the, distinctively talk about that. Here's what you get... As far as information goes regarding Mewtwo, when you go to the island, when you go to Cinnabar, the, island, yep. the Cinnabar Island with that one house. Yeah, that's the Cinnabar, that's like the Cinnabar Mansion, which is the lab but where they made. Fun fact, actually, yeah. the first shiny I've ever found in a game that didn't come from an egg, because in Gen 2, when you get the egg from the daycare, there's a very, there's a third, like a one third chance it'll be shiny when it, come, when it hatches. In in what? In which Gen 2. Okay. When you get the, uh, the egg. That oh, Gen 2, if you got a shiny, that's like, like, you peaked. Like, you got no, a shiny in Gen no, 2 in shit. No, in Gen 2, like, yes, getting a shiny regularly is, of course, really hard. Um, no, but the egg you get from the daycare lady at Goldenrod, that yeah. could have one of the random new baby Pokemon, there's a one-third chance that it could be shiny in that gen. Anyway, when I was playing Fire... I think it's only in Crystal, actually. Yep. When ahead. I was playing Fire Red for the first time, uh, found my first legit shiny in the game, which is a shiny Raticate in this house. Wow. Yeah. And then he passed away and he went... Yeah, so when you go to the upper levels, you find basically some <laughs> logs and research notes, which is actually really cool. And yeah. it's environmental discovery, like, follow. They're building up the, the major heel of the game. Right, it's yeah. it's not even the major heel of the game, because he's not the major heel. Um, Mewtwo's misunderstood. Um, no, it's more, it's, more like, it's more like world building that's not super obvious. Uh, it basically says that Mew was discovered in South America. Yeah. And they tried to clone it, and then the clone went berserk and left. That's it. Yes. So for when the Pokemon movie came out, they simply just said, okay, Giovanni was the one that was yeah. doing it. That's it. Before that, in the anime, there were episodes that covered it and they never showed Mewtwo or stuff, but you see him blow up the lab and fly away. There's like a cut, there's like a weird opening to one of the missions and Giovanni's standing like in Cinnabar with Persian and you see the lab explode and you see Mewtwo with the armor fly away and the armor falls off of him. And that's the only thing they showed of Mewtwo in the anime. And then Giovanni gets on the phone and he's like well that fucking sucks and then moves on and then the, the movie presumably takes place at any time after that because yeah. you remember everybody gets flashy thinged in the movie and they don't remember it happening they don't remember Pikachu crying and Ash being turned into stone oh that was sad uh, yeah when they're like forcing them to fight it's crazy uh, that's kind of have to do it for this week uh, so you get to Cinnabar you learn about the origins of Mewtwo you learn about Mew who's not in the game at all as we said uh, he's even more shrouded in mystery I like a game that does that there's just mysteries to uncover. You can learn little things. Uh, of course, Mewtwo finds his final resting place at the Cerulean Unknown Cave that you can only access after beating the Pokemon League. There's a guy standing in front of the mouth of the cave that's just like, 
Oh, you're bad. Right. You, thought that, well, you, can't, you can't get in here, buddy. Come back later and, like, shoves you. Uh, Cinnabar Island has Blaine, the fire gym leader. Kick his ass. Seafoam Islands are located to the east. Uh, now that you have Surf, hey, time to catch some legendary birds in this game. Zapdos is in the power plant, which you can get to just uh, by the entrance Surfing. to Rock Tunnel. You surf around, get to the yep. power plant. Uh, these See, Pokemon are like level 50, I think, in Gen 1, so you're going to want to probably wait until later. I think they're 50 in Gen 1. And then, yeah, yeah Seafoam Islands, Articuno. Yes, Seafoam uh, Islands, however, requires strength. Uh, you get strength by finding the Warden's Lost Teeth in the Savari Zone and giving it back to him, and he gives you the strength HM. However, I think you need one of the last uh, badges to be able to use it. Uh, so other than Victory Road, to get to the end of the game, you use strength to do a little puzzle in the Seafoam Islands. That's how you get Articuno, the Ice Bird. Uh, and then Moltres is just waiting for you on Victory Road. He's the easiest to come by by accident. And that's where we're going to wrap it up for this week. Wow. So next episode, we'll <laughs> finish off Gen 1 with yes, Elite Four. Yes, um, I promise you we will. <laughs> no, it's going to be a lot yeah. easier to talk about the other Gens because, one, they're not nearly as weird. Yes, we're and, just comparing and contrasting. Yeah, to, and, and yeah. two, we don't have to talk about any mechanics. We're just talking about new mechanics. Oh, that buddy, like, when you think about Gen 2, you forget about the mechanics they added. Like, you, like day and night cycle, uh, Pokemon that only appeared during the same as a phone the call, entire breeding thing. The phone call system. Yeah, the phone call bullshit. Egg moves. You. Yeah, egg uh, moves. Shiny Pokemon. Additional HMs. Yeah. 16 badges. Shiny Pokemon. New Pokemon. Yeah, new zone to uh, check yeah. out. Split that special stat, baby. So yeah, the special split. Uh, um, lots of things happen in Gen yes, 2. Yes, baby Pokemon. Different ways to evolve After Pokemon. Gen 4, you'll notice a significant decrease in, <laughs> in our interest. new thing. No, not an interest. <laughs> not an interest at all. Yeah. My my interest was renewed after that. Um, but you'll see a lot less uh, new things happen. Rather, there'll be things traded out. So, like, Gen 3 did away with the, the day-night day, night meaning anything, but they added weather uh, effects to certain terrains. So it's always raining, uh, which is kind of a step down, because those weather effect moves were in Gen 2. Yeah. You can use Sunny Day, you can use uh, Rain Dance, etc. Uh, when you learn that if you were under Sunny Day, you could Solar Beam without charging it, you're just like, oh shit, fuck. The, the rest of the game is just Sunflora, Solar Beam. Rain cool. Dance and fucking Thunder, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, 100% accuracy after using Rain Dance. Little hidden shit like that. Uh, and yeah. then, of course, Gen, Gen 3, though, didn't in, added the abilities, the passive abilities, which is, of course, to this day, has changed the competitive scene oh, of Pokemon. Oh, are you kidding uh, me? Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Last week, we failed to talk about Cubone and Cubone's mother. You didn't play Gen 1, but there's a yeah, huge... I know, I know about Cubone and Cubone's mother. Yeah, so there's a huge subplot in Lavender Town uh, to deal with the Pokemon Tower where Team Rocket uh, was trying to kidnap a Cubone. We talk about Cubone. One of my... Cubone's my favorite Pokemon, straight up. Who's, really? your favorite, who's your favorite Pokemon? Cubone is your favorite Pokemon? Cubone is my favorite Pokemon, oh, period. And, uh, mine's a tie between Houndoom and Crobat. Oh, fucking edgelord over here. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I have no I'll accept Houndoom. He's cool as shit. I Dark think. Fire? He was the first. And he has the coolest fucking cry in Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, crowbat's also like a staple. Like I've, uh, you always roll a, no, cro- a crowbat. I wouldn't say a staple. I would say maybe for you and me, he's a staple. Yeah. But you're the only person I found with fellow crowbat love here. Who the fuck doesn't love crowbat? Right, fast uh, as fuck. So Cubone's got this whole subplot, and the whole thing with Cubone is he wears the skull of his dead mother. That's based on this subplot, and doesn't really make sense for every Cubone ever to be doing this. Uh, so there, there is a you know when you see Pokemon leaks and stuff like that, they're talking about sprites and whatnot. Uh, there's a lot to say that, hey, you know it was meant to be, like, Caterpie, Metapod, Venomoth was actually supposed to be it. And then if you look at Venonat and Butterfree, you're like, holy shit, a Venonat is just a Butterfree's head on a butterfly. Oh, my God. So people, for a long time, thought that Kangaskhan, the baby, was a Cubone without the skull. Yes. And that Marowak is some weird third evolution there or something like that. Uh, so the story is that Team Rocket was trying to steal Cubone, and Cubone's mother, who is also a Cubone? Has to be. Or Marowak. But Marowak also has a skull. Okay. So, Mar- but, but we don't know what Marowak's skull looks like under the skull it wears, Lee. We don't know what a Cubone's face looks like at all. Uh, it's one of the greatest mysteries. It's like Wilson from Home Improvement. We never know truly what he looks like. Uh, so, Cubone is defended by his mother, and Team Rocket kills Cubone's mother. This they is in the fucking, fucking game. Kill it. They kill her. Uh, so, you cannot proceed in the Pokemon Tower without the Slift Scope, which I believe you get from the Celadon City Games game corner yeah uh because there's a ghost there that you cannot identify plus you can't identify any of and the it's ghosts cubone's fucking dead mom who's who's so irate uh that you cannot get past her and when you do you you save mr fuji or whatever and, and defeat team rocket uh this was the subject of they did an anime that was based on the video games not the anime but they did oh the yeah. pokemon like red i think it was, yeah. it was called so like it was straight up based on fire red leaf green basically right yeah no uh, i watched it and like yeah. the main protagonist isn't like ash at all he's no just he's just like, red yeah yeah he's just like a fucking dude uh, so the first episode kind of is like from the start of your adventure to pewter and then they skip a bunch of shit and they're in lavender town the whole second episode is about this event and yeah, I'm gonna tell you, we talk about like tearing up and things. When I fucking first watched the second episode of this Pokemon thing, and they like the way they depicted this Cubone's mother thing and like her dying and Cubone just being like fucked up about it, it's really touching. No, this anime, is, <laughs> the, this anime you're talking about, I yeah. forget the specific name, but it's very well done. As far yes. as like, I don't like the actual original Pokemon anime personally. I'm not a fan. Okay, um, sure. But this one is very well done. It's. I don't want to say it's taken more seriously, but it's done a lot. No, no, no. The, Poke- the Pokemon battles alone are, like, frighteningly realistic. Yeah, like, when... It's, when... it's much more, um, less flashy, but more intense version. Yeah, so there's, like, uh, when you have Squirtle and Charmander fighting, they don't have their moves. So they're just physically fighting in the in the first episode. And basically, Squirtle has, like, Charmander pinned down. Charmander's just fucking screaming. You're like, this is fucking... This is fucked up, but right. I'm here for it. Right, and uh, they actually, like, show off type advantages... Yes. Uh, ...and shit like that, which is great. Uh, I wish that was... They did more of that, but yeah. honestly, who's watching that but me? Uh, so that... There's I, a, I watched it. There's a Pokemon TV app, and I believe it's all still free on there. You can watch almost all Pokemon media, including the movies and stuff. It's all free on this app. Like, you can just go download it. Uh, so check that shit out. Anyways, we forgot to talk about that. Uh, we did, however, quickly talk about the Safari Zone, which is neat. Uh, and then getting Strength, getting Surf. All the badges. The Seafoam Islands, Cinnabar Island. We mentioned the anime in Mewtwo. We were talking about how, like, oh, Mewtwo doesn't really show up in the anime, blah, blah, blah. Oh, completely forgetting that when Gary gets to the Viridian City gym, uh, driven by a convertible full of cheerleaders... Uh, he walks in and gets bodied by Mewtwo in armor when Giovanni was was controlling Mewtwo and using him. So Gary's team gets wiped out by Mewtwo. And then thankfully Giovanni is called elsewhere and Ash gets to fight Team Rocket uh, for his Earth badge. Which let's just talk, let's write it straight up. That's bullshit. 
he got a pass. And, yeah. th- and he loses in the Pokemon League. Of course he does. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> without going too much into the anime, the game is a lot simpler. Obviously, yes. by this point, you've taken down Team Rocket. Your only goal at this point is to complete the Pokemon League and become the champion. Assuming that you have taken out all the gyms except for Viridian City, you now go back to Viridian, and you discover that the gym leader is none other than Giovanni himself. The just man like, himself. Just like the anime. Yeah, except, which is kind except, of a... Except he actually does use Earth Pokemon, so... Like, Earth Pokemon! Thunderbolt! Um, we... The, so, there's a kind of a weird uh, understated thing here about Kanto, is that it's run by the mob. Yes. Like, Giovanni is the head, head gym leader. Yeah, but he's not the champion. Uh, no. He could be, if he wanted to. Uh, the other thing we didn't uh, <laughs> we didn't think to talk about is that Lieutenant Surge is a lieutenant. He fought in a war? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. And he says it. that. He says, yeah. like, I used to use these electric... He po- used Pokemon in, in war. In war. Yeah. That means his Raichu has seen some shit. You know many... Yeah. I don't know what war that is. Based so, on his age, we could surmise so it's the Korean War. Gen 1 Pokemon, you have, <laughs> you have Pokemon coming from the moon, but they might also come from God, who gave birth to a little pink animal. Yes, maybe. That, that was also cloned into a fucking monster by Mob Boss, who happens to run the entire country's gym system, but he also runs a mafia that steals and... Uh, tortures Pokemon. Yes. Meanwhile, we have another Pokemon that wears its skull of its dead mother killed by the same organization. Don't forget that that organization spins out of control. In Johto, Team Rocket is still the threat. Except Giovanni's nowhere to be seen. Because he's not a dick anymore. Right. And then there's a subplot that wasn't in the initial game where your rival in Gen 2 is Giovanni's son. Right. You know? He's explored yeah. a bit more in, yeah. in Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so you get Gen to the Pokemon League. Uh, and the Pokemon League, no, of course, but, is the ultimate but, challenge. After you beat Gio- Giovanni, sure, to be yeah. fair, he says, all right, I'll stop being an asshole. And then he you, just leaves. You taught him the error of his yeah, ways. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, just, that's a classic <laughs> anime thing, though. Like, you beat yes. the shit out of him, and they're just like, your punches have made me see the right thing. Ah, uh, I've returned. Yeah, uh, so that's... But, you know, like every gym, uh, your rival has been there first and beat Giovanni. But I guess your rival didn't change Giovanni's ways. You did. Yeah. You, uh... Uh, Giovanni, of course, in Gen 1 has multiple ride-ons with Horn Drill, which is, uh, he's a little bit of a troll, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> in that case. Uh, anyways, you beat his ass, you go to the Pokemon League, which is conveniently located just west of town. You get through, uh, there to go to Victory Road, which we mentioned you need strength, there's a bit of a puzzle there. Moltres can be captured there, then you hit the Elite Four. In most Pokemon games, you fight four trainers, followed by the Champion. Uh, in Gen 1, it was Bruno, Lorelei, Agatha, and Lance. I think Agatha might be the second, though. So, Rock fighting. No, it was uh, Ice. Lorelei's Ice. Oh, yeah. she's first. You're right. Lorelei's first. Yeah. Then maybe Bruno, who is fighting type. Yeah, then Bruno. Uh, then... Agatha. Ghosts. Yeah, then Agatha. Uh, then and then Lance, Lance. Dragons. Who has three Dragonites, if I'm not mistaken, no, in Gen 1. That in Gen 2, he has three Dragonites. In Gen 1, he has one Dragonite, two Dragonairs. Would that be allowed in uh, actual competition? Would you be allowed to have multiples three of Dragonite. the same Pokemon? No, and it was bullshit in Gen 2 when Lance's Dragonites are level 50, and those fuckers level up level 55. Dude, I had a friend growing up. We played Pokemon Stadium together. We'd like transfer our Pokemon in with our transfer packs and whatnot. And this motherfucker used like the clone g- glitch. So, regularly, I'd be trying to fight this guy, and he'd be rolling four Mewtwo's and two Zapdos's, and, like, this isn't even fucking fun. Like, oh, yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, Everybody sucks. Yeah, and each one of his Mewtwo's, I wouldn't know which one it is, because each one would have a different moveset. So, your like, oh, that's sucks. the Ice Mewtwo, so, yeah, yeah. yeah he he wasn't fun to play against. Your body he sucks. Was, uh, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, have- uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after you beat Lance, they do, they do the basically the fucking WCW, WWE thing, where they go... 
The contract on the name on the contract does say Pokemon Trainer. Pokemon Trainer Gary. <gasps> you find that Gary beat you through. He beat the entire Pokemon League ahead of you, right? Whomever the champion and was. Begs the question, League: Did you beat a weakened Elite Four and weakened champion? Or you you beat a determined Elite Four and champion? How many times does the Elite Four get beat before they get swapped out? Right. Because I've beat them hundreds of times. <laughs> um, and, so, and in Kayfabe and Gen 2, you can yeah. just keep beating... In Fire Red, Leaf Green, did they do the Elite Four Plus? Where they do the harder version of the Elite Four? No. Or that was in later That days? didn't start till like, Gen 4 or some shit. Okay. But no, that, Gen, that shit was in cool. In Gen 2, you can keep going through the Pokemon League, and they just keep saying, Oh, welcome yeah. back, champ. Oh, uh, yeah, so... I guess you're just here to, like, train or some bullshit. So we... Yeah, so... It's weird in Gen 2 because the story continues after the Pokemon League, yet yeah. if you still go to the Pokemon you League... You can still just keep replaying it. Yeah. The other thing is is that the Pokemon League is shared. Uh, Johto and Kanto are neighboring regions, so there's only one Indigo Plateau, and you go there in both right. games. there's no other games in the Pokemon series more related than Gen 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm just thinking. There is none. I can't think of... I can't think of any. No, like every, Gen One directly deals. I mean, with other Gen than 2. the direct sequel ones, right? And Gen Two directly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, let's wrap it up. So you you fight Gary, uh, you kick his ass, rival, whatever you want to call him. Professor Oak shows up. Professor Oak was coming to congratulate his grandson. By the time Professor Oak gets his ass to the Pokemon League, you have already kicked his grandson's yeah, and ass. Yeah, you basically move the fuck over, Gary. Yeah, push him by the face. My fucking boy. Gary never gets to see the championship room because he was waiting for Professor Oak to get there. Yeah. So he's like, "You wait out here because you lost." Uh, Red, come with me. Uh, he puts your Pokemon in the Pokemon League database, which you can review from your PC. If you do the missing no glitch, uh, where you do the infinite items, uh, without catching those Pokemon, there's very few glitches that appear in your game. However. As soon as you encounter Missing No in your game, it fucks up your Hall of Fame. So if you go to look at your Hall of Fame after encountering Missing No in any capacity, uh, it's it's a mess. It's uh, it's gargled Pokemon. The sounds don't make sense. The names of the Pokemon don't make sense. So that uh, that's pretty much Gen 1, with the exception yeah. after that if you collect all Unknown Pokemon. cave. Yeah, yeah, with the exception after if you collect all Pokemon, you get a certificate that you can print. <laughs> you print on your Game Boy printer? Yeah. yeah. But um, you also you get keys to Cerulean Cave, or you're allowed to enter. You just you're, the fat guy moves out of the way. Yeah, the yeah. guy moves out of the way. You can enter Cerulean Cave, where high level Pokemon exist. Yes, chances and all kinds of stuff. Mewtwo's yeah. there. Throw your uh, Master Ball at him. Yeah, how do you get the Master Ball again? Just by being the Master Ball is given to you in Saffron City by Giovanni, I believe. In oh, Gen okay, yeah. yeah. So that's basically it for. That's Gen another thing we can say in all Pokemon games: you're given one Master Ball that catches a Pokemon 100 percent of the time without having to weaken or, yeah. or subdue um, it. So, what general thoughts on Gen One, Lee? I mean, it's a classic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, like come on. It started everything. It's it, it created the most. Popular. I can absolutely still go play it now. Like I have no problems with it at all. I know where every hidden item is. I can I can go into one of those uh, underground tunnels. I don't know exactly the tile where you get a super potion. Oh or yeah, like that. absolutely. Uh, so it's just it's a game I know back to front. Yeah, I, um, I think it really is the base and yeah. is started everything. I we, think you know we didn't really talk about the differences in yellow. There are some story differences. You're given all of the starters in yellow, for example. They change the sprites, not the ones that you see the back of, but the sprites of the other Pokemon they do which leads to some pretty funny scenarios where like hey there's Squirtle and he looks like he does in the anime but the Squirtle that's standing on your side of the screen looks like a fucking uh, yeah no, fucking monster I really enjoy Gary slash Blue as a rival I think yeah. he's like I would say top three. he's a real shithead I don't think you could ever beat Silver from a Gold and Silver I think it's the best rival and it's not fucking close that he's like an actual criminal well no it's not that he's an actual criminal he's the only rival that has very serious development he starts as an asshole who steals Pokemon just to defy their father and show that they can do this or that 
And slowly throughout the game, you show them by beating them repeating them repeatedly that choosing Pokemon that are your favorites and everything is the real way to raise Pokemon. And That's right. They change because of that. There's one NPC, and I think he appears in most of the Pokemon games, where he's just like, using strong Pokemon to win... I mean, that's just the way of it, baby. But using your favorites to win, that's, that's, the, that's, yeah. that's the key, right? Yeah. And so when yeah. you go to do the Elite Four, as opposed to this one where you fight Gary at the end, and that really finishes the game with fighting your rival and finally beating them, it's more of a part of the journey in Gen 2 where before you fight the Elite Four, you finally beat them and they go, you know what, I get it. I've been kind of a fucking asshole. You turn myself into the cops. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I fucking love about that. Um but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I think Gary's very, really So, like, something that I don't like in the in the later gens is they build a mythos around the Pokemon League champion. So, like, in other games, like, Steven, the right. dragon trainer, is like, I don't care. He could be any num- member right, of the Elite Four. they keep going, like, Steven, he's yeah. the steel he's the guy. researches. Oh, that's fucking, like, Wallace, or that's yeah. the dragon lady. Like, like you don't even know who the fuck Lance is until you walk into his room. And then yeah. you're like, who the fuck is this? Why does he have a cape? And then he's like, I'm the Dragon Master, bitch. And you're like, fuck! <laughs> Good thing I brought Ice Beam. Yeah. Uh, which can wipe his team easily. Uh, yeah. So, but that's you can, And that, that's the thing that started in Gen 2, if we're being fair. Yeah. The well, whole hyping of the of the champ. Yeah. And, like, it's fine. Uh, but in the later gens, I just, I care less and less. Uh, yes, but it's it was good in Gen 2 because Lance is an edgelord. Yeah, and... speaking of Gen 2, the greatest Pokemon generation. Yes, thank uh, you. We're here. Uh, Gold... Well, hey, Gen 4 is really fucking good. That's, I mean, that's your opinion. You're welcome to it. There's nothing wrong with it. Gen just, 2, though. It just ain't the bomb. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gen 2, I must have played Crystal over 50 times. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I know this fucking game like the back of my goddamn hand. I know Gen 2 like the back of my goddamn hand. I'm glad. I know Crystal less than I know Gold and Silver. I obviously played through Crystal and stuff like that. The first game where you could choose to be a female trainer was Crystal. Uh, The first game where they animated the Pokemon in a handheld Pokemon game. Day and night cycle. Yes. Phone system. Optimized for Game Boy Color as well. Used the IR sensor for Mystery Gifts, as did Gold and Silver, I believe. Mystery Gift was interesting. Uh, so we we have to we were gonna do an episode that just highlights Pokemon Stadium, but Pokemon Stadium as a companion to these games uh, cannot be understated. Before there was Pokemon Bank and Home, there was Pokemon Stadium, which allowed you to move your Pokemon, store them there, easily move them around, uh, view their stats, trade. Uh, the mystery gift stuff from the Pokemon Stadium games was fantastic. Uh, listen, it's all there. They over overachieved with Gen Two. Think of all the things they added. Breeding. Creating your own Pokemon from scratch. Yeah, breeding. Uh, egg moves. Yes. Um, day, moves you can't obtain yeah. unless you breed properly. Day and night cycle, phone yes. system, steel type, dark type. Not just day and night cycle, actual time. Yeah. It's time. not just morning, noon, and night. Yeah, there's, it's there's it's time. a clock. Yeah. yeah. Um, Being able to get phone numbers from trainers and call them up for rematches. Yeah. And then they have stronger Pokemon. Yes, alternate versions of Pokemon. So, yes. like, instead of Poliwrath, you could get Politoed now. Oh, baby. Right. But not either or. <laughs> Affection right? evolving. Affect- baby Pokemon. Affection evolving, yes. Um, new, like, we can just bullet down to new evolutions. Yeah, new evolutions. Uh, yeah, like, uh, new HMs, different yep. fucking systems. I'm... 100 new Pokemon, right? 100 new Pokemon. Listen, it, like, those 150 were part of our lives and so ingrained that when every time they added more Pokemon, until, let's say, after Gen 4, let's be honest, uh, by Gen 5, I think it's like, Trubbish? Okay, take it or leave it. Uh, but yeah, the the addition of the Gen 2... I'm trying to think of another generation where it's just like, 
man, what an what an accompaniment to what existed before. Yeah, like such uh, a and like we're talking not even just like gameplay wise, visual upgrades. Yeah, the Pokemon that are on your side of the team look so fucking good now compared to Gen One. Yes, the enemy sprites you're against always look the Pokemon they're supposed Pokemon, to. Pokemon like. uh, Gold and Silver could be played. On uh, black and white Game Boys, and it looked fine. Uh, Pokemon Crystal was Game Boy Color only. Uh, it's worth you mentioning. You could play Gold and Silver? I did play Gold on and Silver Game Boy? on Game Boy Pocket. You really? could play Gold and Silver on the original Game and Boy. it's black and white. And it's in black and white, baby. But it's like... It looks great. sprites and everything yeah, yeah. still. That's fucking nuts. Um, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's they, how I fucking yes, played it, buddy. They added eggs. They added, like... Like yes. moving to get the eggs hat. Sixteen badges, baby. You don't even, don't just go through the Johto region. You actually end up at Kanto. There's an extended story, uh, which was like I love alternate history things or seeing something after time has passed. Uh, the idea that oh, this is a direct sequel uh, to the point where there's a final boss in the game that's intended to be you from the first game, which, which is, is my favorite thing in video games. Well, it's like. <laughs> Man, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that right away, let's Dark Souls talk does about, it too, right? Yeah, if, yeah. Well, in in some form, um, yeah. and that's why everybody loves Dark Souls 3's final boss to main stories. Um, I've always said it's the Pokemon Gen two of of right. Souls games. Uh, <laughs> but like, there is serious contention to be said that Red in Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal is one of the, if not the greatest, video game boss of all time. Yeah, doesn't even say anything because it's you literally hear from maybe two people in the entire fucking game kanto or johto that talk about red yeah and all they say is the former champ went somewhere to go train he's gone because yeah. he beat everybody and you like, fucker blue town yeah and you, you're, you're like whatever it's a throwaway line i've beaten all 16 gyms i've been in the pokemon league what is there to do oh mount silver i'll go check it out there's some fucking avatars in there yeah fuck and yeah, then you just and let's talk about this setup for yeah. a second sure like you're in we're gonna start at the end of Gen Two. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that brought him up. Now we gotta talk. Yeah, because we're not gonna go through Gen Two like we did Gen One. Yeah, like uh, like what were we supposed to say about this story? You stopped the bad guy. Yeah, um, and it's great. You go into this fucking and I love games that make effective use of silence. Lee, there's not yes. enough games that use silence as as like their audio. It's, mm -hmm. Silence is fucking golden. I don't know why the only game I, that came to mind was Onimusha, which I don't know if you've ever played. There's a part in that game where you fight the greatest swordsman who ever lived. And the solution to that is you shoot him, you go get a gun. I'm Gogodontis, the greatest swordsman that ever lived. And he quietly unsheathes his sword and you're like, this is going to be the shit. And then the main character just shoots him in the head. Fantastic. No, go on. But I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of I that. I mean, it's tense, tenseful and, and, and uh, creating an atmosphere. Yeah. There's a series of games that do it very excellently. It's called the Soul Series, okay? Okay. The only time you ever hear music is two places. Your hub world where you go around and buy equipment mm -hmm. and shit. And boss and fights. And boss fights. Yeah. Every other place, the combat areas are all fucking quiet because it's always tenseful. You're always on edge. Um, so when you walk into this room and no fucking music's playing, it's just this empty cave room. Like what the fuck? We're is talking this? about a fucking Game Boy. This game. is yeah. This hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this hasn't happened since I fought Lance. Yeah. Like, and you go up and you just see this guy. He's not looking at you. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. That's fucking huge, okay? That's badass. He's not looking at you. He clearly doesn't give a fuck. You go out to him and he doesn't say a word just because so, it makes sense for two ways. The original <laughs> character from the first game from Red and Blue yeah, a never mute. spoke. Yeah. He's a mute. Two, because he's a fucking badass and he ain't got nothing to say. Yeah. You're a Pokemon trainer. I'm a Pokemon trainer. Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. The music. It's... <laughs> the music is chef's kiss. It's the perfect fucking boss. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, let's work our way backwards from that moment. But yeah, the idea that like you picture it, how it would be depicted in like a modern 3D game where he's just like maybe sitting on a towel, staring at the wall. Like he's got his pokeballs laid out on the towel in front of him. And he's right, just, and there's he's got no his eyes music, closed. and you just walk yeah. up slowly. And does it's just the shot where like you see just his head, and then you're standing in the background, and then the focus changes to him, and, and he, he just stands and throws a pokeball. Yeah, and, and that yeah. music, the bent, bent, there's an ellipsis, bent, and you're like, fuck, this is so great. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking coming. Starter Pokemon in Gen 2 are Totodile, Cyndaquil, and Chikorita. Of course, now Charmander is not here, so there's no clear winner. Who did you choose? Um, Totodile, my first ever place. Yeah, course, buddy. Because alligators are fucking sweet. Here's the problem, Lee, with yeah. Gen 2. You're a fucking idiot if you choose Chikorita as your starter. I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, let's... In the entirety of the 16 gym leaders... Yes. And the lead four, including the champion, there's one gym that uses a type. Yeah, but, like, is that what you determine your starter on? Is, like, how easy are the gyms? Well, in like, Gen 2, yeah. Uh, so the first time and I all played... Of, all, all trainers are fucking easy to beat it's all about gym leaders and yeah. the elite four right misty and brock and kanto are the only ones weak to chikorita okay yeah chikorita gets like synthesis and sunny day and no Solar but Beam. like there's no logic Pretty behind cool. that in that in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. fuck chikorita yeah fuck I, bayleaf <laughs> fuck megadio no, awesome pokemon <laughs> but they, they serve no purpose in gen 2 yeah i'm a sucker for uh dinosaurs uh, but Totodile all the fucking way, man. Right. Uh, so what's great about Totodile is he evolves into Feraligator, and Feraligator has canonically, uh, his name is misspelled because they couldn't fit it. So he doesn't have an ER at the end, it's just R. The first time I played Pokemon Gold and Silver, I had learned so much about the game reading Japanese magazines, 100% true. Uh, I knew where all the Pokemon were. I knew night and day where to get Pokemon. I picked up that game first thing in the morning at Walmart, immediately started playing. Uh, I had Silver, so I didn't have to worry about Ladybug in the opening areas because I got Spinarak. What up? Uh... Ladybug sucks. Ladybug is one of the worst Pokemon. Like, Ledian is one of the worst Pokemon, stats-wise. Pokemon until Gen 4 fucking We're just, just trash. Just uh, the worst. So, what they did in Gen 2 was... Uh, so, I start playing. I grab Totodile. I know where everything is. I know what everything is. I just want to experience this game that I've been reading about for so long. And I did what I never do now. I do the opposite. I just rolled for Alligator the entire game. So by the time oh. I get to the Pokemon League, I'm like level 80 and slashing everything to death. Well, yeah, I did that too, but uh, to be fair, I was like five years old and... Uh, no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because it absolutely works. And in, ter in terms of like... But it completely does away with needing... We didn't even talk about like hold items, berries, yeah. uh, making your own Pokeballs I'm in Gen so 2. I'm so strong, I'm just going to fucking strength everything <laughs> to death. going to fucking roll through... So it's like for alligator and a couple HM mules, and you just fucking fuck the entire region right. to death. No, Lee, the real expert start of these games is when you oh, when you start the game, they ask you what time it is, yeah, and you put it at five a.m. Time is it? Yeah, you put it at five a.m. or specifically four a.m. So when an hour passes, it will hit five a.m. and the very short morning cycle, which is very different from the day cycle, will yes. start. If you go to Route Two, which is just above Route One in Johto, you have a five percent chance of finding a fan feed. Yes. That's in crystal only, I think. Oh. Yeah. Well, fuck me. Oh, uh, so it should be mentioned that with yellow and crystal, because you made this mistake with Gen 1 as well with the Mankey thing, uh, Pokemon encounters are different. So in, yeah. the, in the special edition, they actually move Pokemon around. Right, and uh, that's, it, I would say that's even more relevant. It, what a specific thing for you to, to remember about that game. No, so. it, because I played so much. Yeah. Um, gold, silver, and crystal are even more interesting in that regard than red and blue, because crystal has specific ones you can't dude, find in gold or crystal. Dude, we're, like, things are coming to me. Pokemon swarms. 
There were certain Pokemon trainers in the game that you would talk to, and they were the swarm trainer. They were sitting on a route right, where swarms happen. Right, they would happen. say, oh shit, yeah. there's a ton of eggs oh, here. Oh, buddy, fucking Dunsparces. Uh, and these Pokemon were super rare to find unless right. they were swarming, now, including Meryl. Yes. So you would be like, oh, I talked to this trainer, and, and they're like, oh, give me your number, and I'll let you know if I see a swarm. And, and then you get a call, and be like, Meryl's here. And, and fucking, man, the call yeah. trainers is the only way to get... Uh, Yanma, Dunsparce, Meryl, there was another one. These were the swarm Pokemon. That Executes? You, no, I don't think it was Executes. Executes or Headbutt, po- headbutt Pokemon. Headbutt. Heracross. Uh, you had to headbutt yeah, a tree. headbutt Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Did they put things in that fucking gold and silver game? Um, wow. On top of Johto being one of my favorite regions to explore in terms of diversity uh, of, of the towns and the... You have the traditional kind of j- more Japanese looking towns at the beginning of the game. Goldenrod, which is more of a, a metropolis that has the huge park uh, attached to it. Um... You, you go to more rural towns later on, Mahogany Town. Azalea uh, Town is really... Yeah, uh, the the Dragon Gym Leader, which is the 8th badge, she's like Lance's apprentice, so they're like tying things directly into yeah. Kanto. Uh, that they, they just don't do... In later games, they reference all the regions all the time, but not in a, in a way like this. Uh, and of course, it's suspension of disbelief because they don't mention... Again, it's like 100 new Pokemon have been discovered, yet no one jumped on a train to Heon and saw that, oh, there's another 100 Pokemon here that we even fucking know about. week we started to dig into generation two of pokemon we're going to continue to do Fuck that. Yeah. we started at the end talking about the rival battle uh, against yourself from the previous game <laughs> you could, could uh, myself, apparently. well that no i mean that's the hi- that's one of the highlights of that game but we did a basic overview of what was changed in generation two why we love it so much uh i don't know if we quite quantified uh what makes it stand out from other gens in terms of just the simple storytelling the breadth of it the idea right. that here's the second pokemon game and it's got twice as much as the last right, one right right there's a uh, there's this feeling to the game of there's no bullshit attached to it like no it's it's pokemon in its purest so form what allegedly happened there uh is iwatasan r.i.p uh he worked on a lot of game boy games and he was like a, a producer i don't know if he i don't know how involved he was with with pokemon gen 2 but when he saw the amount of memory they had on a on a game boy color card and he saw it could be optimized he's like you got all this extra space and they're like yeah and he's like why don't you put fucking kanto in there and that's apparently the catalyst for why they did it wow Just, uh and let me tell you, good fucking thanks decision. a lot, Son. Uh, so, anyways, we're gonna try to get to Generation Three today, and the step between two and three, when you realize, okay, so now they're leaning a little more into the story, quote unquote. They're making the legendary Pokemon more of a constant threat throughout. Yeah. Whereas in Gold and Silver, unless you played Crystal with with the the lions being yeah. more of a centerpiece, and even uh, then, it's like whatever well in gold and silver they're not consequential to the story you go into a temple and they're not and you, consequential in yeah. crystal either it's just something to happen across well you got that loser who's like looking for that dog and then right you catch no but you like, don't even have to go 
uh, fight uh, Suicune if you don't want to. That's yeah. the thing. Yes, but you're right in the sense that every Pokemon subsequent after this, a legendary Pokemon does usually have major involvement in the story. Yes, and then furthermore, the uh, villain faction is now usually tied into that legendary right. Pokemon as well. Uh, that gave the weird feeling of... what I, That's what I really liked about Crystal and Red and Blue subsequently was like this sense of mystery... Like, when yep. you're a kid and you don't have internet and you stumble across fucking... You're just going in the grass and you hear Entai show up in that yeah. awesome music. And you're like, it's what? Like, it's like I'm there listening yeah, to Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? What and, the actual fuck? Yeah, and yeah. it'd be so much... Di- and it's so much different in later games where you know you're going to have a five-minute cutscene where, like, it's painfully detailed as if you're a five-year-old because that's what they think your, your age is when you're playing these fucking games. Yes. Uh, and they're like, oh, wow, boy, golly gee... <laughs> That's the legendary Pokemon there, and you're like, like there's no there's no subtlety to it at, at all. Uh, Sword and Shield is like the epitome of this, where it's just like at a certain point in the game, it's like okay, now it's time to pivot to the legendary Pokemon storyline. Please let me hold your hand and uh, take you to these following checkpoints so that you can. I don't like that. I think the legendary Pokemon stuff should right. always be right. Aside. How, how, we talked about this in Gen One. How fucking cool is it to go to the mansion on yeah. Cinnabar Island or the whatever? Uh, the yeah. Seafoam Islands and find like these notes about Mew. Yeah. Like that's that's discovering story on yourself and that's absolutely awesome organic storytelling. Uh, and it's a shame they veered, veered away from that after Gen 2. Absolutely. So in Gen 2 there was a secret legendary Pokemon. Of course you had the three lines we just talked about which were complementing the three birds the, in the first the, game. I always called them the dogs. Uh, dogs, lines, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I think they're... Aren't they referred to as lions? I thought they're dogs. They're, they're they pretty sure they're dogs. They can be whatever you want them to be, man. You ever watch the third Pokemon movie? No. W- oh, AKA Pokemon the Movie 3, where Anti... I, Ante yes! And, yeah. When, when Anti is fucking speaking to that girl. Yeah. And he's like, I'll be your dad now. And yes. there's like all the unknowns <laughs> flying around. I'll be your uh, daddy. <laughs> um, no, but like... And that movie's so fucking weird because they're like, out of all the three legendary Pokemon, Sweeping's yeah. the mascot for Crystal. You yes. figure you would have picked him. I think that movie came out before Crystal, though. And they're like, let's pick Entai. And then the mystery Entai, of the unknown. Entai's like, I'm going to be your daddy now. And then he makes a 10-year-old girl 20. Do you remember that shit? Listen, there's a lot of... He just of, he just a, pokes her with some magic. Yeah. She grows up and she sends out one of the of mana time yeah. things. Crazy. Uh, well, her body is the correct age, but her mind is still that. <laughs> of, of, that's how Entai likes it. Oh uh, my god. Let's, let's talk about Entei, though. I, th- I think he's the best of the three. In terms of are we like, talking about competitiveness? I'm talking about competitiveness. I no, think absolutely not. In Gen, okay, are we, it depends what Gen we're talking. Oh, we're talking about, about Mirakote. Is that your? Is it, no, what? it depends what Gen we're talking yeah. about. Gen two had a very specific fucking meta. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, let's get to that in a second. No, there's, there's no point in talking. Okay, I'm gonna let's just get this out of the fucking way. In Gen two, depending on which one you're playing, you get. Uh, either Lugia first in silver or Ho-Oh first in gold. And then later you get the uh, other key item you need to go get the opposite Pokemon, which is nice. Uh, because in the later Pokemon games, you get one or the other and that's it. You have to trade to get the other this one. It's very different in Crystal. Yes. So you can get Suicune through the main story uh, yeah. after you beat Team Rocket. Uh, they'll give you like a tin bell or some bullshit. You go to Erectic Tower. Yeah. You go to those three <laughs> old guys and you ring the bell and they're like, fuck, that sounds real good. And they let you through. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then you can fight I was Su- hoping you were yeah, going to do that so you can fight Suicune there either capture him or let him go at that point you can find the other two wild dogs in the wild anywhere it's very yeah. hard to track them I don't know the specific there is, there is a way to very easily do it yeah, yeah. Um, but you fight them so to get Lugia or Ho'o in Crystal is very different 
to get Ho, you need all three of the legendary dogs. Oh, okay. At that point, you'll be given a rainbow wing. Uh, then you can go capture Ho. To the tower, yeah. Uh, for Lugia, you simply need to go to Pewter City in Kanto after you beat the main story, where you'll be receive a silver wing, and you'll use that to go to um, what are they called again? The, the Whirlpool Islands. Whirlpool Isles, something like that. Between Olivine City and yeah. um, Cinnabar Island. Um, Not Cinnabar. Wait. Cinnabar what? Island. Cinnabar's in Kanto, though. No, Cinnabar Island is where Chuck is. What is happening? You're thinking of Seafoam Islands and. I listen. I can bring up a map here. But yeah, whatever, I'm not, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna fucking do um, it. The other so, thing I was gonna say was there's really no point in talking about competitive Pokemon until Gen Four, to be honest. All right, fair. Yeah. Uh, so, Celebi. 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 Grass Celebi. Psychic from the future. Now another <laughs> another Pokemon Lee that had a dumb fucking story that did not work to obtain it behind it. Uh, no. So in the anime, there was the GS Ball. Do you remember this, or did yes. you stop walking watching no, all that? In terms of of terms and things that are built up, the GS ball is right next to Eric Rowan's cage with the spider in it. In terms of like, what the fuck is this gonna be? And then just like a wet fart. Uh, so Celebi was able to be obtained through using Pokemon Mobile System GB. However, in the virtual console releases of blah, 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 I, I'm actually reading this up because I'm not super familiar with this. Uh, he, Celebi was obtainable in the Japanese Pokemon Coliseum bonus disc. I think in North America we got Jirachi in that bonus disc. Who's a Steel Psychic type, and he's a legendary from the third generation. Jirachi Jirachi's is. from fourth generation. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. But fourth generation wasn't part of Pokemon Coliseum. For, Pokemon Coliseum was third generation. Poke, no, it wasn't. No, okay. Lee, here's... This is where it gets okay. We were gonna. I was gonna say this for the spinoff episode. Yeah. Coliseum and XD are really fucking weird games, Lee. Yes, I played both of them. Coliseum came out between the transition of generations three to four. XD came out when generation four was just coming out, but it came out like a nut hair before it came. Yeah. So Coliseum has vague rumblings of Gen four Pokemon in it. Very few Gen three Pokemon in it. Gen, uh, XD has very little Gen 4 Pokemon in it, but it has lots of Gen 3 in it. So, so you would more likely say it's an awkward place between Gens 3 and 4, and it doesn't... It has it has some fucking sneak peeks, but it does not have the full library available. Okay, so like Mew for Celebi... Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Uh, like Mew for Celebi, there was a Pokemon mobile system distribution. Yes, It no, never came to North America. No, I heard it came to New York. Maybe, maybe very limitedly. Yeah, no, I heard you can the, only get the GS ball to get Celebi the, for Crystal or yes. for Gold, Silver, Crystal in New York. So to sum up, uh, and I believe the GS ball event involves Giovanni. You actually find Giovanni, and that's where the references to the rival being his son is. And then you get the GS ball. You go to the forest, use it on that uh, shrine, and you fight Celebi from the future. Yeah. Uh, so this was very limited in North America. So Celebi was mostly obtained via Game Shark, which most people had because they fucking had it from. From the first Pokemon. Uh, so Celebi becomes another Pokemon that, to this day, uh, to have a legitimate North American Celebi in those original games is 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 very tough. Celebi's not a great Pokemon. Uh, adding the subgrass type means that they're weak against so many more different and things. Especially in uh, Gen 2, bad against a lot of things. Yeah. Especially when your best fucking move is Razor Leaf and then Solar Beam. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Solar Beam's fucking garbage. Uh, so Celebi's a weird Pokemon. Uh, yes. And other, other terms for Gen 2... What is left to say? Um, I mean, we're going to talk about it again when the Hard Gold Soul um, Silver come up. If but... I can give a brief 
more in-depth explanation as to breeding and why this is such a big deal. Please. Yeah, so breeding is... Like, when you first play the game, you think it's just a simple act of creating more of the same Pokemon, and you're like, why would I ever give a fuck about this? But once you understand the intricate details of how a Pokemon game works, specifically individual values and effort values... Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, to put it simply, individual values are values you cannot control or are given upon hatching an egg, and these help your uh, Pokemon stats. Effort values are values given depending on what Pokemon you beat in battle. So if I beat like a Rotata, I'll get a speed value. Whereas if I beat like a Geodude, I will get an HP value, for example. Right. Now these existed in red and blue as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you when you normally play a Pokemon game, you're just getting these effort values as you're going through the game. And since you fight a wide variety, they get distributed very evenly. For a competitive Pokemon... What you want to do is put all those effort values into two stats only. You max out those two stats. Those are all your effort values. There's a little bit left over you can put into a third one. And it makes your Pokemon specially good in just two specific things. Min-maxing, as it were. Min-maxing, yes, correct. Um, The reason why breeding is so huge is because it's giving you a blank slate of a Pokemon at level one that could potentially have really good individual values combined with your... Uh, manly inputted effort values and you all of a sudden you have pokemon that are far better than naturally raised counterparts yes um i I don't know what the fucking mindset was in pokemon this very simple children's game about collecting monsters and pressing buttons and they're like what if we put in these fucking numbers yeah that like matters so much and we give players access to a system to manipulate these numbers in such a way that they can create the most optimum Pokemon and break this fucking game. Yeah, so what's interesting with this too is uh, naturally every Pokemon is assigned a different base and max. So like regardless of what you do with this Pokemon, there is a max amount of HP they can ever yeah, obtain. Yeah. And you can breed and you can do efforts and you can do all this shit. But this Pokemon will never exceed this. So at the end of the day, using fully evolved forms, using Pokemon that specialize in those stats is going to give you an advantage versus I like Cubone, I'm not going to evolve him. There are ways still to make that Cubone viable with Revelite and other things like that. What's so mind-blowing, especially in this day and age, how easy would it have been, Lee, at that point for them just to coast off the success of the base gameplay of Pokemon and just continue that? Yeah. But they decide, no, let's add in this really weird hardcore aspect of the game for people that want it that really lengthens the duration of the game and really gives a lot well, more replay. the innovation though. that makes them the premier monster collecting video game, right? right. Like yeah, that's, it, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely fucking huge. On top of the fact, of course, of egg moves, egg moves are really simple. Um, if I have two Pokemon the same egg group, mm-hmm. um, like, so let's say Geodude can only learn, like, let's just say fucking Surf from Lapras, for example. Sure. And he wouldn't be able to learn Surf in any other way, but I really want fucking Surf in that Geodude. Well, I can just breed them together, get a Geodude egg, and now he will know Surf. Well, so is that the female is the species of the Pokemon? The male determines the moves they're inherited? Female will always... Like, the egg will always be the female species of whoever it was. Um, egg moves will always transfer over. It doesn't matter which parent is which as far as the egg move goes, um, as long as it's compatible. 
there's a whole bunch of other stuff that go into it, and it'd be a very long conversation. But uh, Jirachi I, officially is the final Pokemon in Gen three. So Jirachi oh. was a transitionary Pokemon, but is a Gen three. Pokemon. Oh, really? Yes. I always I've always thought it was a Gen four. Well, it's um, like it's like again, they they do this now where they have like here's six legendaries that are in the game. Here's another six legendaries that will be introduced between these two generations, but technically belong to the one right. previous. And then I'd say the only other yeah. thing that I can think of that's uniquely to Gen two is the addition now since it's a color game is shiny pokemon mm -hmm. uh, especially back in the day shiny pokemon is what a one in a four thousand chance it was, of it was not common yeah, yeah. and they're just they're basically just a repalate or retextured color of a pokemon yes. in gen 2 most famously they're either gray or green yeah or pink they get, some it. of them get pretty wild yeah, yeah some of them get a little bit wild but they usually don't veer off the course from that um which like Especially in the day with no internet. Like, it's weird talking about these games with no internet because there's so much mystery involved. And yes. you go to your buddies and be like, what the fuck is this? What, like, you, what happened? I well, got, again, I got a great copy. Aforementioned, I have read, I had read a bunch of magazines leading into this game. So, like, I knew it, I knew all the systems in it pretty back to front, which is why it was so substantial. The leap is just like, man, there's so much fucking yeah, shit going on. Yeah, like, it cannot be understated how yeah. big of a fucking leap like, this is from Red. The first game's got one, two, three, four. Four different types of Pokeballs. The second game has like two, twenty, two dozen, like yeah. that you can make, and you, they don't even make a difference because not until the later gens did you even see that the Pokemon were in a different ball. That it track that the Pokemon was caught in a luxury and then ball. And when you breed Pokemon ball. in specific the balls, mom their has children the, yes. have those balls, and it's yes. Thing. And now when you go to heal things at the Pokemon Center, it shows you the ball, and you're like, wow, what a weird thing. To and focus you can on. bring this up from uh, Gen two, yeah, using Nintendo systems. So. The thing to mention before we go off the air today is that these values you've been talking about, these stat values, have now become part of the game in that it's a time sink. Because before, you did not have the option to uh, set it and forget it, put a Pokemon training on their speed stat, and come back 48 hours later and it's done. You used to have to manually do these and things. And pers yeah. personally, I still manually do do it. It is quicker than just waiting the 48 hours Sure, you know your specific tricks. Yeah, unless you're like, I'm not going to play this, set it and forget it. Uh, which is really nice for, say, yeah. someone so like if me. You, if yeah. you were doing effort value shit in Gen 1, 2, or yeah. 3... you were hardcore as fuck. You were hardcore as fuck. Because <laughs> they were shit. Yeah. I would even go a step as to say, if you were if you were doing all that grinding before X and Y, where they, yeah. where they literally gave you a fucking meter to check your effort values, like, you're a champ. Yeah, that's the other thing to say, is that these values are, are, in, are invisible. Yeah, yeah, you cannot... You, there's no traditional way to track these. Yes, so basically, from a competitive point of view, the, the Pokemon company is telling you, no, there are a set of hidden rules that will determine if you have the strongest Hitmonlee you possibly can. We're not going to show them to you. You're just going to have to level up and see if those stats are going up the way right. you think it they should be. It took them until yeah. the fucking switch, essentially... For them to be like, maybe we should tell these guys what these values are. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. Yes. Trying to determine a Pokemon's IV values just through battles so, is a fucking nightmare. But here's how like here's how we work. Is that, let's say, circa Sun and Moon, or even before that, when they started giving you the training thing on the bottom screen there. Uh, where you can like punch punch bags and stuff to give stat values. Uh, they, they give you that at the end of the game. So they're like, at the end of the game, here's a shortcut to raise your Pokemon. And then everyone's complaining that, well, I wish I would have this from day one so that I can immediately start effort training my Pokemon when I can breed. So in the Pokemon games, you'll notice that the breeding mechanic 
and the your your stat value mechanics get pushed further and further up the game. And I always find when I encounter those things in the game, fucking progress stops. No, I immediately I, start. I'm completely different. I immediately start breeding no, and, and training. I'm at completely that point. different. Breeding is such a long breeding and perfecting Pokemon is such a long, tedious, and it, it's such an organized thing that you need to have. And there's so many things you, you well, can't... Well, there's so many items and stuff and, you yeah, can't access. Yeah, there's so many yeah. items and things you can't access till the game's over anyway, especially when it comes to EV training manually with the weights. Um, I, I find no fucking point in stopping at that point. I usually just... You're crush, right. I usually just cross this, uh, crush the story at that point. Uh, me being able to breed earlier in the games, too, means back when the GTS was a thing, uh, that I would be tossing Pokemon right. up there and immediately you're, filling my Pokemon. But you're more of a collector. Yeah. You like having every Pokemon. You're you're not looking for the perfect fucking stat and everything like no. that. Whereas yeah. I am. I'm like, I, I still like... I still effort like train and stuff like that like i'm just right like, but you're not yes. about to sit there for three hours like i am to make sure each pokemon no has it doesn't have to be perfect it does not have to be perfect yeah, I, never I, I shouldn't say perfect but like if i'm going for a listen like there there's method to your madness because we're talking about okay so you you set up a venusaur and you're like he's going to be a special tank yeah so special defense max HP. and then any attack moves he has are either going to be uh, chip away moves, toxic, leech seed. So his attack stats don't matter at all. Therefore, I can put points into speed. Yes, exactly. Uh, like, there's so much, yeah. like... Or defense. Pokemon and they come up with tank in both. Pokemon yeah. can be the simplest first foray into JRPGs you could ever have. Yes. Or it could easily be the most complex JRPG you currently have in your library. Yes. It's simultaneously both. I think that's why we like it. Is yes. that, like, the special effectiveness of type advantages? So when you're, like, a little baby uh, and you're playing that game... It's all about type advantages. Use rock against the thing rock is weak against, you're golden. Yeah. And then after that, it becomes, okay, but now this other guy I'm playing, Reed from down the street, we linked Game Boys, and he knows all the things I know. How do I get the edge on him? And that becomes egg moves. That becomes having a, you know, having a move in your arsenal that the other person isn't expecting. My Pokemon comes out, he's got Fire Punch, you're not anticipating that, etc. Uh, and that's where the meta like, Pokemon yeah, becomes. You think, yeah, you think I set up uh, a special sweeping... Yeah. Like, uh, fucking... I remember one-shotting... When we had that battle, I one-shotted one of your guys with, like, a Blaze Kick from Hitmonlee, and you were, like, not anticipating Blaze Kick. And, like, that changed that changed everything. Right, but, but then, now you know he has it. Yeah, but then yeah. I just sent him a power down, set up Sandstream, switched into Excadrill, which yeah. has Sand yeah, Rush, and then I swept your entire fucking team. Uh, that's not how that went down. It came down to the very last move, if you remember I We've battled, like, four times. We battled three, once, that mattered. Three of the times, I absolutely fucking... Coincidentally, that Venusaur that I was talking about earlier is... Uh... Is was the last Pokemon standing on my team when you uh, you outsped me with a Crobat, I believe it was. Uh, if I remember how that went down, it was like it was like next move and, wins. And my yeah. my like because I after I battled you, then we have another guy at work named Rod, and he's also in competitive. So Iron sharpens Iron Lee. That's right. And we both became absolute masters. I mean, that's that's that was the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, time period. We need to stop talking about Pokemon. Reed. Yeah. Listen to me. We have we have some corrections. Oh. I have corrections. I'm sorry. We have to do it. Uh, last week we were rapid fire talking about things uh, in Gen 2 and, and stuff like that. And uh, you mistook Chuck 
as the gym leader for Cinnabar Island, what you meant was Cianwood. Wow, well, whatever, uh, fuck. <laughs> hey, listen, this matters. Uh, and then I said, uh, I was I was all proud, high and mighty, talking about Spinarak and Ladybug. I, I completely swapped the versions. Spinarak is in gold, Ladybug is in mm. silver. I've only So now crystal. we can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were going to talk about Baldur's Gate. We totally didn't. Ah, oh, whatever, next week. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Pokemon! Here we go. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we didn't start talking about Gen 3 last week. We we teased it. So we're kind of starting from a blank slate here. Um, Gen 3 and 2 have now had like full-on remakes. Uh, yep. uh, Soul Silver, HeartGold were on Omega Ruby uh, the and original Alpha DS. And then, of course, uh, the 3DS got Alpha, Sapphire, Omega Ruby, so we've had updates for both of these gens. Of course, people are highly anticipating the remakes of uh, Diamond and Pearl with all of today's Pokemon uh, bells and whistles. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I, th- I thought you were just going to say all of today's Pokemon. All of today's Pokemon, period. That's, all the whole Pokedex. That's be there. not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, uh, you are a big supporter of Gen 4, so I'm sure you would love to see in 2021, 2022 some kind of Switch I, remake. I of... wouldn't even say I'm a big supporter of Gen 4, mostly what Gen 4 brought to the table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would also say that Gen 4 is the last classic Pokemon game. In, in, that we, in the we... sense of innovating and um, really shaking things up, but still having the very core concept, I would agree with that. It's the Final Fantasy X of Pokemon Yes. Games. Great. Yes. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in Gen 3, we're dealing with the Heon region. We're dealing with... Hoenn. Oh, boy. This thing came out in 2002, Hoenn. man. Hoenn on the Game region. Boy Advance. It was the first main series Pokemon game on the Game Boy Advance. Um, it was not the only. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, the remakes of the Kanto region games, also were released. And then there was a special edition called Pokemon Emerald. Uh, which put Rayquaza more in the uh, the spotlight uh, of the game. Uh, it's the Hoenn region, Lee. Hoenn? Yeah, it's the Hoenn region. Oh, sorry. Okay. I've, I'm dyslexic, apparently. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the third generation introduced 135 new Pokemon. Uh, at the time, I was really kind of hit or miss with this edition of Pokemon. Now I see them more... They're more classic. Like, I'm more used to them uh, and, and, and enjoy them. This uh, brought the total to 386 Pokemons... Uh, it also features a uh, more visually detailed environment compared to previous games due to the graphical capabilities of the Game Boy Advance, of course. Uh, this is the generation that introduced natures, which affect Pokemon stats. Abilities. Uh, they introduced 2v2 Pokemon battling mechanics and, of course, the special ability system applying to each Pokemon in battle. Uh, this this generation also, also introduced the Pokemon Contest, that thing you do once and then ignore for the rest of the game, uh, for every game... Uh, Subsequently, and then secret bases, uh, which were customizable rooms, not unlike your room in Gen 2, uh, but of course you could choose where you set your secret base, and uh, if you connected to other people, I think, you could see their bases in your game, or some shit like that. Um, this generation also garnered some criticism for leaving out several gameplay features, including the day-to-night system introduced in the previous generation, which was removed due to the internal battery save problems, and was also the first installment that encouraged the player to collect merely a selected assortment of the total number of Pokemon, rather than every existing species. 202 out of 386 species are catchable in Ruby and Sapphire, and of course, transferring the rest in. 
uh, is not possible. And um, also not said specifically for this generation, but I would say besides Gen 4, the biggest leap as far as move pools go. If you played Gen 2, the move pools, especially for like water, electric, and fire types, suck ass. It's like you get you get Ember and then you get Fire Blast. Like there's no in between there. Um, a flamethrower. Well, yeah, flamethrower, but the like flame the, tackle. <laughs> but there's nothing in between there. What I love about Gen three was just the vast addition of moves they added into the game. All the pulse moves, dark pulse and water pulse. Uh, yeah, sh- shockwave, all that stuff. Um, I would also feel that Gen three was the first uh, gen where we started to get really uh, bizarre uh, dual type Pokemon. Re- yeah, dual type, very yeah. specific ability Pokemon that are meant to be played in a specific way. Um, this was really. This is really the very beginnings of them turning towards a more competitive format, uh, which you'll see really blossom in Gen 4. Yeah, and then the Pokemon abilities, uh, of course the nature thing is more to do with raising Pokemon, but the Pokemon abilities changes the way battles work, with these abilities doing anything from lowering your opponent's stats at the beginning of a match, uh, oh shit, powering up certain types of moves in a pinch. There are uh, Levitate, where Pokemon that would normally be uh, weak to ground are now off the ground and cannot be affected by ground-type moves. Um, there's, there's there's so many there's I can't so even, many abilities I, you can't name possibly all of them and they range from absolutely fucking useless to absolutely game breaking uh yeah and in between it makes some previously absolutely fucking useless pokemon all of a sudden fantastic gengar yes. the, the gengar family is a prime example one of their weaknesses was ground all of a sudden they all levitate now they're no longer uh hurt by earthquake it's huge yeah because of that slash poison um the the main criticism of this series, uh, from a from a story point of view, uh, was this is where we we took the criminal element of the game and they became almost an apocalyptic cult, and like if you depending on which vision uh, version you're playing, you team with one or the other, which immediately is like WWE wrestling booking, and then you were trying to prevent the other team from summoning the like apocalyptic legendary Pokemon in Kyogiri. Is that what we're going with pronunciation? Kyogiri, what? Kyogiri? Oh, Cairo. It's Kyroger. Kyrogiri is how I used to pronounce it, but I thought you gave Kyro, a shit about it's that. It's Kyro, and then Gr- Groudon, and Rayquaza. Groudon, yeah. Uh, so these Pokemon in themselves, in design, I think are really neat. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the stories behind them are cool, but it's the first time we have transformed the legendary Pokemon aspect of the game into an apocalyptic thing, a world-ending event that the player character, right. in addition to collecting all the badges and, and becoming the Pokemon champion right. of you the could, region, you could, now has to deal with. You could even specify that more and say, in Generation 1 and 2, the legendary slash mysterious Pokemon were just that. They were mysterious. They were extra content you could do if you so chose to. And they were yes. hinted at in the main story without being the focus of the main story. Right. Gen 3 is the turning point, and pretty much every Pokemon since then has had this, where the legendary Pokemon is now the focus of that game. Which is good or bad, depending on your choice or your taste. I personally prefer mystery and subtlety behind the legendary Pokemon. Yes. I, I like yeah. having the imagination up to the player, and it being like... it like I, I like it better being like, this Pokemon has been just out and about for hundreds of years and no one's ever really known anything about it you just did because you're that good enough of a trainer not because you're special and it happened in the story exactly you you are now assuming a role of a trainer the same thing that every other person that plays this game is doing it is not something you have in your own agency right taken upon yourself to uncover how lame would it have been lee in generation two if once you beat champion lance uh he's just like oh by the way you have to beat the actual champion and it's red 
as opposed yeah, to tells you to go beat them. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to finding red on your lonesome maybe in Mount Silver and being surprised by the most epic fucking Pokemon battle of all time. <laughs> like, uh, like you laugh, yeah. but like that's like that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I really do miss the the mystery, the subtlety that Pokemon used to offer. Um, it's it's a shame, it's a shame. Definitely. Uh, and in doing so, because uh, depending on the version you play, either we're dealing with a magma apocalypse or a we flood the earth apocalypse, uh, this this map is very 50-50. Yes, it is div- diverse in the graphics and, and how they can actually differentiate the regions and have weather in the game come into play in the battles. That's all well and good. Uh, th- you know, they, there's a lot of graphical enhancements here that I think made the game flashy in a way that the Switch, like Sword and Shield, are... Uh, where you, mm, like, the style over substance thing. I have no problem with Gale of Darkness. I have no problem with Pokemon Coliseum where they give me a named character and I'm assuming a role in the Pokemon universe. In fact, I would like more games like that. But for the main series, this was a turning point for me. Is why I, I still consider Gen 2 I, I j- the best. Uh, is that this one never grabbed me like previous Pokemon games did. Um, but... Here we are. Uh, it's it's a fine game. I like the additions of the Pokemon. Right. I don't know if there's really much more to say about this game. Um, uh, it's It seemed like Gen 1 and 2 had... I don't want to say more respect for the player. Um, but they definitely understood that not every single one of their players is a fucking four-year-old. If that makes sense. Like It feels like Gen 3 is the start of the big hand-holding... Uh, the the feeding of the story to such a degree that you can't figure out anything for yourself and stuff like that. And it only yeah, get worse. I, I, black and white was really the reemergence. It was like the, we're starting over. Uh, the veterans will get in here. The thing they will find difficult about this game is they have to deal with a Pokedex full of Pokemon they've never seen before. And then for the new players, we're tutorializing now. Every game after this is going to be, we're going to extend the intro segment so that we explain fucking painstakingly everything. You won't have a rival anymore. You'll have friends of yours that you fight. Yeah. Uh, all that shit. Right. Uh, is, is, Generation yeah. 1 and 2 felt more like classic RPGs rather than Pokemon games. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to describe that. But yeah, like Gen 3 and Forward all seem almost like their own very specific subgenre JRPG. Whereas 1 and 2 felt like it could have been a SNES game. That just happened to be a monster collecting game. How do you feel about Deoxys? I, I have no particular feelings. <laughs> you have no, no strong opinion. I thought Deoxys was a really cool design. Uh, and I think as a legendary, as a mystery, as like this intergalactic Pokemon that could take on different forms uh, and learn different abilities, it kind of harkened back to Mew and Mewtwo for me. Uh, that Mew was really this blank slate Pokemon that learned to move every 10 levels. That was kind of interesting. Like, we didn't even talk about that. Mew can learn Transform. So we're talking about a Pokemon that can become any other Pokemon. And he's the only Pokemon to learn Transform outside of Ditto. Yeah. Um, uh, and for, for Deoxys to have that Meteorite thing where it's like, oh, now he's Defense Mode. And I can level him up there to get this move. Oh, now he's Speed Mode. And I can level... I thought that was kind of a cool just, legendary Just gimmick. as a personal thing, I've never had any particular interest in legendary Pokemon. Uh, not only because I'm just more of a competitive player that doesn't deal with them anyway. But I just don't think they're really fucking interesting, to be honest. Like, I think a Pokemon like Ekans is vastly more interesting than a Pokemon <laughs> like Deoxys. And seriously, like... I mean, yeah, it's snakes spelled backwards. Right? No, but, like, <laughs> like, like every, it seems like every year they're just like, oh, here's another legendary Pokemon that can absorb the sun and shit out rainbows or some bullshit. And it's, like, has billions of stats. 
what I find vastly more interesting in Pokemon is taking a mediocre Pokemon and finding a way for it to be great. Uh, yeah, the the competitive scene uh, around around Pokemon and just having so many legendaries and having their stats be ridiculous, so high base level and giving them all those moves and stuff like that. Right, it, like at a certain point they got carried away. Right, like and the game started having dozens of legendaries in them or sub sub legendaries like a Heat Ran or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then uh, uh, it goes further than that too. Like when legendaries become a central part of the story. Like, I, you're basically telling me, you, like, you should you really capture and use this Pokemon, and I'm going to be every time, no. Like, that's not what I'm fucking playing this game for. I didn't play this game because I want fucking Rayquaza, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And for... We, there, is, there is one story element, we, there, like, there's two things in this game that I don't know if you, you remember that well or not. The fact that the player's father is one of the gym leaders. Yeah, it's very different, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't see that in Pokemon because it's assumed that everybody is a fatherless bastard. <laughs> Father <laughs> eaten by by Pokemons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, I've never really taken any interest in legendary Pokemon. And the other thing is is that everybody uses legendary Pokemon. What's unique about that? I fucking love Crobat. And half the reason why I do is because I feel like nobody likes fucking Crobat. <laughs> hey. He's speedy. He's very speedy. He's real good and speedy. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we can go into Gen 4. Or we can kind of leave that for next week at this point. It's kind of up to you. Do you want to tease it? Just a little taster Yeah. Gen if 4? We, if, let's just get into what exactly has changed in Gen 4 before we really get into the big details. Uh, Gen 4 was really Nintendo evaluating the Pokemon series. I believe, and I don't know if this is correct or not. This is just what I heard before on the internet, that Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald did not sell like they should have for Pokemon games. And they were like, okay, like, what do we do? We need to take a step back. How do we improve this? And they decided to really use the full capabilities of the DS at the time to push more of a competitive online-based battle format, along with the fact of really rejuvenating the story to more of a, I don't want to say a classic one, um, but a, a very typical story. And then also just revamping the entire battle system through the special physical split for moves. Uh, I know for me personally, that is what brought me back to Pokemon was suddenly realizing that, oh, Flareon, who was previously has a huge attack stat, but in generations one, two, and three, fire is purely special. It doesn't matter if you use fire punch, it's going to be a special move. Now Flareon all of a sudden has access to physical fire moves. Completely different Pokemon changes everything. Um, yeah. This is... this. I, uh, this is Nintendo adding Wi-Fi battle capability, people creating strategies off of different Pokemon, putting them in tiers, the creation of Smogon. Um, I could really <laughs> not underestimate how big Gen 4 is as far as Pokemon goes. Like, uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how else I'm supposed to describe it. Uh <laughs> Uh, another 107 species were added, bringing the total to just under 500 at 493. Uh, this game also, of course, introduced Arceus, the creation myth Pokemon, which throws a uh, wrench into our didn't Pokemon come from space thing? But then the they also games. came from Mew and South of Africa, like America, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever the case, uh, recently, this is how we'll end this, uh, all those, like, uh, beta sprites came out, and there was, like, the original Arceus sprite. I don't know if you ever ended up looking this thing up, uh, but he was kind of like an amorphous, like, quadruped blob with these, like, red eyes, and it was kind of more of a Mew oh, yeah, kind of take. Oh, yeah, I see but it he, now. 
Yeah, but he didn't. He that didn't look like any terrifying. discernible creature. He was just like a like a god blob and a man. That's terrifying. I wish we got that, Arceus. <laughs> no, but like if you were like, what's a god Pokemon? You would be like, would what I I like the idea of having this little crafty and fucking overlord of like like humans can't even perceive the orig- the true form of this god of Pokemon. Like it's just this fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's no, but that'd be way more up the old school macabre Pokemon thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it would be I really mean, cool. Depends what you're into, I guess. No. I like to think of Pokemon as these little creatures that came to Earth to live among us, not these little creatures that were born of this fucking dog in space with infinite power. But you know, to each their own. If you gotta have uh, a we dog will explore with more. infinite powers. <laughs> What's that? that? If you have to have a dog with infinite power, it should look like uh, Lovecraftian nothing. The the fucking board with all the, the, like, uh, yarn drawn between all the different points at the very center. It's just, like, a dog with infinite power. Yeah. Uh, So the Sinnoh region? The Sinnoh region. Is that what we're going with? Yep. Okay. Uh, We'll talk about that next week with 4th Gen. Of course, the remakes of our favorite Pokemon games. uh, And arguably the greatest. I would say the greatest Pokemon games. Yeah, the, well, the DS version of Heart Gold Soul Silver would be like the thing you would see. If someone's like, "I'm playing Pokemon for the first time." It'd be like, "Play this one." That's that's probably it, because of course it has the physical uh, special split. So even if you love those games, it's like playing them all over again. Oh yeah, and uh, etc. And you have Pokemon falling around in it. Oh, it's so good. It's any of Kanto and Johto. It's so good. It's all there, baby. Last week, we talked about Generation 3. Uh, we we ad- talked about the removed and added features in that game, how it added a lot to uh, to the move pool, to uh, how you race Pokemon abilities, of course, but removed some of the exploration features of the game. Uh, and the, the day-night cycle was still there, for example, but the, the time, the clock, the seasons, uh, all that kind of crap, whatever it was, uh, was left out. So uh, we move on now. Uh, to to me opening my browser again into the Sinnoh region uh, for Gen Four, which which read I believe you have a lot of affection for. Um, well, yeah, we went into this a bit last week, especially in regards to the physical special split, where now useless Pokemon are useful. Um, mm-hmm. Along with that, just I would say it it's really shaped what modern Pokemon are. It's added a shit ton of stapled moves, like I don't know X Scissor, Focus Blast, Superpower, like. These big staple competitive moves now uh, that are and like really revitalized a lot of not just um, moves and Pokemon's usability, but also typing. How fucking Lee? How fucking useless was Bug Pokemon before Generation Four? Oh shit, dude! Like completely useless, especially when you consider they are the weakness of a couple types that everybody is is using and running rampant. Right, right? and their moves went like. Uh, went like from Fury Cutter, which is 15 damage, to Megahorn, which is 120, and there was no in between there. Hey, at least Fury Cutter gets better each subsequent turn. Yeah, that you uh, you hit it. But yeah, 
But, like, Bug was such a shallow typing before Generation 4. There were a few families, and they're all weak as fuck. There was, like, two Bug moves in the whole game. Pin Missile, Fury yep. Cutter, and Megahorn. Uh, this game added a shit ton of Bug types. Gave them serious buffs. Tons of moves. Bug Bite, uh, Bug Buzz, X-Scissor. Um... <laughs> It really revitalized the whole type as general. Uh, Scizor now is. I a, believe X Scissor's been around since Gen two, but go no, on. No, it I hasn't. Didn't mean to show you I, fuck. No, it hasn't. Lee. Gen four. I'm, I'm, hold on. Okay, I, I will going. fight you on this. Um, <laughs> and uh, the big and the other type that I would say that really got a revitalization was the rock type. So uh, Rhyperior, for example, is a big uh, is a big Pokemon. The big big waves due to that. Um, you're right. Yeah, Rock's not nearly as a shitty type anymore. They're great against flying types. They got some new moves, Stone Edge, yeah. stuff like that. Really the, great. Uh, we we kind of talked about in Gen 3 how they started doing some interesting subtypes, and that was a thing that held back certain types in the earlier Gens 2 was that a lot of Rock types would also be slash ground or something like right. that. Uh, so that just, that you know, makes some of their weaknesses even more uh, and, and really makes them less viable overall. Yes. Uh, but now with the, the different subtypes and stuff, things could get... Get mixed up. Yeah. Uh, from a sales point of view, before we go any further, uh, the, the Diamond and Pearl uh, outsold Ruby and Sapphire by, by like 2 million units or something like that. And then uh, outsold uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, which did not do very well, by 6 million. And they also outsold the uh, their uh, what would be their successors in Pokemon Black and White by 2 million. Uh, so in terms of sales, uh, Diamond and Pearl are still uh, some of the most successful Pokemon games of all time. Whether that's the hype of the DS and there finally being a core Pokemon game on it, uh, as everybody was playing the GBA Pokemon games in the, the DS slot prior to this, uh, there was just a hype for Pokemon around this time. Well, that, like, there's and, something about these games that, yeah. And let's say the obvious thing, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum were very good games. Um, yeah. They were classic Pokemon adventures, a gym leader's go-on adventure, but it was really well done. And a lot like Gold, Silver, and Crystal, there was a lot of extra content for you to do at the end. Um, there's you can just tell there's an extra amount of love and care put into this title that you don't see in some of the future Pokemons, and it really shows. Yeah, uh, so they increased the times of day uh, from three times of day in Gen 2 in Gold and Silver to five time periods, uh, morning, day, afternoon, evening, and night. Uh, introduced several changes to battle mechanics in previous generations. Pokemon moves were classified as physical or special. We already talked about that. Yep. Uh, there there was the po- Poketch, Pokeetch. The simulated smartwatch at the uh, the bottom screen there, where you could have your big clock that lit up when you touched it, and a bunch of other dual screen gimmicks of the time. Of course, you could voice chat on the DS, uh, trade and battle online, uh, and this was the first console that could regularly attach to Wi-Fi, and I believe the GTS was introduced here, am I not mistaken? Yeah, Global Trade Station uh, was a new feature that, uh, that was included here, and the Pokemon art director uh, said that that was one of his, his favorite things, that people now weren't uh, secluded to who they had around them to, to trade with, that they could trade. In many ways, this is what broke the collector's thing where now it's just like oh i having both versions or having someone with the other version is no longer necessary when i can use the gts oh, to easily get those pokemon. yeah and especially when you can absolutely exploit the gts since it is a global system where i could put in eradicate for trade and request uh a mew and guess what when i wake up the next day i'm probably gonna have a fucking mew waiting for me <laughs> some asshole traded you so that what happened there later is they they uh changed it so that pokemon from different regions were tracked i think and uh, because we're from Canada anyways, I don't know if this was the same for people in the United States, but I would find constantly people from overseas, especially Japan, would, like, within hours be trading me anything I wanted for anything I wanted 
uh, for whatever reason well, there, whether the it main, was out of... the main reason, Lee, if I can go into a bit of a mechanic talk, would be the Matsudo... Please do, because I know there is a reason. Yeah, it would be the Matsudo <laughs> method of breeding. So if you breed a Pokemon from one region with a Pokemon from your region, for example, a, like a Japanese Ditto with a North American Raticate, you have an increased chance, however, it's still very large, but you still have an increased chance of having a shiny offspring. Yes, that's it, and that's like kind of more moot now, I think, but still applies, right? Yeah, but that's it. Um, so you're just really you're searching through millions of players or hundreds of thousands of players at least for one person desperate enough for your North American piece of shit Pokemon to trade you anything that you want. <laughs> uh, so the uh, he, there's an assistant to the professor in this one, Professor Rowan, and they kind of fill in as one of your rivals. It's either Lucas. Uh, or Dawn, depending on what gendered uh, trainer you chose. Um, so, shit, man. Tortwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. Some very strong starters coming out of this generation. Very iconic, too. Yeah, I like Turtwig because he turns into a giant island turtle. Yeah, Torterra is easily the best design, in my opinion. If we're talking about competitive viability, it's obviously Infernape, one of the best mixed attackers in the game. Only overshadowed by, basically, Blaziken in regards to starters. Because Blaziken's mm. fucking broken. Um, and then you got yourself Piplup, which turns to Empoleon. And Steel Water is one of those other really unique typings that Generation 4 has started to brought out. Yeah. And, I mean, he's like an armored penguin with, like, blade wings, which is, in of itself, not not too shabby. Uh, our, our, we get the antagonistic group in this one, Team Galactic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the Mirage Pokemon, which is our tri triplicate of legendaries here in Uxi, Azself, and Mesprit, uh, which are the like legendary babies. But then you, <laughs> that you encounter right. But then the you also have Dialga, Palkia, and Gartania. Yes. So this is really the first game that started. The how about every Pokemon game has like eight legendaries? Yeah, they they went out of control here. Also, the the power level of these legendaries that we have Pokemon that are controlling time and space. And then uh, Giratina, that's also introduced and is the legendary Pokemon of the third game in Platinum, which changes uh, a lot of the the plot points, just like Crystal did before it. Um, yeah, man. Like, but but in terms of remembering this, in terms of remembering who the Pokemon League champion is, do you remember it off the top of Cynthia. your head? Cynthia. Well, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's Cynthia. The chicken, the, the blackout. No, I would. Uh, I remember Cynthia a lot. She has a very distinct design, really cool typing. Um, she she was like among the last of the Pokemon champions that isn't constantly up in your shit in the story. She's definitely mm -hmm. there more than a Steven or especially a Lance, but not nearly as bad as some of the later games in regards to look at this fucking champion. Look at him. Look at him. Uh, this this game had two of the weakest tie-ins in terms of uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution and Pokemon Ranch. Two Pokemon that barely uh, deserve a mention on our, our side game uh, episode. But Pokemon Ranch ba basically filled in as your Pokemon box at the time. And then Pokemon Battle Revolution was just battling. That's fucking it. If you didn't own um, one of the Nintendo DS games to wirelessly connect and dump your Pokemon in here. They didn't even have the rental Pokemon system that the Pokemon Stadium games had. <laughs> you were given like a scrub team and it was like, hey, see what you can fucking do with these six Pokemon to defeat every trainer in this game. 
And, you know, when you're battling face-to-face, this was before, of course, 3D graphics. Uh, this was on the Wii, so it's like, hey, it's flashy. You can design a, a trainer in this game. But for a full-price product compared to Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Battle Revolution fucking sucked. Right. Uh, so it's good that the, the battling within Gen 4 was, was kind of fine. Uh, Gen, and DS was a buddy, Gen 4, and I would say battling was more than fine. It really defined uh, everything that was going forward with Pokemon in regards to how important stat changes are and all these new moves. Stealth Rocks fucking trick room and <laughs> fucking stealth rocks a trick Man. room and all of this crazy shit but you, yeah we can shit on those spinoff games as much as we want but it did create the two actual best pokemon games after which was heart gold and soul silver i mean sure are, are they better than the the original classics yes. yes in that you have the abilities and all the uh basically it's, the pinnacle it's a better of game. all the things they've added to pokemon what did what like what did Heart of Gold and Soul Silver do worse than original Gold and Silver did? Oh, nothing. They're the definitive versions of it. But I'll I'll probably still go back and play the the, the classics before those at this point in time. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. Like, cause let's let's look at the, at this way. We're now in generation what seven, eight, not eight. We're in eight, eight right now. Uh, what has been added to Pokemon since Gen Four, other than Fairy type, in terms of? a major impact on the competitive scene. Things have only been taken away, correct? Yeah, well, Mega Evolution was added in for a couple generations, um, and now they're doing Dynamaxing, and then they did Z-moves in between those, except Z-moves also involved Mega Evolutions. Um, Yeah, I would, like, if we're talking about permanent changes, yeah, Fairy-type would be the big one. Um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. I I miss Mega Evolutions personally. I don't like Dynamaxing, um, especially competitively. If I had the choice between Mega Evolutions and Dynamaxing, it's Mega Evolutions, absolutely. Yeah, it made a lot of previously useless Pokemon suddenly pretty good. Um, I, so this ties into sorry to interrupt you. This ties into something directly we talked about last episode with Legendaries and their appeal. In that you would find a random Pokemon on the side of the road the potential in that Pokemon and what they can do way more interesting than the legendary that everybody gets forced down their throat yes, when they play the game. Absolutely. And but the appara- cool thing about, but apparently I'm very yeah. fucking alone on that. Cause every time I go online, everybody's using the legendaries. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, they want to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, like I agree with you. Like back in the day, of course, you'd roll the legendaries because there was an air of mystery to them. Yeah. And Mega Evolutions was really that for the for the Joe six pack Pokemon. And that, hey, it's Pinsir. Everybody loves Pinsir. He looks cool. Not really viable and competitive. But now we have Mega Pinsir, and, and not everybody has Mega Pinsir. You have to find the the material to equip on him to do it. You have to optimize his stats uh, to get the most out of it. But now. But now you've got this this like rare Yu-Gi-Oh card in your in your repertoire that you can bust out, and it's not a legendary Pokemon that everybody has forces on them. It's something you've gone out of your way to obtain, and I liked Mega Evolutions for that. Dynamaxing doesn't really count. It's like the easy version of that, where like the Pokemon inherently can or can't, and it and every Pokemon can do it. So who cares? Right. right. Like yeah, I much prefer Mega Evolution for many points. Um, I like the design changes. If we're even going to be as vain as that. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame that Pokemon hasn't found a way to change the game without changing nothing, if that makes sense. Like, the closest they've come is adding in Steel, Dark, and Fairy as types. Um, yeah. Because you could argue that both Dynamax and Mega Evolution are two very overpowered things that completely change the metagame, especially Mega Evolution. Jesus Christ, Kangaskhan? 
with its two-hit ability as Mega Kegascon was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Isn't its mega form the baby jumps out of the pocket? Yeah, and, and that's then they it? can use every move twice in a row. So they'll hit you a two. Yeah, yeah. They'll hit you a two close combats. Fuck you, uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have Mega Evolutions, nor would I have Dynamaxing. Um, and I'd find some different way to change the game. How do you do that mm-hmm. though for a series that's been going for so long? How how do you change what one thing without completely changing how the entire fucking game is played? You know what I mean? I mean they've done it multiple times. <laughs> like think about the special split. Think about the attack and uh, and and special split for moves. Think about adding fairy in so late in the game and have it be right. as an adversary but to so many like commonly used. Yeah, that's what I'm types. saying. Like aside yeah. from adding another type, there's nothing left to do with moves except for adding in more moves. Um, yeah, aside- balancing and adding everything back to the game is now the thing people are most requesting, right? Yeah, it's, I wouldn't even say balance, it's, um, yeah, like, nobody was, nobody seemed particularly thrilled about Dynamaxing, um. No, it's dumb as hell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say they should focus more on making an absolutely solid story main series game, as opposed to trying to find a new gimmick. I don't, it's it's hard to mm-hmm. say, more people, like, we all want different things from Pokemon. I know you would prefer vastly different experience from the typical pokemon where i have expressed in the past that i like the old pokemon formula that we saw in gen one through six and i yeah. and i would prefer just a really polished version of that so there's different things well, really what yeah you want the every man's pokemon you you don't want necessarily the pokemon mmo uh but that's that's what you want is the games as a service pokemon where there are quests to do and there are storylines to follow you are not the chosen one you are a pokemon trainer mixed in with hundreds of other pokemon trainers trying to make a name for yourself yeah um at the, you know at the end of the day though I'm a very I'm a very easy person to keep happy in pokemon if i have access to the I mean com- if you're still playing sword now yeah, then if i have access you, to the competitive section i'm going to play it um yeah i can't really talk about what like, there's not much I can say in regards to what I want from Pokemon because I got what I want from Pokemon. I got the, the competitive aspect. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's weird, man. It's, like, it's that extra extra je ne sais quoi. It's that what, what made the games... Why haven't I finished Pokemon Sword? And, and the, the answer there is the characters are bland and it feels like a job to actually get through the story mode of this game right. versus and, other Pokemon games. And my aspect is I have to get through the main story of the game to get to the part that I want to play. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Uh, so we're going to wrap up very shortly here, but we can dip our toes into the fifth generation, which as of recording this is also 10 years old, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Fifth generation of Pokemon began on September 18th, 2010 with the release of Pokemon Black and White in Japan. They uh, were then released in North America, Europe, and Australia in March 2011. This was back when Japan still got a huge lead on us in terms of having the game. This is no longer the case. Um, They were released on the Nintendo DS. Uh, The thing here with the fifth generation was it was happening during the handoff to 3DS shortly afterwards. Uh, especially with Pokemon Black uh, Black and White 2. And, of course, the install base of the DS was so huge that they wanted to stick around on that console as long as possible. But it's a Pokemon game. It's not that graphically demanding, of course, because you can use sprites, you can use 2D animation. Uh, but this game, even more so than in 4th uh, Gen, tried to lean into some 3D stuff, tried to do some stuff with the environments and the map uh, to to give it that PS1 feel, <laughs> where there's, like, 
3D environments, but your little sprites running across it and stuff like that. Uh, the Unova region is where this takes place, and it was heavily uh, inspired by the United States. You have a giant city in it that's that's a lot like New York, and by by all accounts, this is the Pokemon take on America in Pokemon Black and White. Uh, we've mentioned it many times before, but the Pokédex in Pokémon Black and White 2 uh, was consisted of entirely new Pokémon for the story mode. You could not transfer in Pokémon from previous versions until you beat uh, the Elite Four, I think it even was. Uh, so we, we were dealing with 156 new Pokémon, uh, which was my selling feature on this game, is that I'm going into a game with po no Pokémon I recognize, and I thought that was really, really neat. Yeah, I've played Black and White uh, once. I don't even think I've beat it because this is like this is way after um, I got into competitive. It's really hard going back and playing just a regular Pokemon game now. Um, but I, to, to start like one of the old main series ones, it's it seems a bit yeah right. <laughs> um, it's I don't want to say a bit redundant, but like I I have found myself enjoying more competitive rather than just going through the regular story and absolutely wasting NPC trainers. Um, mm. black and white was surprisingly difficult though. I found as far as just the main story goes, uh, whichever, like, like I would agree. I think some of that comes with, uh, they, they made the trainers a little more challenging and the type matchups you were kind of guessing like the original games. Right. And it's for my part, how do you make a Pokemon game feel new for people who've been playing these games for five generations and are losers like us talking about them at such lengths? And this was the closest they've ever come to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it was a good experience. Uh, all new Pokemon was great. Um, it's hard for me to really comment on it since I didn't play it at the time. I played it like a year mm -hmm. ago. Uh, sprites were fully animated. Camera changes position at specific uh, highlight parts of the battle. In addition, uh, addition to the continuing night and day cycle introduced in Gold and Silver, Black and White introduced a seasonal cycle. With the seasons advancing every month rather than being linked to the calendar, outside areas appear differently depending on the season. Uh, there were also Pokemon such as Deerling and Sawsbuck. Remember Sawsbuck? Oh, I remember Sawsbuck. He existed. Uh, he's no Stantler. Uh, changed physical appearance uh, to match the seasons. They also introduced triple battles and rotation battles. Triple battles they forced on you a little bit during the story. Rotation battles came up fucking seldomly as hell. They're, they're neat. It's a cool idea. Uh, but they're not... It's, it's goofy. Like, it doesn't... I don't know. Uh, there was also the fucking double battles against wild Pokemon, which made those a little frustrating uh, in some cases. Uh, yeah, there was Pokemon musicals, which took the place of Pokemon contests. Uh, shit. There was, uh, there was a number of things going on there. The main difference was the, the GTS, the interconnectivity, the online stuff they added in this game with the Sea Gear, I believe it was called. Yeah, the Sea Gear. Uh, which they kept doing IR stuff too. There was the Pokemon Dream World thing with the intranet link or whatever. Yeah, all kinds of weird stuff that I don't know. I I really engaged yeah. The, with. the Dream um, World stuff was actually really big because it introduced a lot of hidden abilities for Pokemon that didn't previously have them. Um, mm -hmm. So like when Skullpeed was first re released, he only had Swarm, which isn't necessarily the worst ability, especially for a bug type. Um, but when he got his Dream World ability dropped, which is Speed Burst, all of a sudden he goes into OU tier, which is ridiculous. So Dream World, can't really understate how fucking huge that was. Uh, there was also the, like, game... This is when they started doing the Game Link thing, where, like, you could upload your progress in a way, and it would be mentioned in someone else's game. I think that was this one. Uh, where you could be looking on a TV, and it'd be like, oh, motherfucking Reed caught a Magikarp, good for him. 
which they really elaborated on in, in uh, Ultra Sun, Moon, and, and, and stuff like that. So, we'll, uh, you know what, we'll wrap it up there for today. We'll talk about the sequel to Pokemon Black and White 2, or Pokemon Black and White in Pokemon Black and White 2, which was really, like, Bad. the first time we were just like, yeah, there's nothing... There's nothing here new. Uh, this is a enhanced version that has they mixed some Pokemon up for the hardcores, and uh, w- was really after Gen Four. I'm like, okay, we're not doing just a, a single standalone special edition anymore. We're we're just kind of cashing it in on an ultimate version of this game. So be it, and that continued into the uh, subsequent gens as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I like those black and white Pokemon. I thought they added. Uh, I thought just dealing with them in this in this new region that didn't have Rattatas or Pidgeys or anything recognizable was really fucking cool. Yeah, uh, it'll be a lot easier for me to talk about my experience coming back to Pokemon once you get to X and Y because that was the first official Pokemon game I purchased since Crystal at the time. So I'll be fucking. Oh wild. wow! Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. No, I. Uh... I was along for the ride this whole time. I owned at least one version and the special edition of every gen as they came out and played them. And uh, didn't finish uh, not many, very many of them. Like, I think Black and White 2 might have been the first game that I just didn't see through to the end. uh, Because I'm like, I fucking played this already. This is lame as hell. We talked about the added moves and balancing of the competitive scene. We talked about the physical special move split. We talked about the changes to the day-night cycle. We talked about the boom that was the GTS. Uh, We talked about the gimmicks of Mega Evolution and Dynamaxing and kind of basically just talked about from that point, where does Pokemon get in terms of... We were kind of like making excuses that the next three generations don't innovate on the battle system in the way... That, like, now you can only take things away, I think is is what we were saying. Right. After Diamond from Platinum, uh, you don't really get any major shifts until Mega Evolutions and X and Y. And even then, it's just like, some Pokemon get better, and that's their item for that battle. Uh, So the fifth generation of Pokemon, of course, is Pokemon Black and White, Black and White 2. We discussed how much you love Black and White and how Black and White 2 was a disappointment. I, th- I thought that Black and White was a breath of fresh air uh, to the series in that what they did with the Pokemon. And uh, a story. I got, like, it was a, like, if you're going to ask me to remember what the fucking story was. No, Black and White had like the Genesis fucker that was like, no, nah, Pokemon shouldn't be in Pokeballs. And it was just <laughs> up until that point, that was something different where every villain team before that was like, hey, hey money. <laughs> oh, maybe Pokemon don't want to fight. Yeah. Let's make them fight to decide who's right. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll prove my point by fucking fighting. I think we kind of touched on some of this. They introduced new battle mechanics in the triple battles and rotation battles. I think I've done two rotation battles in my entire life. Me t- I don't even know if I've done any. Uh, they're interesting. Uh, but I don't think... Can you still do a triple battle and a rotation battle? No. And, no? It's no, they're gone. Okay. Uh... So that's kind of neat, uh, throwing three Pokemon out at the same time. We talked about how they did a seasons thing that's changed every month instead of doing a clock thing. Uh, there's the Sea Gear, a bunch of new Pokemon. Uh, they made it so you couldn't trade in old Pokemon from older games until you beat the Elite Four, which I thought was actually kind of neat and made the game a little more challenging, we both agreed. Uh, that in terms of difficulty, just pure difficulty, Black and White might be two of the, the more difficult games at the time. 
because uh, now I think we know these Pokemon so well that that would be... But this is also the generation that gave us a Ice Cream Cone Pokemon and a Bag of Trash Pokemon. Uh, so that's where we're at uh, with Pokemon designs here. Don't talk shit about Vanillix. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Trubbish. Uh, yeah, so we, we yeah, talked... Yeah, Gen 5, well, I mean, it also had, like, Vol Volcarona and Darmanitan and Hydreigon. Like, these are really cool Pokemon, too, so... Snivy, Tepig, Oshawott. Sure. What are your thoughts? Like, they'd be fine if in Black and White 2 they weren't like, guess what, same starter. Guess I'd what, Snivy, so... Tepig, yeah, Oshawott. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking pissed, dude. Uh, I, don't, I don't... I think these are the most forgettable starters, maybe aside from... Uh, X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z had Greninja, so you can't even say that. But the most popular Pokemon of all time. Yeah, but the other two are so forgettable, too. Yeah, yeah, I would say these are some of the more forgettable starters. Oshawa does turn into a samurai otter that yeah, has swords. not good, though. Uh, Snivy was my pick in this generation, I think. Sure. Yeah, turns into a snake. That's kind of cool. I, I for Often for generations like these, I often deposit my starter into the box. It's fucked up that he loses his legs as he evolves. That's a little fucked up, yeah. uh, let's be honest. Uh, of course, Professor Juniper here. Protagonist friends Sharon and Bianca uh, were, were served as the rival Pokemon trainers. And this is what I was talking about where it was just like, there's too many supporting cast characters here that keep showing up throughout your journey uh that i've never liked team plasma a knights templar-esque group was your what were they trying to do led by n a young man who uh, was brought up alongside pokemon and sees them as friends n is the is the character's name uh throughout the game the player uh has some encounters with n who claims uh that by capturing one of the legendary pokey pokemon reshiram or zekrom of unova uh and defeating the pokemon champion adler uh older sorry uh, he will be recognized as Unova's hero and will be able to convince the humans to part with their Pokemon. You know how humans and Pokemon have been living together for decades and decades and they rely on each other? It, it's over. That's a bold move. He's the Pokemon That's champion. Like, he his makes his logic's like this, Lee, alright? He's kind of like Trump. No, his logic is like this, Lee, right? Yeah. Like, I was born by parents who played hockey and they're like, guess what? You're going to be raised in a hockey rink surrounded by hockey players. And I was That's like, right. hockey players are my friends. And I was like, guess what? I'm going to go defeat... <laughs> Like, the Stanley Cup champions, and then I'm going to become the Stanley Cup champions. That's exactly. Like and then reason. once I have the Stanley Cup, I will go up in front of all the hockey fans and say... Hockey's no, done. Yeah. No more hockey, on, no more hockey on ice. It's only going to be on cement. The ice doesn't appreciate it. The, and then yeah. everybody will be like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, the character of Looker is uh, is revealed here after Team Plasma's defeat. The, he the comes... literally most retarded fucking detective in the world. Right. He comes up in later games, right? He's in Sun and Moon. Isn't he the guy who's helping with the, the beast Pokemon, the is aliens? He? Isn't that the same guy? I don't think so. Hold on. No, he's not. No, he's not. That's like a depressed cop. <laughs> <laughs> Associates. Uh, the, 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 oh my god, this is the best Wikipedia I've ever found. It has a list of all the Pokemon Associates and like what they... Okay, anyways... Who cares? Who gives a shit? Let's be honest here. Uh, so yeah, they did direct sequels in Pokemon Black and White 2. You could transfer your uh, completed data, but then you were starting the game as a new character, hearing about how great you were in the previous game, while and going not how, through... Not how great you are right now. Are, and then hanging out with the character from the first game's friends, and then just going through the game again. Right. With some different Pokemon your, in the Your mix. enjoyment of Black and White 2 entirely hinges on your enjoyment of the first Black and White. Which, the the gimmick here is that if you've played through the entire game, now you can play through it again. But with... <laughs> like, the, the gimmick in transferring your data means you've beaten the game. 
why would I want to play the game again? Right. Uh, so in terms of a special edition, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, this sucked um, big time. Like Pokemon Black and White 2 might be amongst the worst games in the series just because they are retreads of what's... Right, and you can't even tell the difference between the two half the time. Uh, they added like a few areas to the game. Of course, they mixed up the Pokemons and, and, and shit like that. Reed, I think that's enough of fifth generation. Sure. Uh, it's time to move to the fucking 3DS, buddy. X and Y. This, this is these are the games that got me back into Pokemon. I shouldn't say got me back into, po- but like <laughs> I was always playing Pokemon, but it. I never had a different handheld system for fucking eighteen years besides the Game Boy Color. And then I'm like, guess what? I really want to play X and Y, so I picked up a 3DS. Uh, so X and Y was also the first Pokemon games that were released simultaneously, right? In, in North America, and let me just double check my math here. Yes. So black and white were separated by multiple months, but X and Y were released simultaneously in North America and Japan. Those fuckers didn't get a head start on us this time. Uh, what is there to say? So we moved from sprite graphics to polygonal graphics. Uh, this game is in 3D, quote unquote. Uh, they introduced 72 new Pokemon species. So in terms of uh, an addition to the roster, so the smallest of all time. Uh, the Kalos region is based on France. If you, didn't, if you didn't know. Yeah, they added Mega uh, Evolutions and Fairy Types. Oh, baby. Fairy, fairy type types changed the fucking game. No, and yeah. let me tell you, they did change the fucking game, especially competitively. Uh, one of the strongest cores, uh, not so much anymore, but back in the day, especially during X and Y, was a Dragon Steel Fairy Core. Fairy being weak to steel, basically steel gaining another boost, and poison, and poison, let me tell you, desperately needed that fucking boost to their power the only thing they were effective to before that lee was grass half the fucking grass types lee were part poison type meaning poison was fucking useless essentially are they poison doesn't have an advantage or bug or anything nope just grass Grass and fairy and they can't even touch but that fairy is all it fucking needed because fairies were so strong against like the fucking for the longest time the uber dragon core yeah uh, so, I fucking love fairy types. If I get to name my group in Watch Dogs Legion, I'm calling it the Uber Dragon Corps, by the, the Uber way. Dragon Corps. Uh, so, the X and Y were huge successes. They were the best-selling games on the console, uh, second only to Mario Kart 7. Uh, shit, man. Uh, so, this is when a long-rumored special edition was going to come out called Pokemon Z or yeah, Z. Z. Because the, the, there's two mythical Pokemon, or yeah. legendary Pokemon X and Y, Zygarde and... The fucking... The deer in the back. The Xerneas. <laughs> yeah. But they're a Y and they're an X. And then there's a Pokemon called Zygar. And you're like, oh, well, this is obviously Z. They're going to release a Pokemon Z. Never happened. Never happened. Uh, so, going back to dream booking with types. Is there room for another type? Have you thought about this? Has the internet talked about this? What What is missing in the game? It, that's such a hard question to do. Um, you have dark of, and fairy. fairy I, I've like, heard more talk of people merging types rather than adding types, specifically rock and ground. Okay. Um, it would but they take, do have separate. The biggest difference there is that ground can't touch flying, and rock is super effective against flying. Right, and they would there would be some changes there. Um, yeah. Could you imagine if they reduce types? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's hard to say right now. I would. Say that's like the Pokemon card game if they did that. Because you can't be like, oh, Steel's too strong right now when, when fucking fighting times are so prevalent. Um, yeah, and fire. Yeah, and you can't say dragons are too overpowered now because fairies are there. No. And you can't say fairies are too overpowered because you constantly... I always liked that dragons were weak against dragons. I always thought that was the ultimate counter. Is that, oh, if you're all going to be rolling these fucking dragon types, well then watch no, the fuck I, out. No, I but... loved the addition of fairy type. No, I don't, I don't know. The only thing I could do is you add in a type specifically to boost 
electric types because electric types just don't have a lot going on. You add in a type that is weak against electric just because? I don't like. I'm only thinking purely out of boosting other types. Like electric, you don't see a lot of play out of them. You know what's fucked up? Water is weak against electric, and the the thought there is that water conducts electricity. Fucking metal does too. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah it makes steel weak to electric or something. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. And the magnemite um, gets interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I don't know what what kind of types because it's hard to say one type is too too strong right now. You can't. It's difficult that's good. To say. That's called balance. Yeah. Uh, the the type that's too strong right now, legendary type. Uh, Pokemon X and Y were the first titles in the series presented in full 3D polygonal graphics, allowing for more interactivity uh, with the overworld and more dynamic action during battles. Uh, players are also able to customize their Pokemon trainer's appearance, choosing gender, skin tone, and hair color at the start of the game, and can later acquire outfits and accessories in-game to change their character's look. Joining the previous generations of Pokemon are all new spe uh, species, such as the new starter Pokemon, Chespin, Fennekin, and Froakie. Like the only one anybody likes is Greninja, so... Uh, what does Chespin evolve into? Chess oh, that's stupid. Yeah, fighting okay. grass type. Yeah. That looks I'm gonna say, fucking stupid. I want to say I think I went with Chespin here, because Fennekin like, turns into a... Fight, a, a psychic a fire witch. type. <laughs> like a witch dog. A and witch fire. Froakie oh. becomes the most popular Pokemon of all time, so what do we know? Yeah. Uh, and the Pokemon uh, that are within the fictional Pokemon world described as legendary Pokemon, namely uh, Xerneas, Yvetel, and Zygarde. Uh... I like the idea of the alien Pokemon, the Zygarde, 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 Zygarde. It's supposed to be French, I guess, right? So uh, you collect all those little like cells, and then you make them into the big Transformer guy. Pretty cool. Uh, I always like the gimmick legendaries, as we talked about with Deoxys and stuff like that. Uh, players are also able to choose from one of the classic starter Pokemon from Pokemon Red and Blue. I popped when they were just like, "Hey, have have a Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle." I'm like, excellent. Charmanders. <laughs> uh, the new fairy type is introduced uh, for both new and old Pokemon. Uh, the first new type added to the series since Pokemon Gold and Silver. The game's developers started uh, stated rather that the addition was used to balance the dragon type. Yeah, uh, and buff the poison type. They don't. Honestly. They don't talk about the poison type. Yeah, and uh, uh, it provides another counter to dark types too. But Chansey, Clefairy, uh, yeah, name or some. It's worth noting that a lot of Pokemon retroactively got given. Yeah, fairy and types. no, and for good and yeah. for good things like Clefairy's fairly obvious fairies in the fucking name uh yeah. and just <laughs> translates well and yeah i love these changes clefable became way more usable in my opinion after this the addition of sylveon is another eevee evolution is an excellent fairy typing uh yeah. why don't we have all eevee types yet that's a good question Lee. uh yeah. i guess a, a dragon eevee wouldn't make any fucking sense just why go not? on deviantart if you want that that's up there, out there somewhere yeah. poison eevee like a metal eevee just like a fucking brick shit house, like armored Spider Man, but it's an Eevee and like with a salad. Oh, I've like, seen I've seen concept art for like fighting Eevee where it has like hand wraps on it and like the ears are tied into like a bun. Like if you're gonna go fight, it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. A new element uh, in the series uh, is a Mega Evolution, which fully evolved Pokemon. This is a weird way that this is mentioned. In which fully evolved Pokemon, such as Mewtwo and Lucario, as the two examples, can use special items called Mega Stones to temporarily evolve further into Mega Evolved forms during battle, with a couple of Pokemon having more than one possible Mega Form available. Also introduced are Sky Battles and Horde Encounters. 
Uh, the Horde Encounters thing I could have done without. The Sky uh, the, Encounters and Horde Battles didn't make a return, so uh, not even a point in talking about them. Yeah. Uh, the former are mid-air trainer battles uh, that only airborne Pokemon can participate in. The Mega uh, Evolutions, however, were big fucking deal and previously yes. made useless Pokemon into suddenly, suddenly Uber Beedrill. Yeah, remember how, boy. It, remember how bad Beedrill was for I years? Mean, you say bug type and just leave it at that. Like, no, but and then it became mega Beedrill, and now all of a sudden it has uber tier fucking yeah. speed and attack. Got an additional dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With which to fuck. Uh, anyways, the uh, air battles showed off the game's 3D capabilities and uh, uh, provide new perspective on battling. The latter are uh, one versus five wild encounters designed to be more difficult than uh, standard one versus one wild battles. Pokemon Ami. Uh, let's players interact with their Pokemon uses the 3DS touchscreen and uh, camera, playing with them and giving them treats to strengthen their bonds between trainer and Pokemon, ultimately affecting the way Pokemon act during battle. Super Training was introduced here, and I lost my life to Super Training. Features various mini-games that help build the st- uh, base stats of your player's Pokemon. Uh, this is where you would, like, tap the bag. I don't know how much you interacted with this, but, like, fuck, I did so many hours just sitting there fucking beating up bags. Um, connectivity to other devices. Uh, various improvements to the con- uh, communication features were also implemented using the player search system or the PSS. Players uh, can encounter and keep track of various online players, including strangers, allowing them to easily initiate battles or trades. The Holocaster allows the player to receive messages and updates from NPCs via Street Pass and Spot Pass. Wonder Trade is a new trading feature which allows players uh, to trade one of their Pokemon in exchange for a random one with another player. Other features include O powers, uh, temporary powers that can increase stats. And can be exchanged to other players. Blah, 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 blah. Huh. What more is there to say? Yeah, Mega Evolutions were huge. I liked them. I like the trade of uh, you don't get to hold an item. You have to hold the stone if you want to become this. Uh, there was a limit, right? You can only have one Mega Evolution per battle. Yep. Could you have multiple Pokemon holding the stones? Yeah, but, but you can only evolve one of them. You can only pull the trigger on one. So you would only... If you're a fucking smart person, you only pick one. If you're one of them fucking smart persons... Uh, yeah, so this is a game where you become friends with now, like, fucking four different people, uh, in this game. Professor Sycamore is there, you do some Pokemon gyms, shit man. I don't know what more there is to say about Pokemon X and Y. It was, uh, great. It was, like, solid. I directly compare it to, like, Diamond and Pearl in terms of my enjoyment of the story. I like it a lot, yeah. yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, man. I think that's gonna more or less do it for this week. Yeah. Unless you have more to say on this no, particular game. I think game. we almost be able to free pretty much finish up in the next episode or two uh i think we'll finish the main story the main series next week and then have our bonus episode for side games unless we want to take a break before we get to sword and shield because there's, there's going to be some grievances uh there notably uh so our next episode you can expect us to talk about the seventh generation of pokemon which is a mixed bag uh, of course we have pokemon sun and moon and Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon, which are aptly named because they are the ultimate versions of every Pokemon game that have come before them, in my opinion. Uh, all the Pokemon are there. All the moves are there. Mega Evolutions are there. All like Z moves are there. It's kind of the yeah. It's the GTS last. GTS is there. Yeah, it's all there, baby. Uh, nothing's missing that I that I needed, so to speak. And then of course, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee were also considered part of that generation and are worth talking about as well. As is the uh, huge resurgence of Pokemon with Pokemon Go. And then, of course, we will end with the 8th generation, which is what we're currently in. And we'll see. uh, Maybe by then, I will have beaten Sword and Shield. And uh, live, we'll just do it. We'll do a battle while we talk about it. And just be like, what is this?
Reed, let's leave the sixth generation behind, but quickly recount what we discussed at the end of last show. Uh, of course, the decline of Pokemon in terms of features after uh, Gen 4. Gen 5, black and white, we talked about uh, at length. Uh, what could you add in terms of features? We talked about types, reducing types, combining types, what that might look like. We talked about X and Y. Uh, and how it was it was a really good resurgence, of course, on the on the 3DS, and uh, were solid games all around. I compared them pretty directly to the fourth gen uh, of games. And then, of course, uh, in in May of 2014, we got Omega Ruby and uh, Alpha Sapphire, which I was one of the first Pokemon games I didn't buy a physical copy of. I just downloaded from the eShop, and because it stayed on my 3DS and it was just there all the time, I played way more of this game than I think I ever intended to. Uh, how was your experience with the remakes of Gen 3? Fine. They like, <laughs> very un unmemorable, I should say, for me. It seems like... It seems like X and Y came out, and then like they shot out a bunch of games till Ultra Sun and Moon came out, and it's hard remembering them. Yeah, Ultra, like... Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby was when I was not into competitive Pokemon, so I feel like I played the game like twice and then I never played it again. So I, I, there's not much for me to say about it, unfortunately. It's it's X and Y, but more. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was nice to revisit the the Gen Three, like the the world. Uh, I, I'm kind of partial to. I like the diversity of it. Um, right, I, I, you know, I, I like the diversity to it, but it also it. Like, I don't want to say it lost its edge because it's Pokemon, but it lost its edge? Like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Like, like there was, like, a certain air to the first two gens. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Gen 3 is fucking weird, and it seems like, it seems like Dark Souls 2 of Pokemon. You're not wrong. Um, we talked about before, like, how the map is laid out and how it's, like, 50 ground, 50 water, and the HMs and how reliant that game was on it. It felt always like a chore to get around. Of course, the remakes changed a lot about that. Uh, of course, you know, then come summer, uh, July 2016, uh, Niantic and Nintendo released a free-to-play augmented reality game called Pokemon Go uh, for cell phones that kind of put Pokemon, not just the main series games, but just put Pokemon back. You know, everybody. it was launched with the original 150 that everybody knew, parents and kids. The fucking phenomenon that was Pokemon Go cannot be understated for the popularity of Pokemon as a brand where it was already one of the best-selling video game brands of all time. Uh, on February 26th of 2016, two new Pokemon titles were announced titled Pokemon Sun and Moon. And uh, so this was... They were going to be announced later that year. So between the announcement of Sun and Moon and the release in November... Um, where they did a, a bit of a delay. Japan got it a few days early, and then uh, we got it November 23rd of that year. Uh, this was the first uh, game since the second generation to be backwards compatible with other titles, including Pokemon X and Y, Omega, Ruby, and Sapphire, because this is technically a next generation. Uh, it could trade directly to the previous games, which, when you think about it, isn't something that was always available. Of course, the original Gen 2 Gold and Silver could tra trade directly to Red and Blue uh, for the Pokemon available therein. Um... Sun and Moon, I thought, was pretty cool. It did away with the gym leader structure. Instead, uh, you were on, like, a, a approximation of, like, the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, the, the areas on the 3DS, they were rendered, I thought, very beautifully. They got a lot out of that console uh, to the point where even in double battles and stuff like that, you would start to notice your 3DS start to chug if you weren't playing on a new 3DS. Um, they, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about Sun and Moon in a second, but the, the yin-yang to that was that the series from there 
went directly into another direct sequel in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, uh, which kind of became like the ultimate Pokemon games in terms of competitive play. It had everything available. I think you would agree with me on that. Um, yeah, I guess it then, depends what kind yeah. of uh, competitive format you enjoy. But is, if we're talking about as far as choices, options, and overall access to content, yes, it is the easily the biggest Pokemon game in that regard. And then uh, until Sword and Shield came out just recently, last year, uh, they released, of course, Let's Go, which we'll talk about a little bit, uh, which is a additional, basically, remake of Gen 1, specifically a remake of the yellow version of Pokemon, uh, in terms of where the story goes. But let's dig a little bit more into 7th uh, Gen here with Pokemon Sun and Moon. Of course, we had the L Alolan forms of Pokemon, which I love. I love alternate versions of things. Sure. Uh, and especially when they did the alternate versions of things that then had a different type that they took on. Uh, I thought was very neat and deepened the meta of Pokemon in a way I really enjoyed. Where it's just like, here's a Pokemon I already like. Here's a different version of it. And they continued to do this, of course, with Galarian versions of Pokemon as well. Uh, I really like this. Yourself? Yeah, I like the alternate versions. If we're talking about Sun and Moon in general, I this is probably like my least favorite Pokemon games in a long, long time. Um, I don't like the island gym leader. The, like the island leader format where you fight big pokemon i did not like i did not enjoy that whatsoever i thought the characters are incredibly weak the villains weren't interesting um like it, it felt like they were trying to completely change the pokemon formula but they actually didn't really change much of anything like you're still going around doing the same thing um i've in general i'm not a big fan of the whole tropical feel to everything too uh it's something you don't like the aesthetic period i don't like the aesthetic <laughs> as much yeah like it's pretty cool i guess um yeah just i didn't feel like this game i don't know, just didn't vibe with me i guess like it felt it feels like pokemon over the years has gained a lot more handholdy in regards to just the main campaign and even if i looking forward to the competitiveness after the campaign i still have to get through the story and stuff and i'd like to enjoy it preferably um and this got even worse than Sword and Shield, but yeah, like I said, I thought the villains were weak, their motivations were bad, and what exactly their goals were were vague. They're just like, yeah, we want we want to see Ultra Beasts. And you're like, why? And they're like, because Pokemon. So, and you're like... There's an overarching thing with uh, rifts in this game where Pokemon from other times in space or whatever... Are, are like ripping into our time period and there's a bit of a storyline after the game and i think ultra sun ultra moon i don't think the original games right this. like we're fucking with yeah. like gods of suns and moons and going through rift holes to other dimensions and time travel and you're like bro 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 red blue and yellow was about you becoming like the best pokemon trainer by beating other pokemon trainers and then also there's some bad guys stealing pokemon like not to mention that these Pokemon we're talking about are the most Digimon-ass Pokemon that have ever been designed. Right. Like, it, it, it feels like we're jumping the shark huge here. Like, when the, like, I, I, I don't, I don't like interacting with gods and, like, creators of, like, <laughs> and creators of abstract concepts of our reality within Pokemon games. Like, I don't think mm. that does anything for kids. I doesn't do anything for me. I don't see anybody being, like... Like, wow, this giant sun line created the sun. Cool. Like, no one gives a fuck about that. Uh, so the thing I really liked 
about this game is the uh, the presentation in that the characters and everything is scaled correctly. So now characters and Pokemon are always scaled to what the Pokemon yeah. actually are. I really like that. Uh, so even without like the tropical aesthetic, take it or leave it, it kind of had more of an Okinawa like Japanese take on Hawaii thing going on. So I rather enjoyed the aesthetic, especially because it's just like it's not this all the time. Here's your tropical Pokemon game. Fucking deal with it. Um, I liked that the chibi-styled models were were kind of taken out, and that we have a scaled Pokemon world was really cool to me. Uh, the starters, I think, you know, are maybe the strongest bunch of starters in terms of, uh, I mean, Rowlet, Litten, and Poplio here. Uh, you can't go wrong with any three, any of those three, yeah, in my opinion. Especially if we're talking about competitive format, fucking Cineroar is one of the greatest Pokemon ever right now. Yeah, well, if we're talking uh, about VGC format, anyway. <laughs> Uh, and then Z moves or Z moves here in Canada in the, with the Queen's English uh, added, you know, you could use these huge moves once per battle. Uh, hidden moves, which were used to navigate terrain in past games, have been replaced with specialized Pokemon that can be summoned at will. Absolutely This fantastic. is fucking huge. Yeah, this was easily my favorite change, though, however, was the absolute removal of HM moves. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and then the HM moves themselves just became TM moves. Like, you can still get fly and etc., but they are not required right. to and actually Right, now I'm travel. not forced to have a flying type in my party every time if I don't want to. Like, now I can just fucking yeah. get places. It's great. Uh, the Rotom Pokédex sucks. A Pokédex that talks, uh, that is an actual Pokémon, is really fucking stupid. I've never liked it. It's I hope they stop doing it. It's super annoying. Like, you'll have, like, one Pokémon at, like, 10 health, and clearly... You're going to a fucking Pokemon Center to heal it. And Rotom's like, hey, you got healing items in your bag. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Don't you care about your Pokemon at all? <laughs> uh, one thing that we can't say that was cool is Mega Evolutions. Uh, they are here. So you have like the most features stacked on top of one another. In the Battle Tree, uh, you actually, in this game, and I think Ultra Sun and Moon as well, you actually become the champion. And when you return to the, the quote-unquote Pokemon League, instead of... Uh, Instead of you just challenging the same trainers, you fight the trainers, and then at the end you sit on your throne, and a random comes in to challenge you is really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and it could be like it could be famous Pokemon trainers, so like Gary Oak can wander in. You got to fight him and stuff like that. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Cotton uh, XY Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire can be transferred into this game. You can also use Pokemon Bank here with Pokemon Sun and Moon. So in terms of a collector. Uh, vis-a-vis me, Ultra Sun and Moon are still, uh, in terms of collecting the best Pokemon games, that have the most complete Pokedex of any Pokemon game. Uh, so it, maybe that's why I hold it in such a regard, is that just like, no, this is the game that really gave me as much as I've ever had in the Pokemon series before. And I'm speaking specifically of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah. Uh, we got to kind of wrap her up here, but uh, Legendaries, we have Solgaleo and Lunala... Lunala. I don't think I've ever said these Pokemon names out loud. Uh, so we got a Sun Lion and a Moon Bat. And uh, at this point, if you're still excited about legendary Pokemon and their lore, I don't know what to tell you. Because yeah, at a certain point it's there, just all we, nothing. We, like you said, we were fighting God. So Yeah, like in Gen 4, you literally have God in that game. Like anything that comes after that is like, who gives a fuck? Succinctly put, Reed. Yeah. Succinctly put.
Pokemon! Reed. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Let's kill this bitch in two episodes. Sure. We are going to talk today about all the Pokemon spinoffs that have existed, and I believe I've played almost all of them. <laughs> all I know of you've them. played some of them. I've played very little. <laughs> uh, I am so close to the end of Sword and Shield, I'm at the part where... I, I, t- please tell me I'm close to the end of this game. I'm at the part where I've beaten my two rivals, and then I'm supposed to fight Lee, and he's gone, and he's at a hotel, so I gotta go find him. Oh, you got, like, like six hours left. How fucking dare you? You gotta, you gotta like, beat him, and then, like, the thing happens where, like, there's supposedly a bad guy, even though this game doesn't fucking have a bad guy. And, like, you beat him once in a trainer battle, and he's like, ah, oh, shit, you're right, I'm an asshole. And then, That's like, usually how it goes, though. Then you just beat fucking Lee, and then you're champion, and then you gotta do this bullshit after the game where these two motherfuckers are like, dog, legendary Pokemon, help us find them. And then you do in a few hours, then you gotta do some <laughs> fucking Dynamax battles, and then you're done. Well, it sounds like I have a lot of exciting times ahead of me. Yeah, I, a lot of <laughs> shitty times. Uh, I'm going to run through this list in the order that isn't presented on this Wikipedia. Therefore, it is alphabetical, not chronological. Uh, so if you have anything to add, please let me know as we go through this list of Pokemon game spinoffs. Pokemon Art Academy, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Pokemon Battle Troze, uh, Pokemon Brick Bronze. These are two games that I admittedly have not played. Troze was a, uh, a fucking uh, a Nintendo DS puzzle game, I believe. Pokemon Cafe Mix just came out. It is a mobile game. Of course, Pokemon now have like four or five mobile games. I don't know if you fucked with any of them. No. Uh, the Pokemon trading card game games. Uh, did you ever fuck with that one on Game Boy Color? Or is that nope. before your time? <laughs> uh, it's a great game. So they've taken the Pokemon card game, the base game through Fossil, I believe, which is like the first three sets of Pokemon cards. Uh, that's relevant because in those three sets, all 150 Pokemon are represented. Uh, they also put the promo cards in here, so they have Mews in there as well, and all the um, you know the the special cards and variants you would get from going to see the movies back when you would get a Pokemon card for going to see the movie. God damn, man, Pokemon ruled the fucking world. Um, so this game's on Game Boy Color, and it's structured like a Pokemon main series game, where this is a world where the Pokemon Pokemon don't exist, but the trading card game is as big as Pokemon is. So you're, like, traveling from gym to gym and fighting the different leaders that use different decks and stuff like that. Uh, all the the rules and stuff like that are all here. I, I compare this to the best Yu-Gi-Oh! video games. Those really good Game Boy Advance ones and stuff that just... The game follows the rules that are that are current, has all the cards, go sick. Uh, so I highly recommend the Pokemon trading card game, even though it's really old and outdated now uh, in accordance to the regular rules. And now there exists uh, versions of this game on PC you can play that have all the current cards and have all the current rules. And I don't know if you've watched any Pokemon trading card game, like on YouTube when they stream it or anything like that. No. It's like chess, man. There's like three moves both ways. One of the guys looks down at the cards and looks back up and he quits. Oh, wow. That's like, it's like the guy looks at the, the situation and he's like, well, in four turns, I'm fucked. So he just quits. So most of the games, like, if the other guy sets up quick enough, the game just ends, which is not exciting, to say the least. I was big into Pokemon cards. You never fucked with them? Well, like, every kid, I collected some of them, but I never knew how to play or played it or anything. I, uh, my first exposure to Pokemon cards was I grabbed the base set, like, trainer pe- set that came with Machamp. Uh, and that had two half decks in it and taught you how to basically play the game. 
Uh, so I, I always knew. And when the game came out, it was like, oh, cool. Because it's hard to find other people, admittedly, who knew how to play the game. Everybody was just collecting the cards. Uh, so here we are. Pokemon Conquest. I know that's a game you played. Uh, I dabbled very little in it. Like, I didn't get very far in it. But it was pretty cool. It's like a Nubanaga's ambition game. But if Pokemon existed in, like, feudal times. Yeah. Uh, so guys are, like, rolling around with Jigglypuffs and stuff, using them to, like, slay armies, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> it, and, like, they never followed it up. It was like, well, that was weird. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, that was a weird game, but that was fun. I, a lot of people <laughs> online said that they swear by it as, like, a really, really fucking good game. So take their word for it. Uh, there was Pokemon Dash, which was, like, a stylus-based NDS game. Uh, Detective Pikachu is kind of an interesting one. The, like... In terms of Pokemon spinoffs that expand the canon, uh, Detective Pikachu was seen as a story fit for a movie. And it let's did talk about a the detective. <laughs> let's talk about the fucking Detective Pikachu movie. Did I you did, watch it? No. <laughs> no. No. Shit, man. Like, man, people like think I really give a fuck about Pokemon, but I really just give a fuck about competitive Pokemon. Like, Fair enough. Like, I don't give a fuck about Pikachu. I don't care to see Pokemon in the real world or this or that. Like, I just have no interest in it. I can encapsulate the movie perfectly. Mewtwo in Detective Pikachu the movie is what Sephiroth is in Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> he's just constantly showing up and being like, what's up, motherfuckers? He's, he's like, oh, he's a famous Pokemon that's really powerful. Let's use him in this plot, even though it makes no fucking sense. Uh, I strongly disliked the Detective Pikachu movie. It was neat seeing the Pokemon world in live action, and the effects on the Pokemon were admittedly cool, but the fucking plot and everything around it was just god-awful. Uh, and anyone who points to this this movie as like, hey, that's a good video game movie, I, I fucking disagree. I Let's move on. <laughs> Something called Pokemon Duel, which I've never heard of. Hey, you Pikachu for the N64. Hey, you. Uh, this is a game I rented from Blockbuster often, which I think of now as like something that's kind of gross because it would come with the microphone. <laughs> and who the fuck knows what people were doing with that microphone. <laughs> gross. This is a game where you're a young child, you befriend a wild Pikachu, and using a microphone that attached to your N64 controller, you could try to talk to Pikachu and get him to do what you wanted to do. Uh, sometimes Pikachu would just get mad and ignore you and shock you or shock other things in the environment. Uh, this is a great troll game. Uh, I, I don't... Re <laughs> do I recommend Hey You Pikachu? No, but it's very neat uh, and should be experienced at least once. <laughs> it's like, sometimes you say something into the microphone, Pikachu's like, I hear you, bro, and he does exactly the thing, and it's, you, it blows you away. But the three other times you've asked him to do that, he looks puzzled at you, or it, there's a problem with the microphone. The technology just wasn't fucking there. And this was kind of in the age of Seaman on the Dreamcast, where it's just like, hey man, we we are able to talk to creatures in video games now. This Pikachu <laughs> needs to listen the fuck up. It was cool though because it was like a 3D first person environment of Pokemon to walk around, which at that point didn't exist outside of Pokemon Snap. Yep. Uh, learn with Pokemon typing adventure. I think you can probably figure that one out. Uh, Pokemon Magikarp Jump. This was one of the first Pokemon mobile games and I've beaten it. It is a game where there is a league that consists of people growing different types of Magikarps and seeing how high they can jump. It is a tapping game. Uh, it is it is whimsical and fun. And maybe check it out. I don't. I don't. Fuck you. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, and now it's sending me notifications saying Magikarp looks lonely. So that's kind of shitty. 
Did you try Pokemon Masters EX? I have no idea what this is. Okay, so this is another Pokemon mobile app, uh, and this one's based around... This one's like a gotcha game for Pokemon trainers. Uh, so it's a game where you have your team of trainers, and then you have different Pokemon in different teams. It's more of a, more or less a tap game, tap battle game. Uh, but you you construct your team out of existing, you know, anime characters and characters from the game. So like, oh, I got a rare Gary Oak, and he has this Pokemon. But there's different variants of Gary Oak. It's like the, uh, the Fire Emblem Heroes uh, mobile game. I tried playing it for a bit. If you understand the very bare basics of Pokemon battles, that's kind of all that's required to do very well here. Uh, but this game was meant to uh, uh, like appeal to you, the competitive Pokemon gamer, and it's just not there. It's just a gosh game. Um, Pokemon Mini? Pokemon Mini? What the Sam hell is this? I don't know. There uh, are Wooper Blue, Chikorita Green, Smoochum Purple was first released in North America in 2001, two days before the GameCube was released. Features of the Pokemon Mini included an internal real-time clock and infrared port used to uh, facilitate multiplayer gaming, a read switch for detecting sh shakes, and a motor used to implement force feedback. So there was a bunch of little games in this, emulated games, and it was kind of like the Pokemon Pikachu, but, like, dumber? Wow. Weird. I'm learning. Pokemon Ranch... This was the Wii's solution to Pokemon Box, and it was awful. Uh, but if you wanted to see a little, like, chibi me versions of Pokemon, Pokemon Ranch is for you, I guess. Uh, Pokemon Ranch was more like a means to an end than, uh, it's like, something that people needed at the time before they, they launched Bank and now Home. New Pokemon Snap is an announced game that's not out yet for the Switch. <laughs> uh, Pokemate, meh, take your, take your guess, Poke, uh, Pokemon Picross, yep. Pokemon Pikachu is the virtual pet. Uh, there was a black and white one and a color one. Uh, it also had an infrared port so you could feed it things into the Game Boy Color, which was kind of neat. Otherwise, just a virtual pet where you take care of Pikachu and walk around. Uh, Pokemon Pinball are criminally underrated. Both Pokemon Pinball games are absolutely fantastic as pinball games or as Pokemon games. Pick, take your pick. Both good. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League is a rebranding of Tetris uh, Attack. And I quite like both uh, versions of Pokemon Puzzle League. There was one on the N64 that was uh, based on the anime. And then one on Game Boy Color that was more based on Gen 2 and the Pokemon therein. Poke Park is a children's game. There are two of them. You play as Pikachu and do a bunch of fetch quests in a park. Uh, there are, they're both on the Wii, as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, strange that they never brought those back for Switch. You figure little kids would like them. Pokken Tournament uh, was what the game was what Pokemon Stadium I thought was going to be when it was first described to me, uh, which is like two Pokemon face off in 3D. I'm like, oh, do I have direct control over like Charizard or something like that? This was the game that finally realized it. It's basically based on the Tekken 3D fighting engine. Uh, it has like a rock paper scissors mechanic in it as well for blocking, attacking, and what have you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever fucked with this game, Reed, but it's pretty good. No, I have not. I don't, uh, I don't play yeah. a lot of fighters, I guess, in general. Yeah, no, it's uh. It's neat. It's cool to have direct control of a, a Pokemon and like push, do special moves and stuff like that. It was kind of neat. Uh, the Pokemon Ranger games, I've never really fucked with. I don't know about you. Nope, never touched them. No competitive battling. Reed <laughs> is out. <laughs> uh, there's Pokemon Shuffle. There's Pokemon Sleep. There's Pokemon Smile. All various apps and stuff. Uh, Pokemon Snap is relevant because it was the first 3D Pokemon game. Um... Some people were disappointed that it they didn't just straight up jump to a RPG on the first 3D Pokemon game. 
Yeah, it, and then by the end of it's literally like since N sixty four basically. You literally uh, just take pictures of Pokemon on a rail. Like that's that's the game. It's a great game. <laughs> is it? I remember playing it at my babysitter's as a kid, and I remember like just being like, "Yeah, this is taking pictures, all right." So I was uh, big into the Pokemon world uh, at this point in time. So when I saw something that was like a first-person 3D Pokemon game that you just kind of like National Geographic cruise around a cave and see what Diglets do when they're just hanging out uh, was kind of neat to me. Also, this game is uh, full of little Easter eggs and secrets uh, and cool stuff you can interact with the Pokemon to get the most points out of them. That being said, I can 100% this game in 45 minutes. Uh, and I proved as such on the like Wii U Virtual Console. I like bought it and just like, oh yeah, that's right. I know everything in this game. Uh, but this is a fantastic game. It's great for kids. Um, and there's a new one coming for the Switch, which I hope they add even more to. And uh, I, you know, I hope there's a big smile on my face. Uh, Pokemon Troze is another pu- puzzle game. Uh, and then Pokemon Unite. I'm not even sure what the fuck that is. That sounds like recently announced, right? Pokemon Unite by Tencent is a Nintendo Switch and iOS game. It is a free-to-play multiplayer online battle arena, MOBA. Oh, weird. Yeah. So MOBA fans and Pokemon fans, get in here. Uh, There's also, to mention, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, which is a roguelike where you play as Pokemon. Usually in these games, you become a Pokemon. So if that's your uh, fetish... Here it is. Uh, Pokemon Rumble is a really basic action brawler game. Uh, I played the shit out of Pokemon Rumble on both Wii and 3DS. They're awful. They're they're very very basic. Uh, I I do not recommend them. But you I remembered them. what Pokemon Quest is now. Pokemon Quest is a chibi, almost crossy road looking version of Pokemon uh, that's kind of like Pokemon Rumble, if not a lot like it. It's a mobile game. You can also play it on Switch, and it's free to play. You get Pokemon. They evolve. They learn new moves. They kind of go on their own through this dungeon, and using prompts on the bottom, you can tell them when to use their moves. And uh, if you're taking a shit or not paying attention to the game at all, uh, this is the game for you. It's it's a, just like a light romp of Pokemon. <laughs> it's free to play. Uh, so I've played a lot of these uh, in addition to the main series. and uh, I feel like we're missing some very key... We are- we are missing the two most key in uh, Gale of Darkness and Coliseum. Well, and the stadium games. We didn't talk about stadium. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why those weren't on this list, actually, come to think of it. Uh, so the biggest games, uh, the, the biggest spinoff games, as it were, you got Battle Revolution uh, slash Stadium, and then you have the full-fledged RPGs on the GameCube in Gale of Darkness and Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah, let's start with the Stadium games. Sure. Uh, they are great. Uh, that was the first game I ever bought on an N64 was Pokemon Stadium 1. It came with a transfer pack. You could toss your Pokemon game in the bottom and transfer those Pokemon to the game. You could also play Pokemon on the screen uh, like a Super Game Boy. And this also unlocked uh, ways to play the game quicker. It literally sped up the game, so like time was moving twice as fast. Uh, but if you were grinding or doing something else in Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow, this was kind of a neat little trick you could do in the game. The games also had a lot of Pokemon mini games, which are excellent party games. Excellent. I stand by that. Yeah, the, uh, the, and then the a bunch... Magikarp Jump, the Rattata Track. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the second Pokemon Stadium had, had that as well. Uh, there are also, like, tools in the game. The game functioned as a box to literally store your Pokemon on top of teaching you how to play Pokemon. Uh, this was maybe better as a complimentary tool. 
to, to someone who's already playing the main series. However, they did allow you a full roster of rental Pokemon in this game. So if you didn't have any Pokemon to bring in and you just wanted to battle with what with your favorites, they're available to you. And this is something that the later games don't even offer you. So Right, and that was me as a kid. I had Pokemon Stadium 1 as a kid, but the only Pokemon game I had was Pokemon Crystal, which is not compatible with it. So right. I would play Pokemon Stadium with nothing but rental Pokemon, and I always wondered why it was so fucking difficult. And I didn't realize till years later that, oh yeah, all the rental Pokemon are absolute fucking garbage. So the other thing to note here is that there were different cups in this game uh, with different level restrictions. And back then in Pokemon, the competitive scene, it was uh, honor system. There was no capping your Pokemon in battles. If you had level 100 Pokemon and I had level 50 Pokemon, that's how it was going to go down. Pokemon Stadium was the first game to introduce uh, all these level caps and stuff. And what was really neat was it gave you it gave you replayability to those original games because now, hey, there's a baby cup. Pokemon have to be under level 30 and they can't be evolved Pokemon. They have to be base level Pokemon. So now that makes you go back into your Pokemon Red and actually build a team uh, of, of Pokemon just to take on Pokemon Stadium was really fucking cool. Uh, they also had a Pokemon Gym thing in this where they, uh, in 3D, rendered all the Pokemon Gyms and you would battle some trainers and then the leaders of the gym, including the Elite Four at the end. I can't say enough good stuff about Pokemon Stadium as a complimentary Pokemon game or something you're just picking up. Uh, you know, off the shelf as a Pokemon game. It kind of had it all, and it's it's very disappointing that we haven't had a game like this since N64. Pokemon Stadium 2, a lot of the same. Added all the Gen 2 stuff in that I've already mentioned. Uh, you would have compatibility with Pokemon Crystal and all that. Uh, as well as adding, you know, all the new teaching tools from what was introduced in that game. Having all the same cups and cool stuff where you could then go breed Pokemon and get egg moves. Still had all the rental Pokemon in there. Uh... And, and was really neat. I don't know if you fucked too much with Pokemon Stadium 2. It no, didn't sound I, like you did. I didn't get Pokemon Stadium 2. Uh, by then, I was playing actual Pokemon, and I never looked back, really. Um, however, I do agree that if they did release like a complimentary game like that today, that was just for competitive players like myself, that was like, you could bring all your Pokemon here, or even better, just like scan the game, and then like we'll make a copy of those Pokemon to put into here. And then it's just a dedicated fucking like, online thing, because the UI for Sword and Shield to do online battles is already totally fucked as is. So the game you're describing is the unfortunate game Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Wii, yeah. which was a Gen 4 stadium, basically, except the only thing that game had was battling. Yeah, no mini games, no rental Pokemon, uh... Yeah, no, it's No, like, cups to go through against CP, like CPU and shit, like... So few features, it's, like, embarrassing. It was just like, hey, here's an updated 3D way to battle your Pokemon. But in terms of unlocks and replayability, Pokemon Battle Revolution was strictly, you've come over to my house, and we want to battle Pokemon Pearl and Pokemon Diamond. Let's do it in 3D on the TV. That's all that game Yeah, was. that's what the point of the game was. And it didn't, like, it didn't do anything because everybody just played on DS. Like, there was no point. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the GameCube games... Uh, Gale of Darkness and uh, Coliseum. These games had uh, com like competitive battle modes where you could bring in your Game Boy Advance Pokemon. It had some extra modes and stuff like that. Uh, but the the main pull of these games is they are standalone RPGs. Yes, uh, they're full fledged RPGs. Except there's a different gimmick in that they're both double battles only. Uh, yes, which is very strange because every Pokemon RPG in the main series, as far as the main story is concerned, is is one on one Pokemon battles. So you figure, uh, with their, cool is, you figure with their first big console 3D full Pokemon RPG experience, 
that they would also just make it like the Pokemon formula, but it's completely different. You're you're like in like a weird post-apocalyptic fucking looking world. Yeah, man. <laughs> you're you're a criminal. You're fuck. You're you have you start with well, you start with an Umbreon and an Espeon. Like what, what what's going on here? Heaven and hell, let's rock, baby. Yeah, that guy's like riding around like a future motorcycle and stuff like that. Uh, we do have to wrap up here. I will like I've played both of those games. I beat Colosseum. I'm not sure I ever did Gale of Darkness. What was cool in those games though is like you straight up leveled up your Pokemon. Only certain Pokemon were available to you because it's whatever the, the plot gives you, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but you could level up those Pokemon and transfer them out to your Game Boy Advance. Admittedly, you can take those Pokemon with you. Uh, and they were kind of neat games, especially considering what we have now with Battle Revolution and what's come out since then for console Pokemon games. Uh, I look back on those GameCube ones and be like, yeah, for the time, those were actually kind of neat. Next Guild um, Darkness is a very well-done video game as far as just overall structure goes. Um it's a weird thing that they've never revisited, just telling a story in the Pokemon world that is, is narratively based and isn't collect eight badges. It's weird that they just abandoned it. I don't know if they didn't sell as well at launch or or what happened. Yeah, it's weird. One other thing on the GameCube, Pokemon Channel. This is Hey You Pikachu, but you can't talk to the Pokemon with a microphone, so fuck it. So I beat, uh, I rolled credits on Pokemon Sword yesterday. I, uh, I, as you said, I had some trainer battles still to go. And, l like, the game left a, a better taste in my mouth than the rest of the game did. Um, it, like, in terms of the region and, like, what they tried to do. And we're going to talk about this in another 15 minutes at the end of the episode here to finish our Pokemon conversation. Uh, but I like the idea of a tournament versus an Elite Four. I like the idea of, the, like, there's a champion. You all fight in a tournament, and then whoever wins fights him. And then what gave me Harry Potter vibes is, like, in the middle of this tournament, things are afoot. So this fucking Rose guy, can you explain to me what no. this, this guy's plan is I in, this, no, in this game? I have no fucking clue. And he's the worst villain in the Pokemon series by a fucking mile. Because he's not <laughs> even a villain. He's just like, he's like, oh, we're going to use Dynamax Pokemon for energy. And then yes, okay. and then you yes. basically go up to him and go, no, that's a bad. And he's like, yeah, you know what, you're right. He rips he rips a hole in time and space or some bullshit, and Ecturnius uh, or whatever the fuck you want to call him, the poison dragon comes spilling out of there. And his plan was, well, Lee, the champion, which let me tell you is still confusing because I didn't name my main character Lee. So when they keep referring to Lee, I'm like, who the fuck are they? Oh right, uh, and his name's not even Lee. It's Leon. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, the, the plan here was that Leon is going to fight this dragon and then they're going to Dynamax the dragon and this dragon will be able to power the Galar region? Yeah, like, like, give them electricity. <laughs> 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 but uh, Lee fucks up. He throws a Pokeball. He throws a base-ass 200 Pokedollar Pokeball at this fucking cyber dragon and lo and behold, the Pokeball explodes into two pieces and you and Hop, Hop, who is one of the worst supporting characters in all of Pokemon game history. Like, I'm going to talk about this at the end of the, the episode here, but the way they try to make you sympathize for Hop, this fucking loser that you you kick his ass so many times, he never changes up his team. You always know the order he's going to send his Pokemon out to the point where you can just like completely wipe him. You're supposed to feel sorry for this guy that you're essentially living his dream. No. 
I want a rival who's like a, a piece of shit. Yeah, like let me I, let me feel good about winning, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why why do I like they they really go out of their way, especially in these games now, for the the gym leaders to be like to to have these personalities where it's just like oh they, we're all friends and like I don't really go in for that anyway. Right. So during right. this tournament, like you go to Pokemon you, uh, Yellow, you go up to Lieutenant yeah. Surge, and the Lieutenant Surge is like, I'm gonna fucking blast out you piece of shit. Yeah, it's his job, <laughs> yeah. you know? He, he doesn't want to get to know you. He wants to beat you in a Pokemon battle and then go on the internet and wait for the next kid to show up. Right, you. Uh, <laughs> right, you. And then what yeah, the dumb double. <laughs> Lieutenant Surge ac- actively made a security door in his gym. <laughs> to keep people With out. a puzzle so that no one could even fucking bother him at work. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm talking about. He, he, put a, he, put a, he planted a tree at the entrance that no one could get by. Yeah, he's like, no you one's to... coming in here. <laughs> yeah, you have to go toss off a, a ship captain right. to, to get the thing to cut Sabrina the Sabrina puts fucking teleporters in her gym so you could potentially get lost for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> what do you think about it? Uh, anyways, so you, you fight Rose, who has this awful plan. Uh, you, you team up with the legendary dog wolves. Right, but uh, he is pl- like he immediately gives up on his plan as soon as you beat him. So it's like, what kind of plan was this that you're so like easily giving up on it? It was a very loose plan based on the idea that that <laughs> Lee or Leon was going to be able to capture this fucking Pokemon that you handedly capture afterwards. Yep. Um. Anyways, uh, so you get back to the tournament and uh, you 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 win. Or you don't, I guess. <laughs> it depends on your your level of... Uh, I keep forget. Like, I liked the matches leading up to that final match. Uh, but they did a bit of a, a, a difficulty, like, hike right at the end. Uh, but I had also moved in some of my Pokemon from Pokemon Home that I wanted to use. I got a Magmortar. I got, a, I got some other cool shit. But they were all kind of underleveled. But I'm like, ah, their stats are good. And I can baton pass off to them and try to try to get some shit going here. So I legitimately had fun in the end of this game and the, and the way it's structured with the battles and whatnot. Then there's an epilogue, uh, which I assume leads up to me being able to capture uh, the the dog on the cover of the, of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Good theme, and then uh, and then you know wild areas and raids and all this stuff we'll talk about at the end of the episode here. But yeah, so Pokemon's d- done, man. Is like just a weird game. Is all I have to say about that this gen so far. Yeah, it's very weird. Pokemon read. It's time to stop talking about Pokemon. Holy shit! Wait and in order to do that, we need to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, the most recent main series. Is that all we have left uh, to talk additions. about? What's that? Is that the only game we have left to talk about? We're here, baby. It's Pokemon Let's Go, and it's Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, we made shit. It. Oh, my God. Uh, so, Pokemon Let's Go, being the first you could consider spin-off main series games on the uh, the Switch, changed a lot up. These were meant to be casual games. They literally launched it with a Pokeball controller uh, that's still used in Pokemon Sword and Shield if you, you choose to. Uh, but this was more of a tie-in between Pokemon Go and the main series games, using Kanto, specifically the yellow special edition of the game, as a backdrop. Uh, you either start as Pikachu with Pikachu in one or Eevee in the other. Uh, the Pokemon appear on the map, which is something, of course, they carried over into Sword and Shield. However, in this game, uh, you do not battle Pokemon to weaken them. You just throw balls, Pokemon Go style. Uh, and then, you know, has all the battles therein, has a s- system where you can quickly swap Pokemon to your box and to your hand. So, th- in terms of difficulty, there isn't. There isn't. <laughs> Especially if you yeah, play with straight two up people. Isn't. Yeah. So, when Let's Go came out, and they're like, you can play with two people. And I was like, oh shit. 
all these years been wanting to play multiplayer co-op 76 all over again. yeah co-op pokemon and then so i get into a fucking game with my girlfriend and we go up against the first trainer and it's two on one like yeah fuck yeah like what the fuck team rocket rules baby yeah <laughs> like what is this what jesse james yeah <laughs> so like as far as let's goes i can't give much input because i didn't make it past that point I had no interest in playing it anymore. I'm like, I'll go play Fire Red or Leaf Green, which is a far superior version of this game, and then I'll move on yeah. with my life. Yeah, if you're if you're a Pokemon diehard, uh, but but you like the challenge, you like the battling. This wasn't the game for you. Of course, what's cool about this game is uh, it does give you a updated, again, 3D rendered version of Kanto, which is fun to explore. The music is great. Uh, the Pokemon, uh, there's a lot of variety. They change up where Pokemon can appear. I like that. Uh, evolved Pokemon can show up even if they're lower levels. This is something Pokemon Yellow did too that the whole Pokemon series hasn't really done, which is having evolved versions of Pokemon appear in the wild under the level with which they can evolve. I always like that. Finding a Pidgeotto in Viridian Forest in Pokemon Yellow where it's like level 9 instead of just being a Pidgey, I thought was cool. This game does that. Uh, other than that, there's there's not much to say here. This is exactly a remake of Yellow. Everything is where you think it is. Um, what's cool is, of course, you can move these Pokemon into Pokemon Home now and onto Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, so there is some some good good stuff there. Of course, this also linked up with Pokemon Go, I think, at some point. Uh, and yeah, the, the co-op stuff, the multiplayer stuff is an afterthought. It's for parents to play with their kids and make the game even easier. If I remember correctly, the second player just uses the Pokemon in the second slot yep. of the main, main character's roster. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so that's Pokemon Let's Go uh, And people are, are kind of clamoring They're like, let's do a Johto one I'm like, I would prefer we don't Like, how about, uh, And this also how, makes me question how about Like the games? Diamond and Pearl remakes Which seem inevitable, right? Yeah Would they do a proper You know, full, from the ground up Legit version of Diamond and Pearl now? Or will it be Let's Go Diamond and Pearl? Or will it be uh, more of a casual romp? Will it be Final Fantasy yeah. Diamond Pearl Platinum remake? Yeah <laughs> Despair. Yeah, uh, fucking do it. ghost show uh, up at the end. Gives me like... some pause. <laughs> we we don't need to keep going back uh, to the old Pokemon games. Uh, I don't I don't think I, it seems inevitable. Obviously, because they they've set a precedent for it. But uh, if they're gonna do more Let's Goes, yeah, let's do a Let's Go Johto, and and there still will be Soul Silver and Heart Heart Gold as a legitimate, uh, really fun to play remake of the original games. If you can't find a Game Boy Color, <clears throat> Sword and Shields. Concept planning began immediately following the completion of Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon in 2016, while full production began a year later in September of 2017. Like previous installments, uh, they chronicled the journey of a young Pokemon trainer aiming to become the Pokemon Champion, this time in the New Galar region, uh, which is based on the United Kingdom. The main objective of the game is to dethrone the Pokemon League Champion Leon in a tournament uh, the various other gym leaders and rivals also take part in, while dealing with Team Yell, who is, who is a nothing in this game. They're not even bad uh, guys. The like, they're cheerleaders. Yeah, they're they're like kind of mean looking cheer. They're like the jocks at the end of a sports movie that have to reluctantly stand and clap for the hero at the end <laughs> when they realize that you know what this guy is the shit. Yeah, uh, and the nefarious conspiracy within the league. Uh, the conspiracy within the league, which I like as a uh, there's nothing more corrupt in Europe than like the soccer leagues and the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. So at a certain point, I like the commentary that there's a conspiracy within this Pokemon league and the main guy is like trying to do some shit. 
Uh, Sword and Shield introduces only 81 new Pokemon alongside 13 new regional variants of pre-existing Pokemon. Dynamaxing, which increases the size of Pokemon under certain conditions. Gigantamaxing, which additionally changes the form of certain Pokemon. And the Wild Area, which is a large open world area with free camera movement that contains cooperate battles. The two games also reintroduce uh, features previously seen in Sun and Moon and Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, such as uh, regional variants and roaming Pokemon. Except they got rid the of a lot of features, Lee. They got rid of Mega Evolutions and Z moves and the National decks. Oh my god. The decision to not include all pre-existing Pokemon in Pokemon uh, Sword Shield. Read, what is the tagline of Pokemon? Catch them all. Gotta, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Pokemon Sword uh, and Shield, gotta get most of them. This is not the first Pokemon game where we couldn't catch them all. There are previous games in the series where obtaining certain Pokemon from previous versions became very difficult, if not impossible. But then the internet uh, happened, Lee. <laughs> but then the internet happened, Reed. Uh, also, the, the precedent, of course, set with Ultra Sun and Moon and all those games where it's just like, yeah, if a Pokemon exists, it exists in this game. We have the sprite, we have everything we need, it's there. Uh, so the decision not to include all the Pokemon in the National Dex resulted in a controversy known as Dexit and calls for the boycott months ahead of the release. Despite this, uh, Sword and Shield received generally positive reviews from critics. Particularly praise was aimed at the creature design, new features, and the emphasis on simplicity, player freedom, and streamlined encounters. Although some criticized the game's smaller Pokedex and a perceived lack of polish or depth. There is uh, no polish or depth. This game looks like a fucking 3DS game on the Switch. Like, compared to Breath of the Wild, which is a fucking Switch launch title, looks fucking gorgeous. Compare it to fucking Pokemon Sword and Shield. Pokemon Sword and Shield looks like a goddamn Korean mobile game. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's not fair to Korean mobile games. <laughs> uh, so this game came out November 15th of 2019. The Pokedex and lacking those, those features hurt. But on top of that, uh, th there's something about this game. There's something about the way it's put together. Uh, that just feels wrong, that feels off, that feels like something that's actually worse than what came before it, and rarely in the Pokemon series is that the case. It, There'll be ones that you, you like more or less for one reason or another, but this is the first time that it felt like a, a genuine step back. It felt like a spinoff. It felt like a like it felt like a spinoff that they were trying to make as a, also a very hardcore RPG. But then at some point, they're like, fuck it, let's just reroute this into the new main series game, but we'll keep all the dumb changes. Like, no fucking roots, no goddamn gyms, no goddamn fucking anythings. No National Pokedex. The cutting fucking Mega Evolutions is such a heinous fucking crime, considering how much good it did for so many Pokemon. Uh, it's, it's unspeakable. And Dynamax is a dumb fucking gimmick, and I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of how Dynamax works, your Pokemon gets big for three turns. Its moves become more simplified power moves. And uh, they have, have insane on... bonuses. Yes. Uh, so it's not unlike Mega Evolutions. Uh, only Mega Evolutions lasted until your Pokemon fainted, whereas this lasts three turns, and it's like kind of a rubber band and mechanic. And it doubles for, for your Pokemon's HP specifically. It can absolutely swing a fight, whereas Mega Evolution could make a Pokemon better. A Dynamax will make a Pokemon, like pretty fucking unreal for like three turns but the problem yeah. that is that you can structure your team to be ready for anything but all they need to do is one good dynamax to just fucking wipe out your whole team because they could get plus three speed or plus three attack from it indeed uh instead of doing a special edition of this game pokemon gun as it were 
Uh, they did two downloadable content expansion packs, Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra, which neither of us has played. If I and aren't <laughs> eight, uh, burnt out on Pokemon after doing this epilogue, I might actually check those out, uh, just because I... <laughs> I like collecting them all. Yeah, like, I, I love to complain about Sword and Shield a lot. I do have over 300 hours in the game just because I play so much fun. <laughs> no, the amount of time it takes to actually grind out and prepare Pokemon for online competitiveness is at least, fuck, like a 5 or 10 hour process for a single Pokemon. So when I say I have, like, 50 or 50 plus Pokemon ready for online battling with perfect IVs and EVs and everything, that's a lot of fucking work. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm getting to that point now. I'm going to be, be doing my uh, my training because i got to battle you at some point so you fucking shut up about it already. Yeah, because I'm way better than you. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, of, of strategizing in a battle, sure, but but I got something you don't have. Heart? I'm a wild, I'm a wild card. <laughs> <laughs> I got heart. That's right. Got heart. The heart of the cards, heart and as soul. it were. Uh, yeah, so Pokemon Sword and Shield, we, which we have talked about throughout this, what, 10, 11-part discussion on Pokemon, it's, the main series. It's been a long time. Uh, it, yeah, is, is a kind of a sour grapes note to, to end this entire conversation on, where we've we've absolutely swooned over some features in previous games, and, and kind of, as the time goes on, realize, hey, this is a pretty complete Pokemon game, but it's got these problems, and to have those kind of mount over time, especially with this now, where all Pokemon are still not available in this game, right? And that's and, and they're getting there, and that's they're not, adding them back slowly with this expansion yeah, stuff. And that's so. not even getting to the specifics of Sword and Shield and the problems with the weak-ass story, the non-existent uh, competitor, rival, whatever you want to call it yeah uh no bad guys team yell in my opinion does not count like they literally don't hinder you at any point they're just there to cheer on that one girl uh yeah the lack of roots really hurts how big the game feels the wild area is decent um but once you reach the end game the wild area is fucking useless because every pokemon in it is level 60 with shit evs and ivs you're just going to be spamming raids at that point uh, right. The like the game makes its own new features useless by the end of it. It's crazy. <laughs> like the wild yeah. area is useless at the end. It's useless. Yeah, it re- it really could just load you into different raids at random. Yes. And in terms of a gameplay point of view, it's the same and, as what already oh exists. Oh god! And this also isn't going to how ridiculously bad the Sword and Shield Online feature menu is. Like. Yeah. There is no refresh stamps for raids option, or there is no just join a raid option. It's you search, hopefully a raid comes up. If it doesn't, well, guess what? you got to disconnect and reconnect to the internet because that's the only way to get stamps to refresh. And you want these people to make a Pokemon MMO? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> fucking Call of Duty 4 on the 360 that came out like, what, 2008 has a fucking menu where it says play a game. Pokemon Sword in 2019 does not have this. It's it's crazy. You know, I can tell you're getting worked up. And we're all out of time. So uh, what I'm going to say to cap off this conversation on Pokemon, which will never end because every time they release a subsequent game, if you're listening to Public Beta Podcast, we will be there to cover it as Pokemaniacs. Uh, But let's just remember going into Mount Silver, hearing the rumors of a trainer from, from years past that became the champion and subsequently disappeared. You find him in the back of this cave. He turns. He doesn't speak. And that fucking music hits. Oh, it's it's like the best boss in Chills. video games, man. Chills. Like-